0: This podcast is part of the Erotica Podcast Network. We offer a free Erotica Podcast and a premium patron taboo podcast which contains more intense sexual themes. You can subscribe to the premium podcast for $2 per month or support the Erotica Podcast on Patreon to support us and allows members to request future stories and themes. Thank you for listening. This podcast contains mature content and is intended for an adult audience only. It contains explicit words, thoughts, and ideas. The content of all stories is fiction with any similarities to real people or events being purely coincidental. This podcast is not intended for anything but entertainment of the listener, and if you do not agree with the themes listed in the tags, please do not listen to the story. All characters engaging in sexual relationships or activities are 18 years old or older. This story was found on a free website and brought to audio form here. I did not write and take no credit for this story. Please visit the link in the comments to further support this author. Endangered Part 7 by LTPC. Chapter 08 Chris Muscles Heaved beads of sweat dislodging, combining, and running down his bare skin. A salty, miniature flash flood, gaining momentum before wicking into the already moist waist of his tatty old jeans. With bestial strength, he hoisted the sturdy canvas sack of crushed rock off the heavy-duty trolley onto his shoulder with a dry rustle. He turned ponderously and looked toward the prefab concrete stairs. Pausing to steady his breathing and his thoughts, he concentrated on the huge sack on his shoulder and mass of stone within. He reached inward, embracing his element, his magic and dragged his load with him. With a tiny flicker, he vanished from the physical plane and began trudging up the stairs. Usually murky and barren, the ether landscape before him was instead a stairwell overgrown with jungle-like verdant growth. Carrying a quarter ton of crushed rock up several flights of stairs was much easier for him in the ether. Here, the physical effort it would cost him in the norm was attenuated by his own magic, making the grueling work much faster and less physically exhausting. The result, however, was that he bled energy into the surrounding ether. Within days, the first opportunistic leafy, alien growths were sprouting out of ghostly rock walls and insubstantial concrete. Now he gave them, and the more active ether inhabitants that followed them to this new oasis of magic, little notice. Every time he made that long, double-backing journey up the multiple-landing stairwell, he cursed himself for agreeing that they dig a full two stories below the surface. Why oh why, had he ever thought an underground house was a good idea? Every time he complained, Stephen assured him it had been an excellent decision. The warbison would remind him that the rock was more stable down there. It would provide extra disincentive for anyone to blast or dig their way down. Still, in times like this, toward the end of an exhausting day— Chris questioned the sanity of this entire endeavor on a minute-by-minute basis. When he finally reached the top, he merged back. His breath came heavily and more sweat trickled down his back. The free-flowing air of the warehouse floor was blessedly dust-free and cool, soothing his bellowing lungs. He wasted no time dumping the big sack onto the waiting pallet. That made a full load of four. Straightening his massive body, Chris reached high above his head to stretch the aches from his tired muscles and let his breathing settle. His bared chest, arms and abdomen were streaked with dirt, dust, and even a couple of trails of dried blood. He found that the scrapes and scratches he suffered lugging the sacks of crushed rock out of the dig were better than paying for the replacement shirts. Three had been ruined in the first week of work, and he gave up after that. Even whilst destroying his clothing, he had collected scrapes anyway. It was almost time to go home, just a few more loads. With a heavy sigh, he slid into the seat of the waiting electric forklift, hoisted the pallet, and piloted the quiet mechanical workhorse out of the warehouse to the growing mound at the back of the yard. His seemingly endless work had once again swelled the pile of rubble, as if by magic. It was a good thing the truck would be coming in for a pickup soon, he made substantial progress since it was here last. If he really put his back into the work, like he had today, he could haul a bit over three truckloads worth of the shit out of the depths by the end of the day. He'd been helping every day he could for over two months now, and the romance of building his own house was well and truly gone. With practiced, efficient movements, he unsealed, appended, and emptied the sacks one by one. The crushed rock made a dry rattle as it settled, a sound so familiar now that it had intruded into his dreams on more than one occasion. A few endeavoring rocks bounced away from the pile, Colliding with the parked bucket loader's great tires. Steven had hired the big earth moving machine to load the trucks that came to collect the rock for a local landscaping supplier. Chris had had a chance to drive the thing briefly, but the articulated steering system was a challenge to master, and the task of loading a truck was far out of his comfort zone. He only wished the loader could somehow be driven down below, cutting out the need for all his backbreaking work. As if on autopilot, he found himself back inside the warehouse, descending the wide stairwell with his empty sacks. At the bottom, he collected his trolley. He trundled back through the ominous portal into the solid rock, down the short, Wide hallway, which would soon be a high security entrance. Lillian had had her input there, insisting on a multi door airlock like system which would soon be getting installed. He donned his constricting breathing mask, which helped to filter out the rock dust that was always heavy in the air when they were working. Beyond, the passage widened into a space that would be a modest foyer. In the dim light, the bare rock walls looked unnaturally smooth no drilling tool or jackhammer score marks, just smooth, geometrically perfect rock. As the entranceway ended, the huge, barren kitchen space that had literally been carved from the rock was directly to his right. It had naturally been one of the first spaces they'd excavated. He could see into the murky space over the top of a low wall of stone that had been left behind to eventually form one of the large benchtop areas. At least you can see the rooms taking shape now, he thought. A month ago, it had been difficult to see that they were making any real progress at all. Stephen insisted that they cut the rooms directly into the rock, leaving behind as many features, walls, and columns as possible in the original stone. It would save them time, work, and money when it came to finishing the house, not having to build as many internal structures. Chris had to agree with the added benefit of less rock to cart up and out of his future home. To the left, the open-plan living and dining room stretched out in a huge rectangle. The long side formed the outside edge of the structure, only one dark portal leading to a modest study. It was by far the largest space in the building plans, taking two whole weeks to hollow out. That had been after Chris had bit the bullet and asked Stephen to hire help. The three-strong goblin crew Stephen found had been more than happy to assist with cutting and crushing the rock for a reasonable price. From the sounds reaching him, they were hard at work right now. Construction lights provided harsh illumination but were only ever placed where they were working or in the walkways. This meant some areas were very well lit, while others oozed a complete darkness that would put any moonless night to shame. The first time Chris had experienced the encompassing blackness of being underground, he'd been very unnerved. Now he knew the rooms and passageways so well he liked to think that should the power go out, he wouldn't even bump into anything. He pulled the trolley down the familiar, dusty trail, across the reddish-brown sandstone floor, past the kitchen and thick support column marking halfway in the living room. To his right, he marked off the dark, open doorways to pitch black rooms as he passed them. Laundry, storage room, and finally the large bathroom as the living room ended. On the wall to his left, they would soon be excavating his own master bedroom but that was to be the last of the rooms they dug out. The junction of living room, bathroom, and his future bedroom was a four by four meter square. However, its position and alignment with the rest of the rooms made him think of it as a diamond. It was a strange feature but one of Chris' favorite parts of the design. The bottom corner of the diamond, where he now stood, was open to the living room. The wall to his right was also the bathroom's wall, the wall to his left would be one of the walls of his bedroom. The top of the diamond was also open, leading to two hallways which stretched off at right angles to each other but parallel to the rest of the squared walls in the house. You would walk through the middle of the diamond to access the hallways. On either side as you walked was a triangle-shaped space which Chris planned to use for housing bookshelves or something like that. Inlaid in the floor, dead center of the diamond was a burnished ring of stainless steel, roughly one meter in diameter and about an inch thick. Inside the circle, one pointing at each of the compass points, were four polished amethysts this arrangement, apart from being visually appealing, was the magical heart of the structure. It was protected by a thick cover sheet of enhanced glass which was magic to resist scuffing and scratching. Chris had already filled the modest gemstones to the brim with energy, and Stephen had been tying his enchantments into them as their work progressed. At the moment, these spells were basic, magically strengthening the rock around them, after they excavated, so that it didn't fall on their heads in a freak accident, making the structure resistant to vibration, and repelling water in a large area around the exterior. It was a new concept to Chris, and he was excited by the idea of having a magical component to his home. Stephen even assured him that once they were done, he would attach a spell so that dust would never settle inside, forcing it to be filtered out by the advanced systems which would soon be supplying a clean flow of conditioned air, pumped down from the surface. All they had for now were a couple of large stationary fans which made sure the air circulated and didn't go stale. Chris hated them because they swirled the dust up annoyingly at times. The central diamond room also helped separate the house into two parts, allowing a thick section of solid rock to remain between them. This provided a strength buffer and meant they would need less supports overall. There was also to be a secret passage dug upwards from the diamond room to act as a bolt hole or emergency exit. The plan was to have it come out somewhere hidden in the yard up above. The loud, scraping shriek of crunching rock grew harsher as soon as he passed through the diamond room. Up the hallway to his left, he could see Stephen on a ladder, drill in hand as he bolted some cable supports into the bare rock. At just over two and a half meters above the floor, lofty ceilings had been another of Chris Bain's. The extra height made for so much more rock to move. Stephen insisted it would be vital in making the underground rooms seem more spacious and less oppressive. That hallway was finished, at least the excavation was. Five bedrooms, two smaller bathrooms, a large study, and a utility closet for the industrial air conditioning and filtration system lay down that way. There was also room in there for three small water tanks which would act as a reserve if they were ever cut off for a few weeks. In front of him, on the other side of the thick wall of sandstone, was another large, open space. It occupied the corner formed as the two hallways took off at right angles. This was to be some sort of large multipurpose space. He wasn't sure what exactly it would be useful for but with the number of people he was catering for now, as well as an expanding family, he had to plan. The end of the hallway to his right was his destination and he grudgingly pulled the trolley towards the sound of the hard-at-work goblins. He hadn't expected to be the mule of the construction team, carting the waste rock up to the surface all day. It just sort of worked out that way. That wasn't all he did, but it did take the majority of his time. Several times a day, he would help Stephen with some task or other, but then it would be back to carting rock. Despite his best efforts to discover or invent ways to magic the tons of crushed rock out of existence, he was still carting it by hand. Rock was a stable matter. It had inherent energy contained in its structure, and was quite happy to stay as it was, thank you very much. You couldn't just blast it to oblivion or dissolve it to component atoms on this scale without both massive energy input and catastrophic release, Stephen said. Such was unheard of in this day and age. Not that Chris hadn't tried, he was so sick of hauling rocks. It wasn't that the others were unwilling to help him, it just wasn't efficient. Chris' natural strength and endurance kept him chugging away all day. He was the best physically suited out of the five of them for the task. Besides, he was the unskilled labor. It didn't make sense to have Stephen hauling rock and Chris bungling the installation of the electrical, air, gas, magical, and plumbing systems. Stephen didn't shy away from carting rock when he wasn't busy with other tasks. Even Lillian and Oslo had been roped into hauling a few loads during their shifts babysitting him in the early days. Those days of constant supervision were over now. By himself, on a day like today, it was all he could do to keep up with the goblins. The three brothers, Yurt, Gruff, and Belfilas, made a slick, rock-crunching dream team. They worked together, magically cutting out manageable chunks of stone from the working face before crushing and bagging them for Chris to transport. Chris had grown fond of the three once he got over their appearance. Safe out-of-sight underground, they preferred their natural forms. This allowed them to more efficiently use the magic Chris gave them to hack away at the rock, undistracted by holding their human guises. Their green-gray skin, spiky dark hair, red-tinged eyes, small tusks, pointed ears— an overabundance of piercings gave them an intimidating appearance despite their relatively small, wiry bodies. In their human disguise, they took the appearance of a trio of small punks, boisterous and eager to start trouble. At just over five feet, Chris had mused that they probably wouldn't pose much of a threat on an individual basis. However, his dragon had assured him that goblins tended to overwhelm their opponents with numbers and took pride in fighting as dirty as possible. They were more than a little rough around the edges, cursing almost religiously in every sentence. Relatively recent immigrants from United Kingdom, their accents hadn't faded much which made their tough-guy attitudes more credible or hilarious, depending on how you looked at it. Thankfully, they were quite friendly under their rougher shells. They held Chris in some sort of joking reverence, manufacturing an ever-changing series of nicknames for him. Stephen had worked with them once before as part of a team constructing a private mansion. He'd brought them on to speed up the digging when Chris had started to realize how long it was going to take just the two of them to finish the house. They had been an immense help, more than tripling their rate of progress. It also helped that Chris had them juiced up to the eyeballs. They each wore a small crystal on a chain around their necks which Chris charged as necessary for them to power their cutting spells. Without having to worry about exhausting themselves, they worked like a team of small, sweat-covered demons all day. They were perpetually trying to overwhelm his ability to carry the rock up to the surface and create a backlog. That was part of the reason he was working so hard, just to keep up. As a bonus for their manic effort, Chris had started filling the crystals at the end of the day for them to take home, inspiring a work ethic the likes of which he'd never seen. Who knows what sort of mischief they got up to each night because the gems were religiously presented for refilling the next morning? The results were clear to see, the house had taken shape at a much more encouraging rate. Today they had started on the last of the four bedrooms down the right hallway, leaving only his own bedroom, the emergency exit, and various small service channels left to excavate. It was a good thing, too. After the coming weekend, Chris would be formally starting his work with Michelle and the newly formed BIA. He was going to have much less time to help. Once the digging was done, Stephen and the Goblins could easily finish the more conventional side of the construction. It was still going to be a big task, sealing cracks, installing insulation, ducting, wiring, plumbing, plastering the walls, putting down underlay, carpeting, floorboards, tiling, installing fixtures and appliances. The list was almost unending, but Chris felt that the home stretch was in sight. He was certainly going to have to celebrate somehow after the last oversized sack of rocks was hauled off. It wasn't in his initial vision to have the place as a nine-bedroom underground mini-mansion. As he and Stephen had gone through the process of purchasing the property and drawing up the design, it became clear his needs were expanding rapidly. Therefore, everything was oversized, designed to cater for more than the already ridiculous eight people who would be moving in once it was complete. It was also laid out to allow for excavation of further rooms, if they were required. As he pulled the trolley the last few feet he sighed loudly within the oppressive warmth of the dust mask. Breathing was never satisfying within its stifling grip. These were his last moments of respite before the backbreaking cycle repeated. Belfilas looked up from the sack he was filling, dropping his shovel guiltily as he caught sight of the hulking young man. The goblin straightened, shooting him a mock salute. You've overfilled it again, haven't you? Chris accused. As if the quarter-ton sacks weren't heavy enough without the goblin trying to test his limits. Wouldn't dream of it, boss man. He winked, lifting the large earmuff off one of his pointed, godly pierced ears. Raka's death metal spilled out of the speaker inside, mingling with the already grating noises of tortured Raka's gruff and yurt cut out another large slab. Chris groaned, seeing that the goblins already had three sacks ready and tied off, waiting for him. There wouldn't be any break for him. By the time he got those three to the base of the stairwell, they'd be ready with the fourth. If he dawdled, they would get ahead of him, and he would never hear the end of it. Without further ado, Chris pulled the trolley up beside the offending sack, grabbed fistfuls of the loose canvas near the top, and hoisted it up the few inches onto the trolley. He shot Belfila's a dirty look, there was extra weight in that one. The goblin was oblivious, already loading the first shovel loads of crushed rock into a waiting sack. He placed another fully loaded sack on the trolley before starting the journey back to the stairwell. They were dumped there while he went back for a further two. Then came the four torturous trips up those stairs, his entire body protesting all the way. It was as he started up the last flight of stairs on that fourth trip that he caught a brief wisp of her scent in the ether so contrasting to the smell of his own sweat, and the rock dust permanently lodged in his nose. He phased back early and cautiously took the last steps up onto the warehouse floor under his own titanic effort. He looked around, half expecting to be pounced on. It didn't take long to spot her sitting sideways in the seat of the forklift. One of her bronze legs dangled down over the side, the other was pulled up to her chest, foot also on the seat. That might not have been so bad had she not been wearing a white miniskirt. Hello, Haley. His dragon lurched forward inside him at the sight of her He managed to keep his cool and placed the heavy sack down on the pallet. Over the past two months, she'd been showing up at the construction site every few days. At first it seemed relatively innocent, bringing her dad some lunch, kindly dropping off a cooler of ice-cold refreshments for them all, things like that. Stephen teased Chris openly that she'd never shown so much interest in his work before. She was shy towards him, only exchanging a few words but as the weeks passed, she grew bolder. Soon she was engaging him in conversation, staying to keep him company during lunch. He should have spurned her then and there, but he just couldn't bring himself to do it. He liked her. She even shared his newfound passion for understanding the working of the physical universe, only more so. She was a self-professed amateur astronomer, and a proud nerd. He could talk to her about the chemistry and physics he'd been studying in his own time, and she was genuinely interested, suggesting further subtopics for him to explore. It was incredibly gratifying to have his efforts shared and commended. That was when he'd realized she was wickedly smart. Stephen always crowed that his little girl was gifted. Chris had to agree, she'd already been taking online college courses in engineering for three years now. When asked about it, she'd sheepishly admitted that she hoped to one day work for NASA. Most war beings ended up finding a trade, like her father and Jethry. Their abilities tended towards the physical and as a result, nature balanced them with poor magical potential. That wasn't always the case, but it was true for Haley. So, she applied herself to her studies and was determined to become an aerospace engineer. Haley soon realized Chris was a nice, down-to-earth guy. The gossip on Maginet, which she admitted to getting a little caught up in at times, had it all wrong. Sure, he was wonderfully powerful but the rumors never captured his humble nature his cute embarrassment. In all their interaction, he never once looked down on her as a lowly class five magic user. Beings like him wouldn't normally give her the time of day. Things were right on track for them forming a fast friendship until one afternoon a few weeks back. To Chris, it was like a switch had been flipped. Her girlish crush turned to downright seduction. Shyness blossomed into blatant interest. Gone was the embarrassed girl who'd run back up the stairs to her room that first time they'd met. This determined young woman made it clear that she wanted him. She dressed up, or more often, down when she came to visit the job's site. She became more tactile taking any excuse to touch or brush against him. Her visits became more frequent, and she brought him homemade baking several times. She engineered reasons to get him alone. Apart from the awkwardness Chris felt around Stephen as his daughter openly lavished him with attention, awkwardness which did not go both ways, Chris was starting to wonder why he bothered holding himself back. Hey, Chris. She smiled up at him as he approached the forklift, skin glistening. Her bottom lip was being worried between her white teeth at the sight of his work hardened. Huge frame. As Chris came around the side of the forklift. He finally got a decent look at what the felt blonde was wearing. Good God. He couldn't help moving in close, towering above as his eyes greedily devoured her. Perched provocatively on the forklift, she was a masterpiece of toned, tan skin, and womanly curves. Her pleated miniskirt was the purest white, contrasting perfectly with the bronze tone of her naturally sun-kissed skin. The way she sat, with one leg up on the seat, exposed skin all the way up to the inside of her lush thighs. Beyond that, her compact ass was clearly visible, directly contacting the well-used, black full leather of the forklift's seat. Her top was a tiny faded denim jacket, completely open at the front to reveal the stretchy gray material of her sports bra. Said bra was winning the battle to contain her large breasts, completely covering her chest but leaving no doubt that the slim young woman was absolutely stacked. What it didn't cover was the positively indecent expanse of tummy skin, all the way from her ribs, down to the hem of her clinging skirt, resting low on her hips. His eyes were instantly drawn to the teardrop-shaped sapphire dangling from a delicate silver arrangement at her belly button. It accentuated her soft muscle tone and pinched waist beautifully. Chris realized he was staring and quickly looked up into her blue eyes, a lighter shade than that gemstone but still sparkling with mischief and admiration. Her smile widened and he scrutinized her lightly made-up face. With a casual air, she flicked an errant strand of her cute, razor-cut hair out of her eyes. She'd had it cut short about a month ago, claiming that having it long was too hot in the late alpine summer. Chris thought it made her look even more enchanting. How've you been? What brings you over this side of town? He tried to be casual as her legs moved, flashing him a glimpse of powder-blue underwear. There was no way it was an accident, and his penis twitched dangerously inside his jeans. Oh, you know. I was at the gym in the compound working out, and I just thought I'd drop by and make sure you hadn't forgotten about tonight. Of course not, Haley. We're all looking forward to it. You reminded me on Wednesday, remember? It was now Friday, two days later, and Chris couldn't help pointing out that he didn't need reminding. Haley had invited Chris and his partners to her friend's 21st birthday at the cauldron. Yes, but I wanted to see you all sweaty again. She hopped up off the forklift quickly her sprightly body coming to a halt mere inches in front of him, face upturned as she watched for his reaction. Haley, he cautioned, as her hand reached out to trace the sweaty dimple between his bared abdominal muscles. What? She said innocently as her simple touch sent a shiver or arousal up his spine. He didn't have a response. You know, Chris, it does terrible things to a girl's self-confidence when she gets friend-zoned by the dragon she likes. He sighed. Haley, I'm in a strange love pentagon with four other women. No wait, make that five. A goddamn love hexagon. I really do like you but I'm not sure it's right for us to get involved. Chris was wondering where he got the willpower to say these words while her perfect body was so dangerously close. She snickered cutely at him, as if his reasoning was completely irrelevant. I know all about that, Chris. Goodness knows it's all over Maginette. I don't want to pull you away from them. I want in. She glanced over to the stairwell guiltily and took her hand off his six-pack. I should go. Let's talk about it more tonight. With that she turned and strutted off towards her electric compact, which she'd parked just inside the warehouse. The definition of her legs haunted him all the way until she hopped into her car with a little wave. He was left staring dumbly as she made her exit until Stephen popped his head up from the stairway. That's some self-control you've got, kid. He laughed at the young man's tortured features. If a girl did that to me when I was your age. Hell, if a girl did that to me now. Chris nearly jumped out of his skin before his face blushed. However he tried, he couldn't help being embarrassed when she behaved like that with him in front of her father. Christ man, that's your own daughter. He tried appealing to Stephen's fatherly instinct. I know. The warbison chuckled, seeming to find great humor in the situation. It's torture at home. All I hear is Chris this and Chris that. And that's before she teams up with the wife. The girl needs to get laid. You'd be doing me a favor. Chris could only shake his head in disgust. Hey, cheer up. It's not like she's hideous. Anyway, I need a hand with a few enchantments before we finish for the day. Stephen clapped a heavy hand on Chris back in a show of male solidarity. They quickly unloaded the sacks together before heading back downstairs. We're making great progress, Chris. I knew having you help out would make it easier, but I can't tell you how much your input has made the difference. The war bison gesticulated across the huge expanse of the soon-to-be living room. Really? I feel more like a human wheelbarrow. Chris answered, only partly sarcastic. Steven looked at him askance before delivering a playful blow to his shoulder. You know it's more than that, Chris. I've never seen rock disappear like you and the terrible trio make it happen. Heck, it's only taken you just over a week to cut out that hallway, the nursery, a bathroom, and almost four large bedrooms. It's nothing to scoff at. It never could have happened if you hadn't been carting the rock and feeding the furnace so to speak. Those goblins are gonna be spoiled by the time this is over. I've never heard of a job where there's unlimited magic refills to keep you going all day. Hell, I'm going to be spoiled. Well, I'm afraid it's not going to last forever, Stephen. Come Monday, you'll be on your own three days a week. You'll be missed, for sure, but I've come up with a solution to keep us all topped off while you're gone. Besides, we won't need your help as much soon and the boys are eager to stay on to completion. Before you know it, you'll be moving in. Imagine that. Chris let out a tired, wistful sigh. You'll have damn well earned it, too. Stephen said as they rounded the corner onto the diamond room. Chris instantly noticed that the glass cover stone was removed, sitting up on a protective sheet of cloth. There was a small pile of crushed rock to the side of the ring, and a corresponding hole had been dug right in the center of an laid burnished circle. What's going in there? Chris asked. Well, I had sort of wanted to keep this a surprise until a bit later. I've got a housewarming present for you. Stephen admitted with a huge smile on his face. You know me, though. Practicality comes first, and we could really use it while you're away. Use what? Stephen, you don't have to get me a gift. Chris felt a little uncomfortable with the idea. Stephen was the one doing him a favor by taking on this huge job. Yeah, but I wanted to. Hold on just a moment, I'll go get it. With that, the warbison disappeared off down a hallway and popped into the darkness of one of the excavated bedrooms that he emerged moments later, a rough gray ovoid nestled in the crook of his arm and a large plastic bag in the other. The thing was a foot and a half long and just over half a foot wide, tapering at both ends, one of which looked like it had been cut clean off. What is that thing? Some sort of weird egg. Chris asked warily. He would have wondered if it wasn't a dragon's egg if he didn't know better. The thing looked like it was made of stone. No, no. Stephen chuckled. Nothing like that. It's a magic well, or it's going to be. I read about them in an old book on castles. Back in the day, they used to use M to power the magical defenses on all the best keeps and fortresses. Of course, no one bothers nowadays too hard to fill them up. That's where you come in. He handed Chris the magic well, who accepted it with all the tenderness deserving of an unknown magical artifact. As he rolled it over, it became clear that it was indeed made of rock. It was heavy but not as heavy as he felt it should have been. When he examined the flat, cut end, it was instantly obvious what it truly was. It's a geode, a huge one. Chris exclaimed, peering into the hollow center and marveling at the kaleidoscope of small, dark purple crystals that lined the entirety of the hollow center. Yup, I had it enchanted by a friend of mine to make it more efficient at holding energy. We're gonna pack the sides of the hole with copper wool when we install it, too. He shook the plastic bag as he sunk to his knees next to Magic Circle. Stephen, you shouldn't have. This must have been expensive. Chris protested as he played the geode this way and that, watching the light being captured and rebounded by the array of crystals inside. Surprisingly, not really. I actually picked it up from a human store. They had a whole bunch of them, but I thought this one was the best. Besides, you're paying me well enough. Well, thanks, I appreciate it. Chris said graciously as Stephen got down to splitting open the industrial-looking bag of reddish-brown fibers. You're welcome, Chris. I can honestly say I haven't enjoyed working with someone as much as I have with you in a long time. Stephen began stuffing bundles of the metal fiber down into the hole, making a nest for the big geode. Would you believe that this stuff was harder to get a hold of than that geode? Had to come all the way from China. This country is going to crap. Chris couldn't help smiling at Webison's admission. Thanks, Stephen. I've enjoyed working with you, too. Even if I do hate hauling rocks. They were silent a few moments as Stephen finished packing the hole. He motioned for Chris to pass over the geode, and soon enough it was nestled comfortably in place. More packing was added, surrounding the outside so that it couldn't move and only the large internal cavity was visible. The brim of the geode was right in line with where the glass cover slip would sit when it was replaced. Stephen took chalk from the ever-present pouch on his belt and began scribbling around the edge of the hole. He muttered a few incantations under his breath, and Chris watched a small surge of energy pulse through his hands into the copper wool. That'll insulate the vessel, both from leaking and from external forces. You're gonna need that once we put in the concealed flight path for you and the dragonesses. He explained. Go ahead when you're ready. Chris, try putting some energy in there. Okay, here goes. Chris tentatively hovered his hand over the opening. Looking down into the beautiful crystal depths, he relaxed his almost subconscious efforts at dampening his magic, letting it flow freely through his cells as it swirled up, angry at being contained all day without relief, Steven's skin tingled, responding to the upwelling of magic. He was never going to get used to the sheer power this kid had. You'd almost forget about it, Chris was getting pretty good at bottling it up when he was out in the open but whenever he had to use his power, his aura would come flooding out. The sensation was astonishing, like being warmed by a magical Sunday. the transfer began with a narrow beam of pure energy flickering into existence below Chris' hand. It leapt to the nearest grounding point, the crystal lattice directly below it. The energy pulsed deeper into the geode, finding a vast capacity ready to absorb and contain. Chris smiled, this was exciting. It was working. He concentrated on increasing the energy flow, letting his dragon's predator born focus guide the energy. Blanking his mind to other thoughts and distractions. It was unlike filling a small to medium-sized crystal, or gemstone. He was used to that. This was so much bigger. Mind you, in the dragon's household it was Claire, Petra, and Susan who bore the brunt of crystal duty. Chris's routine invariably involved one or more of the three women first thing in the morning. They would make love and he would fill his lover to overflowing and beyond with his essence. She then had to battle against the exhaustion and pleasure to catalyze his excess magic down into a gemstone or trinket.it was an incredibly satisfying way to start the day and Chris was becoming almost religious about it. They were also turning a tidy profit as Susan would sell the full vessels at her apothecary shop. They were running out the door like hotcakes and drawing more business to the apothecary in general. Chris cut off the flow into the geode when he felt the first hint of tiredness. Lillian's instructions were clear on that subject. Despite his wonderful capabilities, she would skin him slowly over an open fire if she ever sensed he was recklessly pushing boundaries. Now that she wasn't following him 24-7, he needed to be prepared and able to defend himself at any time. There was always that temptation to test his limits but the thought of being rendered down to Dragonbroth was a good deterrent. Both men leaned over to get a look down into the magic well, their faces illuminated by the purple radiance shining from within. Whoa! Chris murmured, watching the small, shimmering pool maybe an inch deep in the bottom of Geode. I didn't think it was going to form a liquid. That's what allows it to store so much magic. Steven explained. The crystal not only absorbs the energy but creates a stable container, meaning you can fill the inside with incredibly dense magic. Cool. Ever fascinated with the new concepts and experiences thrown at him, Chris couldn't hide his sense of wonder. You're darn right it's cool. Stephen enthused as they moved aside and the cover slip was lowered back into position. That will easily keep us going until you can come back to top it up. I can use this for any more enchantments I need to set up while you're away. Also, it should be easy to link the existing ones into the well, so they draw directly from it. If you keep that thing filled, this house is going to be damn near impenetrable once I'm done. This was a perfect gift, Stephen. Awesome and practical. Thank you. Chris smiled as they stood and began clearing the area of errant copper wool, the small pile of excavated stone, and a couple of plastic bags. Don't mention it, Chris. I've got to make sure my baby girl will be perfectly safe when she's over here. The Weberson's grin shone as brightly as the dragon's aura as he watched the kid give him a guilty look. Chris rose to his full impressive height. Closing his eyes and taking a deep breath through his nose He let the embarrassment flow out of him until his barrel chest began to shake gently with laughter That was steven for you. There was no use fighting. You just had to go with it Chris dutifully messaged lillian on his maginette phone as he left work at 5:30 p.m on the dot Ever since she had started weaning him of her constant guardianship He was required to report any change of location or status as well as checking in with her every two hours The change had come about a month ago She was satisfied that he had progressed with his combat training to a point that he could defend himself almost as well as she could defend him. he missed her, having become used to her constant specter and sarcastic teasing. Sometimes he sensed her, flickering into the periphery of his awareness during the day, checking up on him. They still saw each other several times a week. The vampire was leading his morning training regime, and she sometimes hung around on guard duty at night, or if they went out as a group. However, her freed up time was being spent on the revelation now that he didn't require her constant babysitting. There was much to organize on the being side of things and given her position in Rayla's security team, Lillian was invaluable for the preparations. She was also keeping tabs on the level of dissatisfaction in the broader community. As part of Rayla's muscle, she also facilitated responses to the rising numbers of issues and discontent amongst the local beings, be those responses diplomatic or disciplinary. Her age, strength, and the respect she garnered within the Denver vampire community was vital to Rayla's reign. Chris said his goodbyes and weekend wishes to Stephen and the Goblin Brothers as they parted. He walked out onto the gravel yard waving to the truck driver who was just scooping up the last of the day's crushed rocks. He smiled when he received a friendly salute in return. Rounding the rear corner of the warehouse, he began walking along the side, back towards the street. Lilia was on his mind as his feet guided him along his regular short walk to pick up Susan. Work had kept her away too long. Over the last two months, there had been several incidents around the globe where beings became restless or disillusioned with the new restrictions. The memory alteration charm had been used on multiple occasions, forcing the Synod to bring down the full force of their disciplinary power. Other incidents included a mass kidnapping by a vampire coven in New York, a rather high-profile werewolf attack in Germany, a string of ongoing gruesome murder slash rapes in Central America, and various suspicious disappearances of both beings and humans. Worse still, the entire being territory of Indonesia went dark last week. It was thought that the Lord of Jakarta had renounced the revelation, and that it was back to business as usual for beings there. Feedings, the memory charm, abusing humans, it was all happening again, and the synod was almost powerless to do anything about it. That part of the world was extremely hard for them to infiltrate and, short of a mass invasion, impossible to rein back in. Already, the five-man delegation sent there by the synod to negotiate was unaccounted for, presumed dead. Most of the information they received now was provided by human operatives. It was not good. Lillian said that her kind were especially discontent and the mutterings were getting worse. One of their main pleasures and vices in life had been cut off overnight. The ecstasy of the hunt. The wealthy and powerful were fine of course, having centuries of experience to master their self-control as well as stables of familiars, established before the new restrictions they could still feed directly from their familiars. Although there had been several cases of familiars seeking asylum from their masters, some had since returned to their old lives now that the issue of their rights was being considered once again, it was the young vampires who suffered most, and that showed in the number of incidents Lillian responded to. There was enough blood to go around, just, but blood from a box held little lasting satisfaction to the younger vampires who saw delicious meals in every passing human. The human governments had recently allowed the incorporation of a legitimate, private blood bank, backed by the vampire council and the synod. It was an effort to make sure the supply stayed secure and vampires could feed themselves peacefully. Clinics in several major cities were already coming online, offering grocery store credit and reward for blood donations and replica of a food stamp system. The high reward prices were drawing some attention and confusion from the unaware human populace. Lillian told him that some vampires and other beings were so discontented with the situation that they were leaving the hub cities to spread themselves in the less populated areas, making their continued illicit behaviors that much harder to detect and respond to for the territory leaders. There had also been several sightings of beings by humans. One was prominent enough to become an internet sensation and make it onto a breakfast TV show for a brief moment of fame. Thankfully, the shaky images that depicted what appeared to be a flying gargoyle in the early dawn sky had been relegated to hoax status by some quiet pressure from the higher up. Chris knew it was all one disaster away from blowing up in everyone's faces. Throughout it all, no one could tell him squat about Radek. Where was he? What was he up to? There hadn't even been any progress identifying the man, though he suspected Rayla was holding something back from him on that subject. It was frustrating, he got the impression the Synod weren't focusing much effort on tracking him down. Admittedly they had their hands full, but the man was dangerous and being allowed time to regroup. That was stupid dot if he wasn't so goddamn busy all the time, Chris would have been tempted to go off on his own mission to put an end to that stupidity. Between helping with the building, training both physical and magical, for amorous ladies and a growing sprite, and Michelle's evening tutelage there was scant time for anything else. She was coaching him on various systems and procedures he would need to understand in his upcoming role as a security consultant. Chris' musings were interrupted as he suddenly found himself outside Susan's workplace. He took a sheepish look around, half expecting Lillian to clip him over the head any moment for an attention to his surroundings. The expected punishment was thankfully not forthcoming, so Chris sauntered up the steps to Edith's apothecary and slid the tinted glass door aside on quiet rollers. It was a small, unobtrusive building attached to the front of an older warehouse like his own. He made sure to duck his head as he entered the dark interior of the storefront. The damn doorframe was like a vengeful American Indian with a tomahawk. A real scalper. A quiet tinkle sounded deeper in the warehouse alerting Susan to his arrival as he took a few moments to appreciate the weirdness of Rowan Eddard's life work. Firstly, the place always smelled heavily of incense. That wouldn't have been so bad except that Susan always came home with the scent on her skin and clothes, which Chris' dragon instincts couldn't tolerate. You would be forgiven for wondering if the place was closed or left accidentally deserted, for there were no lights on, as always. Only an ancient chandelier holding real candles stood guard above the entranceway but he was yet to see it lit. Ancient wooden shelves lined the walls, going all the way to the ceiling with glass jars packed together in no discernible pattern. Most of them were filled with dried, pickled, or tinctured plants, fungi, and insects. There were also the obligatorily grotesque preserved animals scattered around the shelves in their glass tombs. Snakes, rats, octopi, bats, fish, lizards, frogs, and even what he swore was a chihuahua all stared down at him in creepy judgment. Display counters took up the center of the room, topped and fronted with large panes of glass. Susan, or more usually old Rowan, would dispense the more valuable magical items and ingredients stored there when the counter was manned. All sides of the display counter were filled to the brim with trinkets, vials of potion, crystals, sprigs of rare magical plants, charms, samples of pure elements, oils, various powders, the list was unending. There was even a refrigerated section which kept some of the more sensitive potions alive longer. Every time he came in here, his eyes were drawn to the web-like structure of ropes which crisscrossed the ceiling just above his head. Perhaps it was because it felt like the bundles of dried plants hanging from them were always skimming his hair. He still wasn't comfortable with his height, and eyed the bundles warily, six feet six inches was just so damn tall. His nose guided his attention back down towards the counter which was tastefully decorated with beautiful displays of live indoor plants. Some tiny white blossoms from a moss-like plant were releasing a pleasant scent into the incense thick air. Susan had quickly established these tasteful additions to the display when she started working. Chris even recognized a few of her beloved night heart plants, whose dark red leaves tolerated the permanent low light. Perhaps the gloom and eeriness were cultivated on purpose, for if you wanted a cure, potion, remedy, or even something a little more nefarious, you got the impression you were in the right place. The growing clacking of high heeled steps had Chris watching the bead string covered doorway at the rear of the shop. Soon, Susan sauntered into view, flicking her dark hair luxuriously as the beads parted over her body. She greeted her lover with a brilliant smile, rushing over on some impractically tall heeled black sandals to wrap her arms around him and lean up for a kiss. Chris couldn't help admiring the attractive witch. She was aglow with vitality. He'd been feeding magic into her at an alarming rate for over two months now. Despite her initial protestations, the results were clear, she looked radiant, and somehow a little more youthful. She'd slimmed very slightly her pale skin vital with health. Her eyes twinkled delightfully as she squeezed him close, and her lips were oh so sinfully plump and soft as they smashed against his own. Not only that, her magical presence was growing. Just last week she'd requalified from class four to a low three. She'd made incredibly passionate love to him that evening, crying out her devotion for him over and over. He couldn't help chuckling at the memory, which broke their kiss that he held her tight against him, her dark green, backless sundress a scant barrier as his hands roamed her sides, hungrily taking hold of her plump rear end. Heels mom? Chris asked wondering why the usually practical woman would be wearing such potentially dangerous footwear around the store and warehouse. I know, honey. It's silly, right? I just wanted some practice before we all go out this evening. I got these things yesterday, but I haven't worn heels like this in years. Susan explained as she ran her hands over his broad shoulders admiringly. I'm not complaining. Chris smiled down at her. You look gorgeous. Thanks. Susan beamed as her nose started taking note of his powerfully masculine scent. Are you sniffing me, Susan? He teased her as she tentatively buried her nose in his chest. She blushed, squirming coquettishly in his arms. Maybe. She looked up at him a little guiltily. Can't a woman appreciate the scent of her hard-working man? Anyway, how was your day? It was fine. Chris shrugged, still squeezing her against him. Steven got me a great gift for the house. I'll tell you about it later. Are you ready to go? Susan bit her bottom lip naughtily with a slight shake of her head. You know how I've been working on a stronger brew for cancelling your pheromones? Well, I thought we might want to take some with us tonight if we're going to the cauldron. Susan's tongue flicked out across her lips, drawing attention to the freshly applied coating of dark red lipstick. I'll need a fresh sample to brew with, of course. Chris' shit-eating grin was all the response she needed so she tiptoed for a brief peck before freeing herself from his arms. She clacked her way over to lock the front door, before beckoning Chris to follow her through the beaded doorway into the warehouse that he followed quickly, unwilling to lose sight of her legs in those heels and the expanse of soft skin her backless dress exposed. They passed through a short hallway with a few storerooms and a bathroom off to the side, then they were out under the lights of the nursery. The contrast from the gloomy shop was staggering. Vast arrays of bright lights hung from the ceiling, catering for the needs of the rows upon rows of waist-high stainless benches, absolutely covered with potted plants. Susan had moved her personal collection here from Laramie last month, swelling the nursery to capacity. The inside of the warehouse was completely insulated against the cold winters and the industrially white walls reflected a lot of the light, making things almost uncomfortably bright. Susan turned right, and led him over to her spacious pavilion in the corner. It was a sturdy frame of hardwood beams, covered on the sides with flowing black fabric. The roof of the structure was mostly open to allow steam from her cauldron or experiments to waft into the greater warehouse. It served to provide her some privacy and refuge, a space to relax and practice her magical arts. She often needed that after working for hours on her feet, tending the plants or managing the store. She brushed aside the fabric acting as a doorway, giving him a come-hither look over her shoulder before sauntering inside. Chris followed like an excited puppy. Come sit down, honey. She was waiting for him just inside, ready to guide him down into a deep cushion-lined wicker chair. Do you want a drink before we get started? Sure. Thanks, Mom. Chris replied, already feeling his eager cock twitch inside his jeans. Susan poured him a large glass of lemon water from a pitcher and handed it to him. As he took a big sip, she collected the other items she was going to need before checking on the simmering copper cauldron in the center of the room. The potion was coming along nicely, a light yellow brew bubbling away happily, and she judged it ready to receive the final, key ingredient. This version did not rely on using silver and was therefore compatible with vampires, theoretically it was also stronger and longer lasting. Susan had been tinkering with the recipe for a while now and this was showing real promise. Her newfound magical strength allowed her to exert her magic over more complex reactions. This unlocked the efficient use of potent and rare ingredients without wasting them. She could now tackle more intricate recipes and pull them off. The source of this newfound ability was Chris, she knew it. If she was being honest, she was absolutely besotted with him, drunk from the thrill and power of his gifts high on the pleasure he tortured her with in the process of feeding her magic. She rounded on him with lust in her eyes, her beautiful big boy, her masculine lover, her son in heart if not in flesh. Wasting no time, she grabbed a folded blanket from behind his chair, Placing it in front of him on the rug. The large beaker she'd collected earlier was placed within reach on the nearby coffee table as she got down on her knees. She shuffled forwards onto the blanket, running a hand up his muscular thigh as she looked up at him. Susan smiled up at him as her hands reached for the button on his jeans, unclasping it, and making short work of his zipper too. Lift up, baby. Mama can't wait to feel you spurting again. The sultry witch purred. Oh, Jesus. Chris moaned as he lifted his ass and shuffled his jeans and boxers down to his knees. Not the mom talk again. What? Susan pouted seductively eyeing the semi-hard monster now resting against his thigh. I thought you liked the talk, honey. Last time you came extra hard. Yeah, but you always tease me for ages when you do it. Chris complained half-heartedly as her hands sent tingles up his skin. Susan parted his legs, leaning down into his crotch until her painted lips were barely an inch from his awakening cock. Her breath blew cool against his sensitive skin, making him twitch as he hardened further, blood rushing into his enormous phallus. Her eyes darted up to his for a moment, and he reached down to run a hand through her silky black hair. Okay, baby, I won't tease you this time, much. With that, Susan finally closed the distance and wrapped her sultry lips around the tip of his thickening member. He hardened fully in seconds, his angry red cockhead spitting sweet, salty precum across her writhing tongue. She let out a wanton moan, working her lips firmly back and forth over the sensitive ridge of his cockhead, making him gasp in pleasure as his fist tightened in her hair. More delicious fluids leaked from his pulsing tip as she tried to thrust her tongue into his little slit. The sensation was unbelievable. Oh fuck, you know what you're doing! Chris cried out slapping a free hand down on his thigh as she began using both hands to jerk his vein mottled length at the same time. MMM, do you like it when I suck on your fat cockhead, Chris? Do you like how I smooch it? She released him from her mouth, running her wicked tongue up and down his underside and back up to his pulsing tip. A little spurt shot out across her dark red lips and she giggled cutely. MmH, so big and tasty. Chris watched in awe as the woman who'd raised him since his parents died paused and used a finger to swipe his fluid into her mouth with obvious relish. She made a real show of licking her finger clean before she arched an eyebrow up at him. Well, young man? Your mother asked you a question. The sudden sternness in her voice sent an illicit shiver up his body. Chris, his mind overrun with pleasure and taboo, had to think back to what the question was. Of course, mom, I fucking love it when you do that thing with your tongue. Susan beamed pridefully at him, happy and thrilled at the effect she had on him, on them both really. Her hands began moving on his thick shaft again, slicker now from her saliva and his copious pre-cum. She couldn't get enough of him, his scent, his taste, his magic, his love. Good boy. Now just relax. I'm going to show you just how much I love you and your wonderful cock, honey. With that, Susan wasted no time wrapping her full lips around his helmet again, pausing momentarily to take a breath through her nose before pushing deeper. Chris knew exactly what was coming but it didn't prepare him. Her lips just kept on enveloping his steel-hard erection. He felt his sensitive cock head push past her tonsils and enter her tight, hot throat. The sensation was exquisite, felt his heavy balls tensing in preparation to shoot already and had to focus on maintaining control. The beautiful, full-bodied which just took him deeper and deeper, looking up into his eyes with the strained curl of a smile at the corners of her mouth. Thank fuck for magic! He groaned, feeling thick spill leaking from her lips, smoothing the way for the magic-assisted sword-swallowing act of the century. Susan almost choked on his mighty tool as she tried not to laugh. He was so goofy and looked so adorable when he was trying not to come too fast. She regained control and continued her decent, feeling his massive girth tremble and pulse in need, firing slippery precum directly down her gullet. It shouldn't have been possible but finally her nose came up against his crotch, her lips straining around the thick root of his cock. She held there for a moment as he throbbed, so hot and hard inside her before the desire to breathe one out, and she pulled her head quickly up and off the monster. Susan gasped for breath, loving the adoration on his face. Her hands instantly began a firm, slippery jerking all the way from his raging tip to the sturdy base of his rampaging cock. Don't hold back honey bunny, I want that sweet cum, she whispered huskily. Chris let out a soft moan and shut his eyes as she swallowed him down once again and began a practiced, short stroke on about two-thirds of his dick. She knew exactly how to bring him to the brink now. They'd had a lot of practice. It hadn't taken long for Susan to demand he use his magic on her vagina as he had with Annabelle. They were soon back to fucking like spring rabbits. Susan found she got a huge thrill from his new size and virility. She loved her ability to accommodate him, especially when he jetted his sperm directly into her womb. It was during this time she also discovered a little kink of her own, that she loved playing on the taboo aspect of their relationship. She never would have thought so, but it gave her such a thrill to tease him, to play on their previous relationship as mother and son. She was pretty sure he loved it too. The only thing that wasn't perfect was that she couldn't easily provide him oral pleasure. It had been their naughty treat after that fateful incident on the flight back from the UK. Something special between them.it was only a matter of days before she hatched a plan and had him work his magic again, this time on her mouth and throat, transforming her into a world-class cocksucking champion. That she could now take his huge dragon cock to the very last inch was testament to the potency of his magic. Susan slurped greedily as his crest began to rise and pre practically gushed from his tip. She pulled back until just his enormous crown occupied her mouth, spitting tasty fluid across her teeth and tongue. She could see his face scrunch up and feel him thicken to diamond-cutting hardness. She moaned in anticipation as her tongue batted his slit, and her lips sucked heavily against his sensitive ridge. He swelled thicker in her grip, harder. One hand jerked him slowly, feeling the first spasm of climax race up his shaft. The other reached back to collect the huge glass beaker. She had to grope around momentarily to find it as the first blast of thick, white semen rocketed against the back of her mouth. Susan swallowed greedily, he had more to give than she needed for her potion. His magic raced through her body, sparking fires of pleasure and satisfaction in moments. She cried out in husky pleasure, releasing his squirting shaft to fire a massive pearly salvo across her cheek and into her dark hair. Her hand took a firm grip at his root and wrenched him downwards until his hugely inflamed helmet met the cold glass of the beaker, ready to collect his precious load. She laughed delightedly, feeling the huge ropes of magic-rich spunk race up his shaft into the rapidly filling receptacle. It was so exciting to watch and feel his huge erection spit angrily, jettisoning enough sperm to impregnate her a billion times over. The thought made her whimper as his sharp little magical climax quieted its headlong race through her body. Her drenched womanhood began to relax its sympathetic squeezing, instead, feeling hot, empty, and demanding. It didn't take an expert potion master's eye to know she'd collected enough, the beaker was nearly full. He must have given her almost a pint, and he was still spewing his pearly, prodigious load as she performed a well timed swap, her mouth wrapping hungrily around his tip again. She couldn't help noticing he was ejaculating more and more these days. Perhaps he was adapting and growing to meet the needs of his hungry brood as they became receptive to absorbing his magic. Chris' eyes shot open at the return of the warm sensation of her lips. He looked approvingly as she swallowed down his last few spurts, his hands still stroking through her hair. Her look of pure love as she performed this almost worship-like act spurred his passions anew. She squealed delightedly as he pulled her off of his penis and rode her down onto the rug. She barely had time to place the now heavy beaker back on the coffee table before he was upon her, lips demanding. She kissed him back, slipping her tongue deep into his mouth as she felt him pulling impatiently at her dress. They broke the kiss as he gave up on getting her dress off and instead focused on getting his restricting jeans down to his ankles and off in a desperate struggle. Susan laughed at his impatience. He clearly couldn't wait to be inside her, and she saw no reason to postpone their coupling either. She spread her legs in anticipation, pulling her dress up onto her tummy as he squirmed around on top of her, his massive dick flailing around wildly between her thighs. Finally, he freed one of his legs and that was good enough. He gripped her thigh roughly and spread her further, making her gasp. His hot knob butted against the slick gusset of her rather practical underwear. He pulled those roughly aside too, exposing her engorged vagina. Her forest of soft, dark, pubic hair slicked down with her own thick, leaking lubricant. His enormous head split her easily, sliding quickly into her gushing quim. They groaned in unison, eyes meeting again as they both felt the wonderful heat and instinctual satisfaction of their mating. Susan's back arched upwards, thrusting her heaving breasts into him as his great spear conquered her once more. It sank deeper and deeper in one measured thrust until he bumped her cervix in just the way she'd grown to love. She let out a pleasured yip as he ground his fat cock around inside her, stirring her sensitive tissues expertly. Then she had to hold on to his broad shoulders for dear life as he suddenly reared back and began fucking her with powerful strokes. Chris yelled triumphantly above her, reveling in the pleasure of the fuck. His cock bathed in the heat of her quivering, greasy, molten hot pussy. He wasn't holding back. His hips slapped against the back of her thighs as he pushed her legs higher, folding the beautiful witch up into a mewling, sweaty, ball of sex and hammering her mature cunt with as much as she could take. It was a thing of beauty, the lust and passion of their coupling, their cries of ecstasy. Susan was absolutely soaking, he loved that about her. Even before the enchantment, she would always be wet and ready for him at the drop of a hat. If she was tired or overloaded with magic, she would still roll over and accept his youthful, loving attention and let him fuck her raven. This time was no different. As they fucked, her thick pussy cream and his own precum worked into a oily white lather, paving the way for his plundering erection. Despite his size, their overflowing lubrication allowed for an easy, wonderful glide in and out of her squeezing channel. His cock was singing its joy to the rest of his sweaty body, butting her fleshy cervix at every opportunity and barely skimming her sensitive clitoris when he angled his thrusts just right. He could tell she was close to by the way she squirmed in his grip. Attempting to raise her hips and meet the powerful thrusts of his oversized dick Her strained, puffy labia gripped him each time he pulled out, reluctant to release him Yet resisting his entry so delightfully each time he thrust back in Oh god! Chris! Ah ha! Fucking! Love this! She screamed against his cheek, great gasps of air being sucked into her lungs to fuel her lush body's pleasure Every exquisite thrust was announced with an excited cry from his gorgeous mother As her climax grew rapidly inside her core He smiled down at her in masculine pride as they fucked There was something incredibly satisfying about knowing he was the pinnacle of her sexual experience. That he alone could take her to such heights of pleasure, that other men would pale in comparison to him both in size and in giving her the pleasure, the magic she deserved. This was being a dragon. Fucking his mate, providing for her, protecting her, breeding her. That thought was what finally pushed him over the edge. His whole body tensed as cum raced up his mighty shaft once more, straight into her hungry depths. Susan wailed happily as the scalding seed shot forcefully against her cervix, plastering it white as she felt more and more of his thick cum jet into her well-fucked love tunnel. It was hot, blooming deep inside, making her hips writhe as she shook her head back and forth in pleasured disbelief. Her orgasm crested instantly, barely needing the help of his potent magic to have her shuddering beneath him. Her legs escaped his grasp as they thrashed in pleasure, her back arching, toes curling. She felt him reposition, his huge cocknob rocking forcefully into her cervix, parting her just a little. Susan couldn't fathom how he managed that feat with unnerving accuracy but cried out her encouragement nonetheless. His precious seed, shot through the eye of the needle, burst forth directly into her womb paroxysms of pleasure renewed as her womanhood clamped down hard on the thick invader her labia strained unable to encircle last few inches of his massive cockroot, almost pinching at him as he pumped her so full of baby batter that it began spewing back out around their coupling the last of her air left her lungs in a whispering groan of tortured overload her abdomen shuddering rhythmically as he fired the last of his life-giving sperm into her most sacred depths that it was then his cum pooling deep inside her that he brushed his lips ever so lightly against her ear their panting breath was warm against each other their sweaty faces radiating heat he kissed her neck, such a tender gesture, and whispered to her so hopefully. One day soon we'll make a child together, mom. Susan could only shiver silently and cling to him, a strained gasp on her face as his illicit words detonated another orgasmic bomb inside her. Nothing would please her more, he played her like a fiddle. Half an hour later, when they finally managed to rouse themselves from post cuddling, they realized they were going to be late. There was a potion to make, slick genitals to clean, clothes to straighten, hair to brush, sex stains to dab at, and smeared lipstick to track down. Susan hovered over her cauldron stirring madly in a precise order of clock and counter-clock strokes. His thick, sticky seed clung annoyingly to the beaker as she upended it, before rushing in with a lewd glug. The surface of the liquid quit its happy simmering and began to boil furiously. The witch frowned intently. A dangerous froth rose up towards her like an unattended pot of pasta. She doubled down on the stirring, her ancient stone ladle sloshing in the pool of golden liquid at the bottom. The froth rose almost to the brim of the cauldron, making Susan doubt her abilities momentarily. It held steady for a few moments, as Chris eyed the imminent catastrophe warily over her shoulder. Unfinished or poorly brewed potions were notorious for their weird and sometimes destructive effects. Finally, the bubbling subsided and the foam began to recede. Soon enough, a now pale purple fluid was revealed. Susan sighed in relief but her attention was drawn back to the cum-smeared beaker in her hand. It would be a travesty to let any of his essence go to waste. That she had access to Chris as a source at all would have all the Salem grand family's green with ND. a spatula was soon produced, rounding up the errant globs of his cooling semen and driving them out over the lip of the beaker to splash into the cauldron. They produced a small amount of bubbling, easily managed this time. As she stirred, Susan savored the tasty treat of licking the spatula with apparent enjoyment. Chris, ever-excitable cock twitched dangerously at the obscene sight. Jesus, Mom, you'd better stop that right now if we're going to get out of here. We're already running late. Susan smirked, making a performance of running her tongue along the red silicone of the kitchen implement, collecting the last of his delicious, spicy essence. She giggled happily as he let out an exasperated sigh. I'm sorry, dear. She wasn't. I just can't let any go to waste. Well, do you have to be so sexy about it? Annabelle's going to strangle me as it is and we still have to walk back to the apartment. They were thankfully quick to finish their preparations to leave. Susan turned off the gas burner under the cauldron and ladled out a small vial full of the new pheromone cancellation potion. Her trusty label maker soon printed out a little sticker to label it PCP. Chris couldn't help laughing at her bemused expression when he explained that wasn't exactly an appropriate acronym to carry around. Especially seeing as they were going out to a club this evening and the potion would be put through its paces. Susan spared a moment to reapply her lipstick in the mirror, she'd look positively indecent otherwise. The heels came off too and into a carry bag, replaced with her more practical, comfy white and pink sneakers for the walk home. Then she collected her ever-present huge leather purse and led her impatient dragon back out into the warehouse. The systems governing the lights, temperature, and water for the plants were fully automated but she spared 30 seconds to make sure everything was set up properly for the weekend. She locked up, set the alarm, and they started walking hurriedly back towards the being district, hand in hand. Chris and Susan chatted amiably about this and that, smiling dreamily at each other as they walked. Sure, they were going to be late, but there had been a damn pleasurable reason for it. He loved these times with Susan as they walked home after work, and was going to miss them once their new house was built. They'd grown ever closer as the weeks passed, cementing their relationship as lovers, discussing plans. He was finding it was important to devote some part of every day to each of his lovely partners. It didn't matter if it was just five minutes spent cuddling on the sofa or two hours of soulful conversation as they strolled the park on the weekend. Every one of his beautiful ladies received his undivided attention and love at some point in the day. If for some reason they didn't, he would make it up to them. Their strange family was falling easily into the brood dynamic. There was an unofficial roster for his evenings, involving betting at least one of his broodmates. He still slept most weeknights nights with Annabelle so that undoubtedly led to a repeat performance once he returned to her bed. Then in the mornings, he would get up at the crack of dawn, shake the sleep from his mind, and track down either the witch or one of the two dragonesses to screw. They would fuck, filling as many magical vesicles as time and their tired bodies allowed before the rest of the day started at 7am. Perhaps the most unexpected factor of the equation was Imi. The rambunctious sprite was growing at a steady but alarming rate thanks to his enchantment. Already she was just over two and a half feet tall, more than doubling her size in two months. The unexpected part was how she'd managed to insert herself into his relationship with Annabelle. The sprite slept with them every night, and regularly joined in their lovemaking. It was becoming common for her to accompany Annabelle during the day too, adopting various disguises or simply staying close by in the ether. Emmy's growing size, unrealistic beauty, and playful submissiveness were a constant strain on his desire. Chris could not wait for the day that he sunk his throbbing cock into that little blue minx. Her still diminutive size didn't stop her participating as he and Annabelle made love though. Her small blue hands could tease, grope, pinch, slap, and fondle perfectly well. She had an unashamed obsession with his cum, guzzling it down in unbelievable quantities at every chance she got, including slurping it happily from Annabelle's depths. She was convinced it was fueling her growth and Chris had to agree with her. Annabelle's sapphic awakening had taken him by surprise though. He'd walked in on her lapping away at the sprite's tiny, delicious pussy one day. The two of them hadn't offered him any explanation. His dragon tendencies accepted that readily enough, especially when he'd mounted Annabelle and found her already glistening and ripe for sex. He should have expected it, really. Imi's girl cum, whilst delicious, was a potent aphrodisiac and euphoric, bordering narcotic. He knew from personal experience. Annabelle was exposed during that first encounter the three of them had shared on the couch months ago after Rayla had shot at him with a shade frost spell. He suspected the rest was inevitable after that seed had been planted. He knew Annabelle's feelings for him hadn't changed, she was growing some new ones for the sprite. Just as he was. He couldn't deny the erotic sight of them together. Kissing, play fighting, competing for his attention, it was all a well-rehearsed act to get an inevitable rise out of him. He did wonder if their relationship would change once Emmy was large enough to have sex with him. Though the thought of Emmy and Annabelle entwined in lust as he took turns pleasuring them was a haunting fantasy. Some nights he would wake abruptly, only to find Emmy's lied little body wrapped around his cock, searching for a midnight snack. He shook his head in capitulation, wrapping his arm around Susan and squeezing her against his side. He was a dragon, not a human. Sexual mores were hard to overcome, though. He still felt guilty or embarrassed sometimes if one of his ladies caught him fooling around with another brood member or ogling an attractive woman on the street. He wondered if that would ever change. They certainly teased him enough about it. This line of thought brought him back to the looming issue of Haley Syben. While his dragon instinct told him to bed the beautiful young heifer forthwith, he had to question his own sanity. He had five amorous ladies to contend with already. What the hell was he thinking? What was he going to do tonight when his broodmates would surely sense the tension between them? Mom, I don't know what to do about Haley he stated bluntly, as if that was all the information she was going to need to dissect his tangled feelings. Susan smiled, happy that he had come to her with this. From the way his body tensed as he spoke, she could tell he was worked up about it. ''Well, that depends, dear. I assume you like her, otherwise there wouldn't be an issue?'' She asked. ''Yeah,'' Chris admitted. ''I do, but but what?'' ''Geez, Mom, I don't know. It's like I feel guilty when I'm talking to her. Like I'm being unfaithful.'' Susan squeezed his hand reassuringly. ''That's very touching, Chris,'' I know it must be difficult for you to come to grips with your nature. You should do what feels right to your dragon. I'm not saying you should go around humping everything like an excited puppy, but it is natural for you to possess a, gosh I hesitate to say it. What, mom? A harem, dear. Susan sighed. Your brood is a harem. I can't tell you there's a cap on the number of women you should or shouldn't be involved with. I would appreciate it if you keep it to a dull roar though. I want to be able to spend at least some time with you. I'll always have time for you, Susan. He squeezed her tighter again as they rounded the final corner the hotel lobby coming into view half a block away. Thank you, honey. As far as I'm concerned, you can investigate bringing Haley in on our relationship if that's what you both want. What's important is that everyone is content with the dynamic, that feelings don't get hurt. Perhaps you should take it slowly with Haley, hang out with her or go on a date. You know, regular stuff. You also need to introduce her to the others and make sure they're okay. I know Annabelle and I have met her once or twice but Claire, Petra, and Inyanth haven't. Tonight will be a perfect opportunity to make a start. Thanks, mom. I guess that sort of helps. There's also the practical aspect to think about. If your current track record is anything to go by, you are going to have a lot of crawling, crying, drooling, puking, and pooping little miracles to look after. You're going to be a father, young man. It will change you, put a lot of demands on your time, energy, and sanity. Not to mention your wallet. I know we've barely talked about it outside of the bedroom, but I do want children with you someday, Chris, all of us do. You need to consider your responsibilities to us, your broommates, as well as your future children. It's a big deal and I suspect you won't fully understand it until you're holding your firstborn in your arms. Chris stopped walking, they were at the base of the steps leading up to the hotel. He turned to Susan and took her gently by the shoulders, trying to convey his feelings. I know it's a big deal, mom, and maybe you're right. It will be hard to understand until Claire gives birth but I'm committed 100%. Susan, when we have kids I will make sure they have the best start in life I possibly can. Working on this house of ours is only the beginning, I'm going to make the entire world a better place for them. Susan's vision was blurring with happy moisture when he finished. She reached up and flung her arms around his neck, holding tight. The strength of her reaction took both of them by surprise, but she recovered quickly and gave him a passionate kiss. It's a good thing we're in public or your pants would be coming straight off, mister. Her sultry tone and the heat of her kiss left no doubt she was being serious. I just know you're going to be a great father, Chris. I raised you after all. Okay, let's get going before I do something that will get us arrested. It gets me so damn hot when you talk about having a family. Michelle watched in amusement as Annabelle's soft leather boot tapped impatiently on the dark wooden floor. The little tassels of brown calfskin flapped just below her knee where the top of the cowgirl boots ended against her pale skin. Annabelle's outfit was supposed to match with Chris but if he didn't show up soon and get ready in record time, Michelle wondered if Annabelle had the nerve to leave without him. She had to admit, Annabelle did look very pretty. Any male in their right mind certainly wouldn't want to make her weight looking like this. Scantily clad only barely applied. Between the boots, a tiny pair of jean shorts, and a red and black checkered tie-off crop top, everything else was beautiful pale skin. The light-colored Stenson hat and huge silver hoops in her ears completed the look perfectly and Michelle wondered if the Annabelle of two months ago would have dared to pull off such an outfit. Michelle glanced around the room self-consciously. She was certainly the most conservatively dressed of the assembled ladies. She wasn't sure what you were supposed to wear to a bean club and had chosen a simple navy cocktail dress she used to wear to the various functions her professional life took her to. She didn't have much else. The sexiest part of her outfit was probably her gray stockings and matching pumps. Everyone else seemed to be going with the less is more philosophy. Lillian looked like a walking wet dream in a slinky red silk dress. It was a stretch to say it went down to mid-thigh and the succulent cleavage exposed on her chest was bound to cause men to drool, especially as it was obvious she wasn't wearing a bra. Her rich brown hair flowed luxuriously around her shoulders in beautiful waves, framing her refined features and suggestive makeup. Lillian was supposed to be on duty tonight but clearly, she planned on enjoying herself, too. The two dragonesses were over on the couch, engrossed in their tablets. Both wore matching charcoal grey crop tops but the material was very elastic, and long-sleeved, too. The overall effect was quite revealing as it clung to their curvy bodies and exposed most of their tummies. If you looked closely, you could just tell that the proud mothers were beginning to show by the tiny bulges low on their bellies. Below that, they both wore short skirts. Petra's was a lovely blue and green tartan, pleated all the way around. It looked great against her black stockings. Claire, however, was a little more daring than her mother and wore a form-fitting white number that looked like it was made from some sort of leather. It had several slits cut into the material for ease of movement, exposing even more flesh. Her toned legs were on full display. A lovely light tan graced her skin and offset her scarlet hair wonderfully. Chris was surely in for a treat tonight. Michelle looked up as Annabelle let out an exasperated grunt. I'm going to call him, she announced. Lillian cocked her head, listening with for a moment. Don't bother, they've just gotten off the elevator. About fucking time, Annabelle complained. The invitation said to be there by 7.30 for dinner, that's in 10 minutes. Surely you're heard of being fashionably late? Lillian poked. Annabelle only muttered something and glowered at the doorway, knowing by now that the vampire was just trying to get a rise out of her. The keycard reader bleeped happily and Chris was bustled inside with Susan bringing up the rear. The culpable looks on their faces told everyone in the room exactly why they were running late. I should have known. Annabelle shook her head in surrender. I'm sorry, dear. Susan patted the younger woman's shoulder affectionately. If it's any consolation, I'd brewed up a stronger batch of the pheromone cancellation potion. It might be useful tonight if you want to take him out on the dance floor. It's fine, Susan. Annabelle sighed before looking at Chris. You. Shower. Right now. Yes, ma'am. He came to attention and snapped out a crisp salute, making Michelle and Lillian chuckle. Annabelle started forwards with retribution in her eyes, so Chris quickly hurried away toward the bedroom. He wasn't expecting to receive a playful sweat to his rear end from his fiancée and let out a startled yelp when it connected, sparking another round of laughter. As he passed close to Michelle, he paused, looking her up and down. He'd never seen her put so much effort into her appearance before. The ever-practical NSA agent usually liked to blend in as much as possible. You look lovely, Michelle. I'm really glad you decided to come along tonight. It was true. Her navy blue dress looked fantastic on her athletic figure. Her short black hair was up in a bun with two decorative sticks holding it in place. Her makeup looked great, eyeshadow and mascara giving her a provocative, almost-come-hither look. Thanks, Chris. I thought this could also be an opportunity to celebrate you finally coming to work with me at the BIA. It's been two months in the making and I know you've been struggling through your training modules. All that effort is about to pay off. Sure, I'm sort of looking forward to it, actually. And not just because it means I won't be breaking my back at the warehouse five days a week. I'm excited to see what you have in store for me. Chris explained, glanced over his shoulder towards Annabelle. Anyway, I'm already skating on thin ice so I'd better go jump in the shower. He was waylaid again in the bedroom, finding his little sprite twirling on top of Annabelle's dresser, admiring her own reflection in the big mirror. She chirped excitedly when she noticed him, flapping over on her bat like blue wings to cling around his neck, her feet now dangling down just past his belly button. Oh, master! Do you like my new dress? Annabelle picked it up for me today and it's just perfect. She gazed up at him adoringly. You do look beautiful, Emmy. Does this mean you finally decided to start wearing clothes? Chris asked. The tiny black garment in question was a custom number that Annabelle had commissioned for this very occasion. She'd had it made in the style of the original slinky black silk dress Chris had bought for her and paid for in dragon gold. Mary was only too pleased to take on such a unique request, especially on behalf of the dragon. It was like designing a sexy doll's costume. I don't want to wear them unless I have to. Mistress says that I won't be able to get away with it much longer. She says I'm getting too big and too distracting. A cute frown crossed her brow. Well, I think she's probably right, little one. You don't see any full-sized women strutting around with assets like yours, do you? No. She meet. Hey, cheer up. We're going out tonight. He reached up to cup her juicy little bum, taking the weight off her arms. If her current form was anything to go by, Amy was going to have an ass to seriously rival Annabelle's. Her wings settled delicately as he held her up and gave her a quick kiss. There's gonna be food, new people to meet, drinks, and dancing. You'll love it. Besides, if you're well-behaved, I promise that when we get back, you can strip down to nothing again. You can even have your favorite. My favorite. She suddenly cheered up. Her innocent joy at the prospect did terribly arousing things to his dragon's brain. You promise? I promise, my dirty little piglet. Chris couldn't help smiling at the nasty thought. None for mistress? Emmy questioned accusingly. Well, last time you couldn't handle it all yourself, Emmy. Chris teased her. Annabelle was just trying to help out. She shares with you all the time. No. You promised. This time it's mine. I want to feel the whole lot shooting up inside me. I don't care if there's too much. I want it to look like I'm about to spawn. All. Mine. The greedy sprite demanded, her little talons starting to extend in anticipation and prick against his skin. Okay, okay. Chris chuckled at the wound up, pint-sized little succubi. The claws did tend to come out when his semen was involved. Time was on his side now. It was only a matter of months before he would have his way with the rambunctious, long-eared, little devil woman. If anything, he would have to be the one to show restraint. Amy was bound to insist they fuck before she had truly grown enough. I don't hear the shower. Annabelle shouted from the living room, startling Chris from his sexy debaucheries. I've been a little bit bad. She does hate being late. Chris explained as he deposited Immy back on the dresser and stripped hurriedly out of his clothes that he had the quickest shower in history, not even bothering to let the water warm up before he jumped in and began lathering up. It was especially good to clean his groin. Susan's fluids and his own still clung to his skin in a fragrant, sticky residue. It wouldn't be very polite to show up like that to a party where any number of beings would have enhanced senses of smell, especially Haley. His clothes were dutifully laid out on the bed a skin-hugging pair of black jeans, chestnut-brown boots with slightly pointed toes, and a cotton shirt of the lightest blue, almost white. He ran a hand through his still damp hair whilst looking in the mirror. He gave up on any attempt to coax the short, blonde mop into any sort of order after a few moments. It would just have to do. It turn out that he could have taken his time in the shower. Susan took a fair while longer to emerge from her bedroom than he did, clad in a sensuous, flowing teal dress that accentuated her figure wonderfully. The deep V of soft cleavage left uncovered by the garment had Chris reliving the frantic rut they'd shared just an hour ago all the ladies looked radiant. His eyes were spoiled for choice, though they tended to be drawn back to Lillian's Amazonian perfection again and again. It was a rare treat to see her dress to impress and in red Chris couldn't help drawing a comparison to a buxom cartoon character. She certainly had the figure and effortless sexuality down pat. It might take a little bit of liquid courage, but he was going to have to ask her to dance tonight. Chris glanced at his phone when they were all ready to go. Only twenty minutes late, that wasn't too bad. Annabelle at least had been mollified by a stint sitting in his lap, soft-kissed apologies, tender petting, and shoulder rubs went a long way. All right, let's go, he announced. They met in the space between the kitchen and living room on a big patch of open floor. In a maneuver practiced only once before, they joined hands in preparation for the teleport. Before we leave, I just want to say that you all look incredibly beautiful tonight. He was met with beaming smiles all around. Even me? Emmy squeaked from her perch on his shoulder. Hmm, maybe not all of you. He teased the sprite who dutifully fell into a pout. "Mean it?" she accused, her bottom lip looking about twice it's usually petite size. Of course you too, Imi. Chris reached up to pat her reassuringly. What I was trying to say is that I feel incredibly blessed to have found all of you, to be making a family with you. Petra broke the ring and strode forwards, wrapping herself around his solid frame with a heated growl and mashing her lips into his. Heedless of the jubilant sprite who cheered them on from his shoulder. We feel the same way, Chris, all of us. She purred when she finally released him. Chris took a glance around as everyone huddled in for a big hug. Only Lillian distanced herself, a thoughtful smile unconsciously betraying her to the dragon. Come on, Lillian. He beckoned her over lightheartedly we'll just go like this. The vampire met his eyes and took his hand in hers. Already, his energy was flowing out to envelope the group hug, giving him an intimate awareness of their presence. He held that feeling and extended the effect down his arm towards the beautiful vampire. Her eyes met his again, and her mouth flashed open in an unnecessary intake of breath at the sensation of his magic flowing over her skin, enveloping her. Then everything went gray. Chris took his bearings momentarily as they merged into the ether, noting yet again that the native flora was growing out of control. It was almost like a botanic garden inside the apartment now. His aura was providing ample energy for the plants, fungi, and even a mysterious coral-like polyp to grow in abundance. Susan looked up at the ceiling in wonder at the smorgasbord of rare and valuable ingredients wafting their leaves lazily in some light, unseen breeze. Oh, Chris, that's... She started. Yes, Mage Chris interrupted. I could really use a little to jack up the potency of my transmogrifying potions. Okay, Mom, I'll get some for you over the weekend. In fact, you can come back in here and hack away to your heart's content. It's getting a little overgrown. Okay. Everyone ready? A chorus of yes were murmured back at him. Most of them were looking around in interest at the lush grow of alien flora. It wasn't every day you got a free trip into the ether after all. Here we go then. Chris hooped, releasing his energy and feeling the ripple wave translate out around him, guided by the energy field he'd used to pull the ladies into the ether. There was a strange moment of incorporeal nothingness. Like his consciousness was put on hold and only the passage of time remained in his senses. Then they were standing in a darkened alleyway behind the cauldron. Try as he might. Chris' study of physics and chemistry had yet to explain much of anything about his other magical abilities, let alone As Lillian broke away to knock on the back door. He swayed slightly on his feet, the cost of the spell digging deep into his reserves. Are you okay? Annabelle asked, feeling his big body quiver against her. I'm fine. He smiled back. It's pretty hard going pulling so many of you along with me. Thankfully it wasn't a very big jump. Additional mass and complexity increases the energy cost of a jump exponentially. Emmy lectured from her pulpit. He has performed admirably to bring us all here without a single displacement. Displacement? Susan's voice rose an octave in alarm at the mere possibility of such a potentially deadly end to their travel. Relax, Mom, I wouldn't do it if I wasn't confident. Emmy has been helping me practice. Chris put his hand on the witch's shoulder, squeezing comfortingly dot a slot in the thick steel door into the alley slid open almost comically. Who is it? A deep, mumbling voice asked. Lillian. The well-dressed vampire replied simply. Pretty. Was the only reply? Well, thanks. She smiled waiting unfruitfully for the door to be opened. Aren't you going to let us in? Not supposed to. The slow voice answered. Last time I let a pretty lady and I got intrude, out of the way. Out of the way. Don't I pay you big oafs enough to listen to me? That's a special guest out there. Rufus Veldier's frustrated voice leaked out into the gloomy alley. There was a shuffling noise and a thud as something was knocked over. Then a deadbolt was pulled aside with a satisfying shake, and the excited club owner was suddenly in front of them. Ogres. He exclaimed by way of explanation, gesturing over his shoulder at the hulking bouncer lurking inside the doorway. While Chris might be a little taller, the huge being in his human form was like a walking tank, so bulky with muscle and fat that it ruined any chance that he would ever pass as normal. Hello, Rufus. Chris smiled, extending a hand for the vampire to shake. Chris, my boy. Come in, come in. Rufus and Chris shook hands firmly before he began beckoning everyone inside enthusiastically, speaking a few words to each as the passed inside. Hello, Annabelle. Susan, looking lovely as ever. Oh, you must be the wonderful emeanth. Ah, the Godran beauties. My bartenders can prepare a wonderful selection of non-alcoholic drinks if you like. Michelle, I've heard good things about your efforts with the revelation. Lillian. I don't want any of your usual gloominess this evening. It's a party, you're supposed to have fun. You do remember what fun is, don't you, my dear? Lillian gave her fellow vampire a beatific but obviously staged smile. Petra, Claire, and Michelle, who didn't know Rufus turned to watch how she would react. Well, of course I do, Rufus. Lillian's voice was saccharine. Why, I recall an evening just a few decades ago when I walked in on you and... No. No, no, no. He rushed forwards, looking like he was contemplating clamping his hand over her mouth. Good God, woman, these are decent people. How could you even think of mentioning that particular evening? Well, it was fun. Lillian smirked. Hmm, it was. An almost dreamy smile consumed him for a moment before snapped back to his senses. Enough of that, and I'd thank you to never mention it again in such esteemed company. Down the corridor, everyone. What happened? Imi's curiosity was piqued as they were guided around the silent ogre and down the hallway towards a black curtain, the notes of some sort of mellow electronic music becoming louder as they went. I'm afraid it doesn't bear repeating in civilized company, Your Grace. Rufus startled everyone with his formal address to the sprite. No one ever really acknowledged it, but she was technically a princess. Don't start with that silliness, vampire. I'll turn you into a sun-dried tomato if I hear one more ounce of palm from you. It's a party, remember? Imi threatened. As you wish. Rufus turned to smile up at the sprite before bowing deeply an elaborate hand motion pulling aside a black curtain to reveal a small room. I shall keep my pomp strictly to the nonverbal. Annabelle and Chris couldn't help but laugh as Immy's little fists clenched and her wings fluttered in indignation. Don't worry about Amy, Rufus. Annabelle teased. You're going to be a good girl, aren't you, Amy? Emmy's outrage drained, thinking about what was at stake for her good behavior. It was her absolute favorite. Yes, mistress. She peeped, her shoulders slumping in resignation. Funnier still to both Chris and Annabelle was Rufus' open-mouthed shock. Lillian tapped it close for him on the way past. Chin up, cousin. Who do you think's having more fun, Rufus? You. Or me? Once they emerged from the back of the coat room, Chris remembered Haley's instructions and headed around the bar towards the roped-off stairs. It was still early and there were mostly the regulars around, beings perched near the bar or in quiet booths. Their party drew interest as they passed but no one approached. Someone did point as they whispered to get their friend's attention. Are you sure the enchantments here will be able to disguise any? Annabelle wondered aloud. This bar is run by a vampire. It can handle it. Lillian assured. The stairway to the VIP area which had been rented for the party was unguarded this early in the night, so they climbed on up the richly carpeted steps. Chris' assumption to follow his nose toward the delicious scent of food turned out to be the right move. Chris. Haley rushed up to them, slowing as his brood followed through the doorway, fanning out around the dragon. It made quite a formidable sight to the hopeful young war bison, but she was met with smiles and even a genuine twinkle or two as she met their eyes in turn and introduced herself. Hi everyone, I'm Haley. Hopefully, Chris has at least mentioned me a little. Of course he has, Haley. Susan assured. I think you've met everyone before except Claire, Michelle, and Petra. Hi Haley, thank you for inviting us tonight. We haven't really gotten out all that much recently, this is really nice. Claire said. Yeah, thanks. Annabelle agreed. Sorry for being late, I hope we didn't cause any trouble. It's fine. Haley assured them, pointing across the room to the line of people waiting with plates in hand. The buffet only arrived a few minutes ago. Rufus organized with the restaurant next door to provide dinner, and it's supposed to be really good. It certainly smells delicious. Susan agreed. Why don't you introduce us to the birthday girl before Chris starts salivating too much? He hasn't had anything since lunch, and you know how your father works him. It's how you've been working him I'm worried about, Susan. Petra joked. Susan smiled wickedly and slapped playfully at the dragoness. Meanwhile, Haley led them over to a professionally set table where several people were seated. Chris couldn't help glancing down at her figure. The only part of the outfit she changed since this afternoon was the addition of an elegant pair of white, high-heeled strappy sandals. They did wonderful things to her petite frame. a very athletic-looking young woman sprung up from the table when she noticed who was approaching. Her jeans were painted on and her red crop top contrasted nicely with her medium-length straight black hair as she bounced excitedly next to Haley, waiting for an introduction. Oh my god. Haley, I was almost starting to think you were full of shit but it is him. She made no attempt at tact. Hi, happy birthday. You must be Lauren. Chris extended his hand politely. Thank you, Chris. I'm really happy you all made it. Lauren replied. When Haley mentioned that she'd been hanging out with you I thought it would be a wonderful way to introduce you to some of the younger beings here in Denver. There really aren't that many of us so we've got to stick together. Yeah, I've noticed that actually. So, if you don't mind me asking, what sort are you? Of course, I don't mind. I'm just a boring old werewolf. Lauren smiled. There's nothing boring about that. Chris enthused, he'd been looking for an opportunity to talk to another melded predator species about how their animal instincts influenced their thoughts and magic. Lauren beamed, finally starting to believe what Haley had been telling her all week, that he was just a regular guy. Even as he introduced her to his attractive brewmates, she didn't detect any smugness or superiority from the man who was clearly satisfying them all. Here, we made you a present. Chris continued. We weren't really sure what would be appropriate, so we went pretty generic. Sorry. Petra produced a neatly wrapped little box, about two inches by three from her purse and presented it to Lauren. It was hastily unwrapped to reveal a large, glittering quartz crystal, faint tendrils of purple energy wriggling inside. Lauren was speechless for several moments. While she'd never been very strong with magic as a werewolf, her senses allowed her to understand the depth of energy contained in the lattice network of the gemstone. It was certainly the largest magic vessel she'd been allowed to hold. Maybe her pack had some larger ones stored away in their private vault, but they would never be simply given to her as a gift. They were far too valuable. Guys, this is... Thank you. Lauren jumped forward and wrapped her arms around Chris, then proceeded to repeat the embrace with each of the surprised women. She held the gem close to her breast one last time before placing it reverently back in its box. You're welcome. I'm glad you like it. Chris wasn't sure what else to say. Of course I like it. This is so cool. I can't believe you're actually at my party. Lauren yipped excitedly and began pulling him forward, intent on introducing her new friends to everyone. The evening progressed and Chris was introduced to almost everyone. There were so many names, he was sure he couldn't remember even a quarter of them. A lot of Lauren's family and pack members were there. Their pack was small and relatively rare in that it was based in a hub city. Most were being packs chose to establish themselves further away from the influence of the territory leaders. It wasn't that they were necessarily doing anything nefarious, just that it was nice to stake out your own area and have it to yourself. There were also a few familiar faces he was beginning to recognize from the Denver Bean community, including Tosh and his daughter Hinata. The Japanese arachnid was the Maginette Territory admin and made a joke that he'd had to do extra work ever since Chris signed up for his device. His daughter seemed especially timid, standing stock still beside her father with downcast eyes while they chatted. The quiet woman was the epitome of Japanese beauty but didn't offer a single word or look his way despite the dragon's appreciative, if furtive glances. He couldn't help noticing her hips and bottoms seemed extremely large for a woman of otherwise slim build. It was obvious she was attempting to hide it with loose clothing, but the task was nigh impossible. His dragon instinct couldn't help admiring her childbearing potential. It seemed to Chris that Lauren must be quite popular to have so many people come to her birthday, all of whom seemed genuinely interested in being there. Dinner was spectacular. The restaurant that Rufus had organized the catering was specialized in pasta. Chris went back for seconds of everything. Rich bolognese sauce with pungent parmesan grated on top, finished with pine nuts. Creamy blue cheese sauce around spinach and feta ravioli. Pumpkin and garlic-flavored gnocchi. It all disappeared inside his bottomless stomach along with chunk after chunk of addictively good garlic bread. The ladies were more reserved in their appetites, but very appreciative. Annabelle was especially interested in the gnocchi, wonderful little pasta dumplings that seemed to melt perfectly into an explosion of flavors when bitten into. She was going to have to try making her own sometime. When Chris got up for his third huge helping, even Emmy started teasing him about being a glutton, which Chris thought was highly hypocritical. Nonetheless, Susan cautioned him not to get too carried away or he would be uncomfortably full when she took him dancing. Grudgingly, he deferred to her motherly judgment. After dinner, everyone milled around chatting and laughing. Haley pulled Chris, Annabelle, and Claire over to the bar and asked them what they wanted to drink. They were already familiar with Rufus' rather lax attitude towards the younger beings having a drink or two, so Chris had a beer while Haley and Annabelle each had a glass of white wine. Claire had trouble making up her mind but eventually ordered a non-alcoholic watermelon mojito mocktail. Then Haley led them over to the big glass window at the end of the room which looked out over the club below. Things were starting to heat up downstairs. Although they couldn't hear the music being played due to some rather magical sound dampening in the VIP area, the sea of bodies jostling and writhing on the dance floor made it clear that there was an enjoyable time to be had. That does look fun, doesn't it? Haley asked, looking hopefully towards Chris. Yes. He smiled back. We can go down there, can't we? Chris, are you asking me to dance? The young were bison teased. Ah, yes? His face started turning beet red and he shot a guilty look towards Annabelle. Like fish in a barrel. Claire giggled and took a sip of her drink. He's so easy to tease, it almost ruins the fun. Almost, but not quite. Annabelle agreed. Well, if you're going down there, I'm coming too. You simply can't be trusted alone with a young lady as gorgeous as Haley. She'd probably wind up mysteriously pregnant. Haley's shocked look quickly turned into a peal of laughter as a mortified Chris hung his head. She couldn't believe they were teasing him, so. I promise I'll be good. Please, can I dance with him, Annabelle? Haley entreated. Well, of course you can, Haley. Annabelle smiled. But you're going to have to learn to share if you want to join our little club. What? Chris spluttered. Really? Haley almost squealed before looking around to see if anyone else had noticed. Annabelle and Claire smiled, sharing a knowing look before turning back to the excited young War Bison. Yes, Annabelle said. On a probationary basis. Claire qualified. MmM, yes, subject to good behavior. Annabelle smirked, stroking a hand up Chris's shirt and across his broad chest. She looked right into Haley's eyes, establishing her authority as first. Or bad behavior as the case may be. Claire giggled. You guys are the best. I've already thought of so many ways I can help out. Yes. Haley jumped and threw herself around Chris, wrapping her legs around his waist and arms around his neck. She stole their first kiss from his gobsmacked lips as his big arms automatically wrapped around her, cradling her against him. Her warm, insistent kissing ignited a dangerous flame in his loins. Soon their tongues were doing a slippery tango as she began hunching her body into him in a rather lewd rhythm. After almost half a minute, they came up for air, chests heaving. Oh my fucking god, you smell amazing. Haley panted, loving the spicy masculine scent of the dragon up close. Yes, he certainly does, but Haley, we think it would be a good idea to take things a little more slowly than some of us have done in the past. Claire looked to Annabelle. Ha! Annabelle chuckled at the dragoness. That won't be hard. She'll be taking it slow if they wait another ten seconds before getting down and dirty on the floor. He's my mate. Claire said unapologetically. It's instinctual. I had waited so long to find him. I know, I'm only teasing and we have this wondrous little love bump to be thankful for because of it. Annabelle placed her hand reverently over Claire's lower belly, feeling the slight bulge of her swelling womb. I think going slow is a good idea too. Chris' mind finally caught up enough to offer up a coherent sentence, and he placed the reluctant Haley back on her feet, mindful of making a scene. Seriously, you guys, I was only just talking with Susan this afternoon about how I was a-conflicted about my feelings for Haley. How did you know I was thinking about her joining our brood? Well, you're always talking about her. Annabelle explained as Haley looked up at him reverently, blue eyes huge with admiration. You do? Haley asked happily. Yeah, and Lillian kept us in the loop on all your little tricks and seductions, young lady. Claire tried for sternness but couldn't keep her face straight. I'm surprised Chris here had the willpower not to pounce on you. Sorry, I did feel a little bit bad about that. Haley apologized. It was sort of thrilling though, like I was tempting him to stray. I know I'm signing up to share him though. Unbelievable. I know there's supposed to be magic involved with keeping a dragon's brood unified and loving but this is getting out of hand. Chris was yet again astounded that Annabelle and Claire seemed to be simply absorbing Haley into their little group. And you're complaining, why? Annabelle cocked an eyebrow. I'm not, it's— He sighed, unable to articulate his feelings. I've got this one, girls. Haley spoke up. Chris, it might seem strange by human standards, but there's nothing wrong with your relationship with your brood. It's natural for a dragon. I consider myself lucky to have an opportunity to join you, and I know a lot of other beings would, too. Haley's right. Claire said. We've talked about this, Chris. You might be blended with your dragon fully, but you still haven't accepted everything that comes with being a dragon. You need to stop fighting your instincts. All right, all right, I get it. He surrendered. Just go with the flow, huh? All right then, Haley, let's go downstairs and have that dance. One dance turned into several and Chris was soon intimately aware of the exact dimensions of Haley's petite frame as she gyrated in sync with the beat. He tried keeping up with her movements, and she didn't seem to mind his hopeless flailing. In the end, Chris wound up just holding her soft hips and run possessively their eyes staring lustily at each other as people writhed and boiled all around them. After a few more songs, Annabelle and Claire pulled them over to the downstairs bar for a breather. Rufus saw them and beckoned them over to his private booth, introducing them to another vampire called Claus, who seemed the quiet type. Chris was a little wary of the strange vampire at first but soon warmed up to the man as Rufus began regaling them with stories of how he and Claus had met across the trenches during the First World War. Other people from the party began trickling downstairs and soon the rest of the ladies joined them at Rufus' booth. Lauren and a few friends were in tow. The effervescent host ordered a round of champagne, toasting first the birthday girl and then the expecting dragonesses. Then it was Chris turn to be passed around for dances with Lauren and her friends, but not before Susan dosed them with a little of her pheromone cancellation potion on their exposed skin. There were a few mild protests that she was ruining the fun but it was generally taken well.by now, he had a mild buzz going on and was feeling pretty damn good. The warm happy feeling was distracting, his dragon restless and eager for action. So too was the thumping music and the press of bodies in the dim light. Especially Lauren's as she bobbed her ass backwards, bumping his crotch before pulling away, smirking over her shoulder. He wasn't aware his hold on his concealment was slipping until it was too late. He grasped at his chest, tipsily trying to battle his essence back down into the core of his tummy where it would be imprisoned. He'd gotten so good at it lately that he barely had to think about it. Now it was rebelling, rioting inside him whilst he was inebriated and unable to cork it back up. It was no use. His magic settled comfortably in his solar plexus, radiating through his body and outwards, saturating the air. He let out a huge sigh closing his eyes, his muscles relaxing into the glorious feeling of his full magical potential arcing between his cells. It felt so right. Why did he have to contain it all the time? Why couldn't he just be himself? Lillian's sudden presence broke his half-drunk reverie, and he opened his eyes. She wore an inquisitive, almost concerned look as she placed her hand on his forearm. Lauren had taken several steps back, looking almost reverent as his magic washed over her, inner wolf wagging her tail like a happy pup. What's wrong, Chris? Lillian had to come close leaning into his personal space to make herself heard over the music. Her scent hit him like a truck, affecting his inebriated dragon brain on an instinctual level that he found his arms slipping around her waist, pulling her close in that little red dress. A startled breath of warm air wafted across his skin from her open lips. Her huge breasts met his chest and yielded, pillowing against that expanse of solid dragon. Bolder still, he stepped forward between her legs, inserting a muscled thigh between her own. "'Nothing's wrong, Lillian. I just lost control of my concealment. I may be a little bit drunk.' His boyish smile disarmed her as he pressed his advantage, squeezing her voluptuous figure closer still. You're so beautiful. Dance with me, Lillian. Lillian quivered in suppressed arousal. Never had she been so tempted. Never had he been so bold. His powerful body, his delicious scent, his sweet blood, his youthful innocence, it all sang to her inner beast. It took every ounce of her self-control just to break even with her wicked desires. Her own defenses were left lacking as his big hands began roaming brazenly across her, separated only by thin red silk. All the while— His pulsing aura irradiated her magical senses, blocking out the world and leaving only him behind as they began swaying automatically with the music. His blue eyes hypnotizing. Were they not a perfect match? Her vampire whispered. Chris, she whispered, looking up into his handsome, guileless smile. We can't. I blood-packed. He probably didn't hear her over the music. She could see his lips coming a mile away. It was almost slow motion, but she was powerless against him. Her body betrayed her, not for the first time when it came to him. His face descended, eager for the caress of her plush lips, moistened automatically by her treacherous pink tongue. Her eyes fluttered closed and her back arched into him, accepting IT was only one little kiss. Her inner fiend crooned as their lips finally met. Her tongue ventured out first, eager to taste him and was quickly accepted into his mouth. Her hands finally came alive, one sliding up his back, the other inching dangerously down his torso. He was absolutely delicious, sending her fangs into a terrible aching as they tried to meld their bodies completely. A piteous little whimper escaped her as his leg pressed against her flooded womanhood. She could feel the denim of his jeans on her soft inner thighs. Her blood pact woke up with a vengeance as she blatantly broke the elf's orders. Chris couldn't believe he was finally kissing her and smiled into her full lips, breaking their kiss unintentionally. He found his roaming hands had done admirably while his brain was occupied by the beautiful vampire. One had a firm grip on the left cheek of her big silk-covered ass, greedily assessing her marvelous flesh. The other was in the beautifully scented russet hair at the base of her neck, holding her close. It was refreshing to be looking almost directly into her brown eyes. She was perfect. Chris, we shouldn't. Her hand came between them, pressing a little more insistently, even though their lips were still barely touching. Her blood pact was insistent against her insubordination now, tugging like an imaginary choke collar, cutting off her breath, searing at her skin. I want you, Lillian. You don't know what you want, you're too young. She couldn't hold his piercing gaze as she denied him, his look of hurt was too much. I could never leave if you changed your mind. Besides, I'm indebted to another. She resisted when he cupped her chin, but he wouldn't have any of it, exerting his considerable strength against her. She could have answered with her own and fought him easily enough, but it would be childish. He waited until their eyes had met for several moments before speaking again. I know exactly what I want. Everyone tells me to stop fighting my instincts, here I am. I would do anything for you, Lillian. You are a beautiful, caring person underneath your mask. I will buy your debt to Rayla, even offer myself instead if I must. I've missed you every day that you aren't with me this last month. I want you, Lillian, and I know we'll be perfect together. What was left of her jaded, human heart broke. All her promises to ensnare him, to taste his blood, to fuck him, to steal him away for her own and break her bond with Rayla came flooding forward. Her chance was now, offering himself without condition. But she was a wicked, evil creature. She was the spawn cast aside by the dark aggressors of that ancient war. Her inner beast snarled in rage as she exerted her will into a resolution against everything that she was. This pure creature of unimaginable magic and goodness would not be tainted and destroyed by her. He would certainly not be allowed to offer himself to Rayla in her place. That would be unacceptable for she knew the elf would take such a deal in a heartbeat, and the dragon would be lost to her forever. I can't, not yet. It sounded weak even to her. Their bodies still clung to each other desperately though she was starting to regain control over her base desires. Liar! He growled, hurt to have her reject him even after his admission. I can't. The steel was back in her voice and she used her strength to step away, breaking his grip on her buttocks. I'm sorry it's come to this. Lillian! No, please. Now he sounded weak and her already throbbing heart felt like someone had thrust a silver knife deep inside. His feelings were genuine, she knew this. He truly wanted her, vampire and all. It nearly broke her resolve to see him like this, so ruined she had to get away, was on the verge of flying back into his embrace. We can't be trusted with each other. It is the only way. I will demand a replacement from Rayla tomorrow morning. We can say goodbye, but after tonight you won't see me again. The very thought of never seeing her, never hearing her adorable Russian accent, never being close to her again sent anguish to sear his pounding heart. Tears formed in his eyes, blurring her. He blinked them away hurriedly, afraid she would use her magic to disappear altogether. He reached out but her telekinetic power stopped him in his tracks, used against him for the first time outside of training. Lillian! He almost choked, his throat was constricting painfully. Enough! She barked harshly. I will see you safely back to the hotel this evening and then you and I will be done. It is for your own good. Now get a grip on your concealment before someone shows up. She was gone, pushing past him and fading in his senses, invisible. I won't give up on you. He hoped desperately that she was still listening. Lauren led the heartbroken young dragon back to the others. Having witnessed the entire thing, from the panty-soaking first kiss to the spiraling abyss of rejection, she should be jumping with joy. The juicy gossip she could share would have her entertained for weeks but she just felt too bad for the sweet young man. Already, she knew she would be keeping this to herself. His beautiful entourage quickly surrounded the distraught dragon, extracting a stammered version of events even as he was still struggling with excessively moist eyes. Thankfully no one was tactless enough to suggest collecting the dragon's tears, though Susan would have had to admit to being a little tempted. Rufus was more than a little concerned for his cousin but ordered a round of shots, his finest tequila, and offered the use of his booth to them for the rest of the night. Hosting complete for the time being, he went off to have a word with his cousin. He wanted to hear her side of things. Surely giving the young dragon a role in the hay would be easier on everyone than this disaster. He knew Lillian wasn't averse to a casual fuck. If this somehow came back badly against vampires there would be hell to pay, the vampire council was very interested in this particular dragon. So was everyone else. Michelle offered everybody who wasn't part of their brood an apology for bringing the tone of the evening down, and asked that they be given a little space. Soon the curtain was drawn across the front of the booth, and what was going on could only be guessed at by curious onlookers. Inside, everyone took turns trying to console him, and he soon enough pulled his shit together externally. Internally was a different story altogether. His shit was all fucked up, a huge shit tornado plowing through his feelings. It felt like he was being torn apart from the inside. His dragon was keening sorrowfully. It was so tempting to just phase out of there and fly away. Petra and Claire would come, keeping pace with him as he fled from the wreckage of his unrequited love. A glance at the two dragonesses only made him feel worse, their support and concern practically radiated around them both. All of his brood shared his pain. Sending their feelings of love and comfort his way, even little Emmy, who hugged as much of him as she could get her arms around. Only Annabelle's face betrayed her anger, which he quickly worked out was directed at Lillian, not himself. That he was so lucky to have them. Flying away to escape would be so unfair. Perhaps the cowardly act could wait until tomorrow and simply be used to distract him and dull his hurt. That he wasn't sure what to do. Should he leave now and abandon Lauren's party? Should he wait until they were the last people in the joint so no one else would see him? Should he teleport them all to Antarctica and live out the rest of his days as an honorary Emperor Penguin? In the end he took a shot glass of the offensive smelling liquor from the tray in the middle of the booth and downed it dot he never did manage to get his concealment back up. The club was winding down when they did finally leave. Chris was starting to sober up which didn't help how he felt. The numbness of alcohol and comfort of holding his loved one's close had acted like a band-aid, which was now being pulled off rather slowly. They would be walking back to the hotel, obviously Chris was in no state to be attempting a teleport. Imi was already squeezed into a backpack Rufus had lent Annabelle. Safe from prying eyes for the journey home as they approached the main entrance of the club, He could sense Lillian, waiting for them in the shadows ever mindful of her duties. Chris wondered if Rayla would really remove her as his guardian. He almost hoped she wouldn't but that would be too cruel a fate for the vampire. Despite the animosity between the two powerful women, he feared that if it really came down to it, Rayla would have to give in or lose Lillian as an asset altogether. If only that stupid blood pact could be nullified maybe he and Lillian could. He had to stop. She had made her choice, he could respect that even if he didn't agree. Please come out, Lillian. I won't make a scene. I promise. He spoke softly to the patch of darkness he knew contained her. Her form appeared silently, and any tiny hope he'd had that she miraculously changed her mind was shattered forever. Her features were deadpan, showing no hint of emotion whatsoever. Thankfully, Annabelle managed to keep her anger bottled up tight, and the rest of his brood looked almost sympathetically at the vampire. She'd been a part of their family, a friend. It hurt to lose her. Let's go, was all Lillian said before turning and walking out the door onto the well-lit street, looking as devastating as ever in her skin-tight red dress. Chris sighed heavily and followed, mindful that a group of tipsy humans were waiting behind them to get out. Something tickled in the back of his mind as his foot came down on the sidewalk. He stopped. The hairs on the back of his neck stood on end and he looked up sharply. Lillian also had her hackles raised, watching tensely for anything amiss. His arm shot out backwards, warding off Annabelle as she came through the door. Something was wrong. His dragon knew it. Chris, what? Annabelle asked. Tires squealed slightly as a vehicle came to life and accelerated hard from down the street. He couldn't see it in the path of any street lights. Chris watched as Lillian turned her head towards the noise, he saw the intent, predatory focus on her face. The side of her head exploded. A dull thump whistle followed, sounding loud in his enhanced senses as his world closed in. It couldn't be real, her body losing its life, falling limply to the concrete. A deep, bone aching cold settled upon him. Lillian! Annabelle screamed, watching horrified as a mist of blood and gore began to settle on the sidewalk. Lillian, his friend, his teacher, his protector, his family. His brood. She was his brood, and she was dead. Anger warmed him dangerously, like the hot exhaust of a weed whacker in the middle of a summer drought. His chest burned hot with fury. Thankfully, the vampire's days of training began kicking in, he assessed. He had to do this quietly, no big scene. The club's enchantment should protect his actions at least a little bit. Strange, he sensed no magic other than that first tickle when they'd walked out into the street. Stay back, all of you. Annabelle, shield. Like we practiced. He rushed forward to crouch near the fallen vampire, heedless of his own safety. Oh fuck, oh fuck. Annabelle tried to concentrate on sending her thoughts to Bartholomew. It didn't help that she was still a little tipsy. And Lillian. Lillian was gone. She'd been so angry with her after what they'd shared. She'd thought it had been clear she would join them eventually. Screams echoed in the club as someone behind, curious at the commotion, caught a glimpse of the blood-splattered pavement. Annabelle hoped to God that the enchantments around the club would hold up to this level of pressure. What she was about to do could get them all in serious trouble. Lillian's body lay on its side, not even twitching. Chris could see the wound, blood and brain matter seeping into her hair. Flex of broken skull arrayed like a macabre jigsaw puzzle. No one would be putting this one back together. Michelle stuck her head out of the doorway for an instant, assessing the situation. Not a moment too soon she pulled it back inside and another muffled shot rang out, splintering the wood next to where her head had been. More screams rang out from inside. Michelle put two and two together. Chris. They're trying to snatch you. Come back here now. There was a reason the sniper wasn't shooting at him. A white transit van screeched to a halt in front of him. The door slid open and Chris was facing three gun barrels. Bartholomew, please. Annabelle whispered desperately. I need you. A warm breeze brushed her cheek. A confident, calming aura washed over her. Her back straightened automatically. Feel for him, mistress. Be clear in your intent, calm. You have done this before. I will lend my strength. Emmy's beating wings ruffled her hair as the sprite alighted on her shoulder. It gave Annabelle a huge boost to know her companion and teacher was there to support her. She felt the little tattoo, agitated, afraid, unsure what to do. She embraced him, feeling their very essence merge. Emmy was right, they had practiced this before. The rest came easily back to her, and she stepped out onto the street. Anyone watching would have thought she was insane. A tiny shimmer in the air around her was the only clue to her intention. Come with us peacefully and no one else dies, spoke one of the men behind a balaclava. Chris' eyes flashed pure hatred their way just as he felt Annabelle's shield pass over and envelope him. You killed Lillian, you're fucking dead. The coolness in his voice was not his own. He was all dragon. Our sniper has your girlfriend here in his sights, don't do anything stupid. The man reasoned, his voice uncompromising. Immy giggled, an entirely unsettling tremor of high-pitched mirth. Fuck this! Trank em and take the girl down! One of the others cried out as he got a look at Imi. We don't know what the fuck that thing is! Their leader quickly brought up a strange pistol, firing it with a thump. At the same time, another dull, silenced crack zipped down the street from the high-powered rifle dot a large dome of air shimmered purple on the sidewalk as the startled attackers watched their tranquilizer dart freeze in the air, barely five inches in front of its intended target. It fell to the ground. Over to Annabelle's right a heavy 7.62mm pill ricocheted into a nearby car with an angry snarl. Chris leered evilly back at them. Shit! The leader with the tranquilizer gun dropped it to the floor of the van and drew a pistol, fear beginning to cloud his judgment. The target vanished into thin air. His teammates fired out of instinct, their machine pistols belching out a hail of bullets towards the girl and the tiny blue woman. Thin propellant haze hung in the confined van as bullets skimmed, rebounded, and were even stopped dead in their tracks by the strobing purple dome. Jesus fuck my ears! The van's driver screamed as the guns clicked empty after barely two seconds of automatic fire. Bad boys. Emmy's high-pitched cackle was the stuff of nightmares. Were you trying to hurt little old me? Their shell casings could be heard rolling out of the van onto the street with a faint tinkling. Fuck it. Abort. Get us out of here. The leader roared, covering the girl and the small blue woman with his pistol as his teammates began reloading. I don't think so. Chris merged back into the norm almost instantaneously nowadays. From the passenger seat of the van, he slammed the heel of his palm against the driver's unsuspecting temple. As if that wasn't enough, the force of the blow propelled his head into the driver's window, shattering the safety glass into a thousand pieces. There wouldn't be any more sniper fire. Two hundred yards away, in a bedroom on the third floor of an old apartment building, a man lay hunched over his rifle. He was still, his neck cricked at an impossible angle. The leader brought his pistol to bear just in time to see his target in the front seat vanish again. His operation was going sideways at an astronomical rate. That tranquilizer would have put him down for the count for sure, it was some black market shit. If only they'd managed to hit him with it he dropped his pistol and dove out onto into the gutter. Behind him, a muffled shriek spelled the demise of another of his teammates. He rolled and came up crouched, drawing the carbon black combat knife from his thigh sheath. No one had seemed to notice him pick up the tranquilizer dart. The shield girl was backing away warily towards her beckoning friends. Leave him for Chris. Michelle urged Annabelle back into the relative safety of the doorway. Annabelle shrank her shield back with her and Michelle stepped forward to shelter her in case the knife wielder lunged forward. She needn't have bothered. Chris prowled out of the van like a vengeful jungle cat, his large, sinuous body radiating power. Behind them, Petra, Claire, Haley, and Susan were trying to calm the people inside the club and direct them towards the emergency exit into the alley. People were crying and screaming, worked into a frenzy by the roar of automatic gunfire. There were a few game souls who, in panic, attempted to flee out the main door into the middle of the firefight and had to be forced back. Make sure he stays alive. Michelle ordered Chris, halting his advance on the man, who stood boldly stalwart against the vengeful beast. The man in question wondered that such a creature could be contained in this masquerade of a young man. Having reconsidered his assault, the dragon attacked. He sprang forward, pressing the balaclava wearing knife wielder instantly into retreat. He pressed again, throwing a punch the man should see coming. Halfway into the blow, as the man was already reaching to slice his underarm with that wicked blade, he phased. A micro teleportation later in the bland looking ether, he merged back, wrapping one arm around the man's throat from behind, squeezing. His other hand applied inhuman strength to the man's knife wielding wrist, bones crunched. The weapon clattered uselessly into the gutter. The already weakening man's breath left him in a strangled cry of pain, but not before he jabbed his non-ruined arm against Chris's eye. Chris felt the prick of the needle in his thick quadricep but was unable to do anything about it for a few seconds as he struggled the last of the man's strength away. When the body went limp, Chris put him down rather unceremoniously and yanked the fluffy tailed dart out dot he stared at it, eyes blinking heavily. Shit! He slurred. I've... Lillian! His huge body lurched forwards, the dart dropping from his grip as he staggered the few steps to the vampire's corpse. He slumped to his knees. I'm S. Sorry, I'm sorry. He could barely speak, and his vision was starting to fade at the edges. Maybe it would be nice to drown this all out for a while. Someone rushed over to the unconscious man to check on him. Michelle. She yet lives, master. The sprite chirped in his ear, her cheerful timbre coming out of nowhere. He hadn't even noticed her land at his side. What? What? Chris' mind rallied against the seductive heaviness falling over him. Yes, though grievously wounded, her head has not been severed from her neck. The wound is not infected with silver. Lillian may recover if she drinks enough blood right away. Of course, your blood would be preferable. If anyone could heal her, it would be you. Time is of the essence. Her BRR, her brain. Chris mumbled sleepy disbelief. Emmy seemed far away, speaking through a badly connected phone. Your blood can save her. The sprite shouted up at him, almost petulantly. Stupid dragon. Chris looked down at the sprite, confused, comprehension only just starting to seep and doubt a siren could be heard approaching. He had to get her out of here, but he just couldn't. He was so tired. Go master, I will watch over the others. The sprite reached out her tiny finger and a zap of crackling energy arced out to the skin of his forearm Chris' head shot up like he'd been jabbed with a cattle prod. A temporary surge of the sprite's energy reanimating his sluggish nerves. He barely had the focus necessary to cradle Lillian in his arms, let alone teleport with her. Where would he go? She was covered in so much blood, she would drink his blood. Would it be messy? Focus. A bath? He gathered his energy and pulled her deathly body into the ether with him. A tiny pop heralded his merge back. He stumbled into the wall of the bathroom, mashing at the light switch with his shoulder. Thankfully, it came on with a yellow glow as he swayed over to the huge semi-triangular bathtub. He stepped inside as gracefully as possible, which wasn't saying much in his condition. Immy's little jolt was wearing off quickly. He made sure to cradle her head against his chest as he sat down, afraid her already scrambled brain would simply fall out of the gruesome wound. He tried to lay back and fell instead, the insidious relaxation creeping rapidly back through his senses. Blood. Remember blood. His teeth transformed admirably to their razor-sharp dragon form. He winced, biting into his wrist with a tearing motion. The thought made him feel queasy for a second before that feeling too was lost to the creeping darkness. He held the wounded wrist above her mouth, watching his rich light blood splatter down onto her bluing lips. He held the seeping cut to her mouth as he cradled her to his chest, his head lolling backwards onto the white plastic of the tub, narrowly missing a slightly protruding jet nozzle. Michelle sighed, wishing she wasn't still in her dress. All sorts of emergency response vehicle lights lit the street with a gaudy strobing. So, you're telling me he disarmed four armed dangerous men? This young man, Chris? The senior detective was understandably skeptical of the mildly intoxicated clubgoer with her fluffy bunny-eared headband. Well, I mean, like, I don't know him. But my friend Bethany pointed him out to me because he's super hot. But yeah, I caught a glimpse of him fighting this terrorist guy in a balaclava and totally putting him in this awesome sleeper hold. And where is he now? Asked the suited cop. Like, how am I supposed to know? Well, what did he do after incapacitating the assailant? I don't know. It was crazy in there. A haunted look came over the young woman's face and the detective sighed, dismissing her back to her waiting friends and saying that she would be contacted later. Michelle had heard enough. She needed to step in now and guide the investigation along a suitable path. They knew too much to be left completely in the dark. This was far from ideal but it could be used if they played it right. She had to do something. Detective Sergeant. She stepped around the side of the ambulance she'd been sheltering behind, causing the man to turn sharply. I believe I can answer some of your questions. It's not polite to eavesdrop, Miss. Michelle Hammond. She supplied. The detective thought Michelle cut an attractive figure with olive-toned skin and short black hair, her figure wrapped up in a modest navy cocktail dress. She had that air about her, though. He could almost smell them coming after 25 years with the Denver PD. She was a suit. Tony Field, now let me guess. FBI? Michelle only smiled, presenting her NSA ID for inspection. She wondered how her title of Special Presidential Advisor would go down. NSA, huh? Don't see you guys around here often. He snapped a picture of her ID with his cell phone and handed it back to her. Actually, I'm a witness, Sergeant. Michelle said. Do you know this Chris character who keeps popping up? There aren't any goddamn security cameras on this entire street, so I don't even know what he looks like. Well, yes. Chris Barrist, he's an asset of ours. I'm here helping with some of his training, among other things. Don't suppose you're going to elaborate on that. The detective shook his head in disgust. Don't suppose I will. Michelle beamed cheekily back. There was just something about being higher on the chain of information that Michelle couldn't help enjoying. Cheer up, Tony. You've got one heck of a story to break to all those reporters over there. They're going to gobble you right up. Whatever, so you've got some hot-shot kid in your stable who knows how to handle himself. What about the gunman? What can you tell me? Actually, this one came out of the blue on us. I'm pretty sure it was targeted at our asset, but I'd appreciate it if you kept that to yourself. I'd owe you one. Chalk it up to another act of random, senseless violence. Michelle spun her magic, asking them for a favor always seemed to work. Most people have difficulty saying no. So, this is not a terrorist attack? Tony needed to be crystal clear about this part. The safety of his hometown was paramount to the desires of some cute NSA spook. It was all very well to keep the media's noses out of things, but he had to be sure this wasn't the start of something bigger. No, we don't believe so at this time. Michelle said. We don't believe so at this time. Tony parroted. Nice. I might use that. And your asset, Christopher, where is he now? There are also a few accounts of a woman lying shot on the sidewalk. I'm sure forensics is about to have a ball cataloging all the blood on the sidewalk. Ah, yes. There was a woman shot. Christopher took her to get treatment before you arrived. Her name? Tony followed up. I'm afraid I'm not at liberty to discuss that. Michelle hoped her smile would smooth out this last big wrinkle. Jesus. Tony stewed. You've got to be kidding me. You know I can't just throw the whole goddamn thing out the window when you bag your eyelashes at me. We've got almost 80 shell casings in that van and bullet holes all over a downtown building. That doesn't just magically disappear when you snap your fingers. People want answers. What a fucking headache. I can help. Michelle pulled her card from her wallet and passed it to the disgruntled detective. I'll have someone call your station tomorrow morning and everything will be fine. We'll take the two surviving gunmen off your hands too. If the FBI gives you any stick, send them my way. In the meantime, I need you to get ahead of the story. Can you do that for me, please, Tony? What do you want me to say? He sighed, accepting her details. Why don't you paint a nice little picture of our hero fighting off a deranged, mindless, and hateful attack before rushing a wounded woman to hospital, possibly injured himself? Can I use his name? Tony was tapping away in his phone madly. Sure, but leave out any mention of my agency. Perhaps the girl you were talking to earlier could be approached by the media for her comment. Of course. The detective's sarcasm was palpable. What if something comes up? Don't worry, Tony. I'll be keeping an eye on things. What? You gonna work your spook magic? Tony chuckled gruffly. Suits, they were so full of it. Something like that. She smiled, if only the poor detective knew the half of it. But for God's sake, don't mention anything about the sniper when you find him. Sniper? The detective spluttered, looking cautiously up at the surrounding buildings. This was the first he was hearing about a sniper. Michelle was already turning to walk away and simply pointed down the street at an old apartment building. I can't believe it, Dad, why would anyone want to hurt Chris? He's so nice. Haley murmured, hugging Stephen close when he finally made it into the little conference room the dragon's brood had been escorted to. Everyone looked up as Rayla burst into the room, obviously seething, followed closely by Michelle and her head of security, Timothy Garrel. Annabelle shot up out of her seat and looked like she was about to demand something but was smart enough to catch Michelle's pleading look and frantic gesture to cut it out. Well, this is just what I need. The beautiful drow glowered around the room, performing her duties in a silken robe once again because the dragon's troubles had her up in the middle of the night. A shooting in the middle of my district. Humans crawling everywhere. It will be a wonder if they don't discover the tunnels and connections leading to the compound. They won't. Tim assured. The concealments are holding and we're quietly bringing in people who can help if they start to falter. Rufus says the enchantments at the cauldron are fine even though there are police swarming all over it. They haven't even noticed our CCTV system. I've taken care of the police and media. Michelle added. Come tomorrow I will use my authority to take over the investigation. It will be a good first case for the team I've been putting together. Yes. The elf purred dangerously as she paced back and forth in the confined space, everyone trying to give her room. I'd like to know how this one slipped past our net. I'll admit you all did a satisfactory job of defending yourselves and containing the situation. Your enchantment is becoming quite formidable, Annabelle. Annabelle couldn't help a little smile as Rayla gave her a nod of approval. emmy has been helping me. She explained proudly. Rayla's skull returned at the mention of the sprite who'd gone back to observe the happenings at the club after they'd all made it to the safety of the compound. Something tells me this was a human operation. Michelle speculated. But why would humans want to kidnap Chris? Could it be Roddick again? Susan asked. Michelle and Tim shared a concerned look and Rayla paused her pacing at the mention of the name. I don't think so. Tim said. After the fact, the attack seems woefully inadequate to capture Chris. They didn't stand a chance. I also don't think it was any of the other troublesome characters we tried to keep an eye on. There were no beings on the scene. It was just a couple of humans. They were well-trained, though. Michelle thought aloud. It was a classic overwhelm and capture operation. It might even have worked if Annabelle hadn't stepped in. We wouldn't have let our mate be taken. Petra said coolly. Yes, but having pictures of two full-grown dragons rampaging around downtown on the morning news wouldn't have helped the situation at all. Rayla met the dragon-esque head-on. Never mind, I'll find out more tomorrow when we take the two survivors into custody. Michelle eased the growing tension. Is Lillian going to be okay? Steven finally asked. He'd known the vampire for several years now and just knew that things wouldn't be the same around Denver without her. She was like a buffer between Rayla and the real world. Treacherous bitch. Rayla hissed, her anger boiling over yet again, the malice in the words triggered several gasps around the room. Her connection to me broke almost half an hour ago. I hope your young dragon knows what he's doing. It was just as wonderful as his scent had always promised. So strong, so rich. Her body tingled as the parasite animating her once-living cells writhed in ecstasy, feasting on his powerful life essence. It was first in her mind as she began regaining consciousness, dominating her senses. It trickled over her wriggling tongue, a symphony of exquisite flavor and promised strength. His magic had already spread throughout her body, forcing quivers and shakes as her muscles fired involuntarily, reconnecting to nerve pathways as the terrible damage to her head was repaired. Something was rising inside her. It grew slowly but before long her whole awareness was filled with the strangest feeling. Like her spirit was being pulled in two directions at once. Her body began shivering uncontrollably. Rayla's blood packed burned hot against the skin of her neck. The dragon's blood answered the challenge, racing through her veins to destroy the elves. She tried to cry out, pain blossoming behind her eyelids. Her muscles locked in spasm, unable to even move as a battle raged inside her damaged body. It seemed to carry on interminably, but it was probably only a few minutes until she felt the tide turn. he was winning. The elf's craftful magic was no match for his raw power, not when his potent blood was seeping into her every cell. She felt his essence moving inside her, bonding burning out all trace of the drow's influence. When it finally ended, tears of blood were seeping from behind her eyelids. They were half from the pain and half from happiness, for she knew she was free from Rayla forever. When she finally calmed enough to enjoy his blood again, she wondered how it had come to this. She could remember turning, seeing the longing and sadness in his handsome face then. Her vampiric awareness could sense that half her brain was knitting and growing itself back together. She studied herself with that most basic of senses, watching the incredible regenerative power of the dark beast lurking inside her. Thankfully, it was consumed with repairing her, and she didn't have to fight for dominance. As more and more of her consciousness returned, she slowly grew aware of her surroundings. His warmth beneath her, the rhythm of his steady breathing. Was he asleep? She still couldn't really move. His flavor was superlative. She knew now what the young vampire, Amanda, must go through on a daily basis after tasting him. She had been right to warn Lillian. There was no way she could willingly return to human blood after tasting his rich, incredibly satisfying flavor. It was so heavy with life essence. She never imagined such a thing possible. He was so much better than her wildest fantasy. There was something lurking there in his taste. She couldn't describe it. Her sensitive tongue could sense his human and dragon heritage, but there was something else blended into the background. It was completely novel. This was surprising given her half-millennia of life as a vampire, yet her parasite was deeply satisfied and yearned to feast on it forever. Her womanhood came alive as more of his blood was absorbed. Such a delicious banquet had her doing quickly, her sex giving an involuntary shudder of anticipation. She thought back to the argument. He had wanted to bet her, to truly have her as part of his brood he felt for her. In truth, she felt something for him too. There was chemistry there, and they had been dancing around each other for months now. Her reasons for resisting him were now moot. Already she knew that with his blood passing her lips, he had absolute influence over her. There was no trace of resentment. He had saved her. If she had his blood, she would grow powerful. Her inner beast was excited by the thought. To have such a rich source of sustenance at her beck and call could eventually make her a ruler amongst her kind. It was a deeply arousing fantasy for the twisted and power-hungry creature his blood had set free.it would not be without challenges. Firstly, she must jealously guard him from others of her species, from anyone. He would be hers alone, it was the only way. Greedy, she could not tolerate sharing him. He would have to be lured away from his little flock of leg spreaders. How? With her body of course. The beginnings of her wide smile twitched the corners of her mouth. It wouldn't be long now, her body was warming, becoming more responsive again. The poor boy wasn't going to know what hit him, he was dealing with a professional. A warm, pattering sensation intruded into his sleepy, dreamless mind. It felt so far away, so detached, yet still warm and pleasurable. The sensation rose up his body, accompanied by some sort of caress. He smiled stupidly, his mind foggy.it was water, he decided as the sensation splashed warm across his face, into his hair. A hand followed behind, massaging his scalp and making him groan in satisfaction. He felt his cock twitch, eager for the same treatment. A faint feminine coo reached his ears and a warm weight settled on top of him, squirming sensuously against his bare skin. Lips on his shoulder. Kisses. A hand ghosting teasingly down his abdomen, towards his swelling cock. A sharp nick of pain where her mouth touched him, raising his consciousness. A love bite? The woman sucked against his skin, sort of like the time Annabelle gave him a mark on his neck. He could feel her body quiver against him, a muffled cry rising in her throat. His mind fought the effects of the tranquilizer, his body filtering the drug from his system as fast as he could. Her lips were against his ear, licking, nipping. Wake up, little dragon. I need your full attention. His eyes fluttered. He knew that voice that adorable accent. M.M.H.H., yes, that's it. Typical that your cock wakes up first. His body thrummed with warm arousal, a tortured groan of desire rising in response to her words, her touch. She leaned back and the warm water trailed back down across his chest and tummy, across his diamond-hard erection. Her hand took a firm grip below his aching crown, squeezing almost torturously. Another cupped his testicles ever so gently and still the water splashed down. Lillian! It came out as a hoarse moan. Yes, my sweet, sweet dragon. Finally, he managed to will his eyes open squinting against the light and misting water. Lillian! I'm right here, Chris. The vampire leaned forward, kissing his chin playfully. She was a vision above him, seen through bleary eyes. A wet, voluptuous goddess in red, her dress clinging indecently to her lush figure, absolutely soaked through. He blinked rapidly, hoping that it wasn't just his mind playing tricks on him. He thought it must be, the detachable showerhead was floating in midair next to her, spraying down over them both. What, you're okay? He frowned, trying to raise himself in the tub but finding his body unresponsive. Whatever had been in that dart really packed a punch. All he could do was raise his head a little, finally getting a decent look at her. I'm fine. Thanks to your blood I've made a remarkable recovery. She still held his member captive, stroking slowly up and down like it was the most natural thing in the world. Lillian! Your eyes! Chris frowned. Her usually hazel eyes were completely black. No pupil, no iris, no scara, just a soulless black orb. His heart started to race. He barely managed to lift his head, looking down across their bodies. His clothes were shredded her hands wrapped so lovingly around his manhood, were tipped with wicked black talons. Lillian? She smiled down predatorily, her pearly fangs coming to rest on her bottom lip. Her hands didn't release his throbbing cock as she leaned in, sniffing him, brushing her lips above his now thundering heart. Just like a little scared little rabbit. She crooned. Lillian! He'd never seen her like this before. Lillian, I can't move. The tranquilizer? What tranquilizer? She purred. I've got you right where I want you. She sunk her fangs into his pectoral muscle without warning and there was absolutely nothing he could do. His arms lay uselessly at his sides. He groaned in pain as she slurped and licked greedily at the crimson fluid welling up in the two puncture wounds. A warmth spread out from the wound, his cock twitched harder when it should have been wilting in terror, a trickle of slimy precome leaking from the tip. Shit, it wasn't the tranquilizer at all. It was her vampire's feeding toxin. She had paralyzed him, and now she was going to fucking eat him alive. Lillian, please! It hurts. He croaked. She giggled, a sound he was sure he'd never heard from her before. The vampire abandoned her meal to rise above him once again. His own blood stained her lips, running down her chin and onto her pale neck. Her dead eyes gave nothing away. No sympathy, no remorse, no emotion whatsoever. What's wrong, Chris? Suddenly he could feel her sinister claws against the tender skin of his ball sack, a threat any male would instantly understand. One little peek at the real me and the big bad dragon is a whimpering little kitten? You'd better get used to this, young one. I resisted tasting you for months, tortured myself with your scent. You have done this yourself. You chose to feed me your blood. You broke my blood pact I will not go back after tasting you. Now you have to live with the consequences. I saved you, Lillian, he pleaded, fear and her venom draining him of power and reason. Maybe you shouldn't have. Her talons eased on his sensitive flesh and he let out involuntary whimper of relief. She looked down at his impressive cock before smiling wickedly back up at his handsome yet fear-stricken face. Like this, it was so easy to picture him as just an innocent young man she'd snared for quick, savage feeding. It excited her immensely. You're stuck with me, young one. But it's not all bad news. I'm going to put this big cock of yours to good use in a minute. Then we're going to disappear on a little trip for a while. You're going to forget all about your nice fiancé, your slutty stepmom, and your two dragonesses. Just you and me for a few centuries, Chris. What do you say? No. His answer was instant and firm, his thoughts sharpening rapidly at the notion of being taken away from Annabelle. He would never abandon her, let alone Petra and Claire, pregnant with his children. He would die fighting to stay with them, protect them, Susan and Amy too. Lillian smirked, releasing his cock and balls from her hands. She concentrated for a moment turning off the shower head with her telekinesis and guiding it back to its holder. No longer did she need the elf's packed for this incredible ability, she had a dragon now. Already she sensed his power flowing through her veins, soon her might would be unchallenged amongst her kind. Shower shut off, she manipulated the effect of her ability down onto his towering erection, slipping it over his throbbing crown in imitation of her own mouth. She dubbed this one the air blowjob and the astonished look on his face was priceless. Are you sure about that, Chris? She asked coyly, flicking her wet brown hair and collecting it to drape across her bulging chest. Are you sure you don't want a little time alone with me? You could have me any way you wanted. She could see him trying to resist the sensation of her telekinesis, feel his powerful body trying to squirm underneath her. All he managed was a little shudder of pleasure. Oh, fuck. He whispered in disbelief. He could swear a plump pair of lips were working the sensitive ridge of his cockhead but there was nothing there. Then she added a tongue to the equation and it was all he could do to stop himself exploding. Something in her venom was forcing him toward blissful release. Lillian started running her freed hands up and down her flanks, brushing against the sides of her big breasts. Putting on a show. The damp red silk of her dress did absolutely nothing to hide her figure, or the erotic sight of her jiggling assets as she took up a sensuous writhing in his lap. You know, Chris, back when I was a human, I had an interesting profession. In my line of work, there was one immortal rule. She toyed with the little strap holding the gown on her pale shoulder. Nipples strained against the soft, clingy fabric. He'd never imagined such voluptuous perfection. He groaned at the erotic torture his cock was enduring, unable to move a muscle below the neck as she swayed above him with practiced grace. She was so goddamn hot. But so terrifying, he was powerless, and all the while she teased his manhood mercilessly with her unnatural ability. It doesn't quite survive the translation from old Russian, but rule was basically no free samples. You see, Chris, I was once a whore. Her hands cupped the underside of her proud breasts as if weighing them. Lillian, shh. It's true. I was very, very expensive, but a whore nonetheless, a courtesan. Her grin widened, almost too big. Black eyes fixed on his cock. I'm going to fuck you like you've never imagined, Chris. You can have me however you like, whenever, wherever, but you'll be paying in blood. Your sweet, warm, delicious blood. Her fingers brushed upwards, finally hooking black talons under the little spaghetti straps of her dress, teasing them over her pale shoulders. The fabric caught on the wet swell of her breasts, holding itself up. Chris was mesmerized as she smirked down at him, tugging lower. Slowly, her magnificent tits were revealed, and the red silk slumped around her hips. His cock spat a little precum in appreciation. They were huge, perfect teardrops, big nipples upturned, calling to his tongue. Jesus, they swelled wider than her torso. Gravity had them sagging only a little, weighed down by so much exquisite flesh. Despite the danger of the situation, he couldn't help but be incredibly excited. He'd been lusting after these since day one, so pale, perfect, and mottled almost blue with hints of veins. Her areolas were pebbled in obvious arousal, each a light brown, inch-wide, glistening magnet for his hungry lips. Then she leaned forward and put her hands on his chest, squeezing her breasts together between her arms in an extravagant display of endowment. His cock slid along her soft tummy as she lowered herself, grazing the bottom swell of her tits. The corner of her mouth twitched in amusement, and her pink tongue shot out to swipe at the traces of blood on her chin, tracing her fangs whilst looking right into his soul. Give it to me, dragon. She purred, doubling down on the strength of her magical cock-sucking, extending the sensation torturously down his throbbing shaft. His cock swelled fatter, harder. An exquisite tightness grew in his root as his balls tensed in anticipation. He exploded. There was little he could do, her telekinetic caresses, her venom, the dark expanse of cleavage, the danger. He cried out, his eyes squeezed shut in pleasure as thick spumes of sticky cum shot out firing again and again with great spasms of his abdomen. He couldn't move at all, helplessly spraying his seed up onto the voluptuous vampire's epic boobs and soft tummy. Lillian squealed in delight, the deluge of semen showing no signs of letting up. Each great spurt was as copious as the last, turning her into a glistening, frosted mess. That's it! Oh, let it out! She hissed even as his seed continued to splatter hot on her already wet skin. The thick white ropes merged like the tributaries of some great river to flood the deep valley of her cleavage and drip back down onto him. She never let up on her telekinesis now enveloping the entirety of his mighty spear, coaxing everything he had. I want to enjoy this cock properly so we'd better let all the tension out of these precious balls. Just think, the power to save a species but I'll be keeping it for myself. So wicked. Lillian, fuck. He groaned in protest as the last of his prodigious load finally spurted weakly from his tip. His cock head was almost a livid purple, throbbing, and incredibly sensitive between them, trapped in her unyielding caress. My god, look at it all. Lillian was honestly astounded at the volume of pearly baby batter covering her tits and both of their tummies. She'd never seen anything like it. She laughed, playing her fingers across her snowy breasts, making his seed run down and off the tip of her nipple. When she was sure he was watching, her finger rose to her plump lips. Her body stiffened as her tongue got its first taste of his spicy essence, rich with magic. The greedy digit quickly made a return trip, then another. It is true. Lillian whispered huskily, her pussy thrumming in anticipation, a high-performance engine revving on the start line. Lillian, let me up, please. Oh no you don't. Her hands came to rest on his muscled chest, and she hunched her hips into him. He could feel her sharp black claws threatening to pierce him. We're barely getting started. I can't wait to feel you fetching off inside me, Chris. Jesus, it's a good thing vampires are sterile. He had no response, still recovering from his orgasm. Her cum-splattered boobs wobbled above his face as she began pulling the hem of her little red dress up over her wide hips. Lillian was an incredibly voluptuous woman. Tall, with a very pronounced hourglass figure. Seeing her thick, soft upper thighs come into view had his breath hitching in his throat. Her skin was so pale and perfect he could now see the hints of the veins all over her thighs and torso. He wondered if it was his own blood circulating inside her now. Those black orbs gazed down at him, impossible to read as she teased him with her body, rocking back and forth against the base of his dick but keeping her womanhood from his view. She released her mind grip and took his cock in hand, jerking his thick length slowly. She held him up against her tummy, rubbing him on the soft, cumflex silk. This is one big dick, Chris! She murmured appreciatively, feeling him twitch in her grip. I absolutely love a large one but this is, well, it could be a little too much of a good thing. And you're still hard, what a stud. Are you going to make me squeal, Chris? Are you going to fuck me like you're paying for it? Let me up and you'll find out. Defiance rose up in him to answer her challenge. Hmm, nice try, young one, but I'll be the one doing the fucking today. I think I'll wear you out a little more before I let you have at me. Besides, I need a chance to get used to this monster. Lillian rose up off her knees, getting her feet underneath her in preparation to mount his stallion-like cock. Chris could only watch, catching glimpses of her inflamed womanhood as she jostled around above him, boobs jiggling this way and that, his sticky cum still clinging gallantly. Finally, she hiked her dress up and out of the way, holding him upright. Jesus, no panties this whole time, she was completely hairless, her juicy lips squishing out between her squatting thighs. He could see her glistening, leaking a clear, slippery fluid. She held herself suspended, slapping the angry red head of his cock against her leaking petals. He could feel her heat and moisture as he helplessly watched her big, frilly, pink clam getting ready to devour him whole. If anyone was going to manage it without a magical aid, it was going to be this deadly Amazon goddess. When he was nice and slick with her nectar, she slotted him in low on her weeping slit. A hiss left her lips as she pushed down. Her labia strained against the intrusion of his fat head but welcomed him inside with a wet little squelch, sinking down on a few inches of thick cock. Ah! Da-da-da! She shrieked as her pussy fluttered in joy. He was so damn big, stretching her, filling her right up, forcing her open. Just how she liked it, Chris had to grit his teeth. She was so slick and hot that his cock was sliding deeper and deeper as her weight pushed down. Her thick thighs were shaking as her vagina strained to welcome him in, over half of his huge erection finding a warm, gooey home inside her. Her black claws pricked his skin, drawing little droplets of blood to the surface as she threw her head back and screamed in wordless ecstasy. The pain mixed with the pleasure of her clutching pussy, confusing his brain between the two intense sensations. So deep, so fucking deep. She chanted as she rocked down on the last few inches of dragon cock. No one's ever. Fuck. A firm bump in her core made her stiffen in pleasure, fighting against the rising climax in her tense body. She couldn't believe he just bumped her cervix. That was insane. Oh fuck, Lillian, the whole thing. Chris groaned, looking down his body to see her labia stretched thin, struggling around his girthy root. They stared at each other reverently, vampire and dragon, their hot genitals the perfect match. Neither moved for a long moment, just enjoying the sensation. Then she practically threw herself down on him, demanding his lips in their first passionate kiss. Chris kissed her right back, thrusting his tongue into her mouth smelling her faint scent of honey as wet ringlets of hair fell around his face. He could feel her slick boobs pressed firmly into his chest, pancaking as she tried to eat his face. Their tongues fought for dominance. It was no surprise that he lost against her experience. She harried him back inside his own mouth, and promptly claimed victory by pricking his bottom lip with her razor-sharp fangs. Lillian, that fucking hurts. He tried to move his head away. She giggled, uncaring, and held him still in her deathly strong grip. The vampire captured his bottom lip between her own and began sucking gently, forcing blood to well up out of the little pricks. Any further protest died instantly as her lower body began gyrating, her pussy squeezing him rhythmically along his entire length. He'd never felt anything quite like it, his whole cock encased in velvet soft pleasure, being milked with the sort of strength he'd come to expect from her on the training mats that he was going to come. There was no way around it. Even as she sucked his blood and held him paralyzed in her thrall, he could feel an unstoppable orgasm rising inside him. His cock was thickening, his tummy tense. He was being ridden into oblivion by a half-millennium-old vampire courtesan. How was any nineteen-year-old supposed to deal with that? She was barely even thrusting, only coming about an inch off of him as she writhed her hips about in a tight circle. It was like she was trying to tie a knot in his cock. Relax, young one, let me have it. She released his beleaguered lip to croon directly into his ear, her fingers stroking lovingly through his wet hair. She nibbled his lobe teasingly as she worked his cock over, breathing heavily in exertion. I'm close too, you feel so good. It was true, his cock was rubbing absolutely every surface in her experienced cunt. Pleasure was rising rapidly as she squeezed down with her internal muscles in a practiced rhythm. He was so goddamn big. Her cervix was taking a pounding from his fat, apple-like head. Mashing the two spongy tissues against each other was a sensation she was growing to appreciate very much. She pushed down hard, forcing them both to distend. A quiver of unadulterated pleasure raced up her spine, arching her back, mashing her chest further into his. She wasn't supposed to be losing control like this. But he just felt too good, stirring her insides into a flurry dot he gave an involuntary shudder. Was she as close to losing control as he was? His cock twitched, swelling. She was breathing hard into his ear, kissing, holding him close. He was only seconds away, she circled her hips faster. She was right, he'd never been fucked like this before. Yes. Oh fuck! He cried out, his release upon him. The bloodthirsty demonette mounting him only hummed happily in response. His orgasm crested, seed rushing up the length of his shaft. Her writhing pussy didn't stop as the first great salvo of batter shot point blank into her cervix. He could tell she was enjoying the sensation by the way she began screaming into his ear in fluent Russian. He relaxed into the wonderful sensation of seeding her, releasing great shuddering pulses deep inside her furnace hot cunt. She came apart above him, forced into her own climax by the magic in his semen. A smug, happy grin grew on his face. She might have him trapped, outclass him when it came to sexual skill but she still couldn't handle his pleasure-inducing spunk. Lillian couldn't believe what was happening in the depths of her gushing nethers. His seed felt like it was scalding her, spurting forth again and again from his thick weapon. She felt every magic-rich throb as her pink insides cried out their joy to the rest of her body. His seed set every cell alight with bliss. She only barely had the fortitude to keep rotating her hips as a monster of an orgasm reared up and devoured her from the inside. In the throes of ecstasy, a silly thought crossed her addled mind. Which was better, his seed or his blood? Good thing she didn't have to choose, she had both. Their combined fluids, with nowhere to go, sluiced around their snug coupling. They oozed over his thighs and balls, down into the tub below as his last few shots finally splattered against the gates of her womb. Her heaving body shuddered to a halt, gulping down great gasps of breath. Goddamn, I fuck like a goddess! She chuckled into his beleaguered bottom lip as she kissed him. She leaned back a little to look in his conflicted, deep blue eyes, her fingers releasing the tufts of blonde hair she'd held in a death grip through her climax. Her lips descended onto his again, tenderly this time, thanking him. He had resurrected her, given his precious blood to save her. Even now, as she tried to dominate and subjugate him for her own, he gave his wonderful magic so generously. It was too much. She hadn't felt this satisfied in, well probably since she'd been turned vampire, all those centuries ago. Her inner beast purred contentedly curling up around the ball of magic in her core. The black in her eyes swirled, morphing back to their normal, beautiful hazel. She shivered, claws retracting as he tamed her with a heavy dose of post bliss. Oh, young one, that was simply marvelous, she whispered, laying her head to rest on his shoulder. So, it's not just my blood you're after then? He asked cockily. Mmh. Yes, I want your precious seed, too. It was better than I'd even dreamed, Chris. There was no trace of guile in her voice. It was a potent blend, his blood and his seed. Her vampiric parasite was going to be busy for hours digesting his rich A as she hugged him close, murmuring and cooing happy little nothings against his neck. Chris felt the magic of her venom waning. He lay there in the tatters of his nice clothes, biding his time. The water she'd washed him with was cooling but her skin was warm against his, his cum gluing them together. Her slushy, cream-filled pussy twitched hungrily around his sensitive cock every now and then, her body shuddering in little aftershocks. His sticky cum was reluctantly leaking from her, lathering their hot, moist coupling. He had to agree with her that it probably was a good thing vampires were sterile with the amount she'd managed to coax out of him. Regardless, he hadn't had a chance to bite her with his itch yet. It would be some poetic fucking justice when he did though. Despite his initial fear of her startling behavior, dead eyes, and paralyzing bites, he couldn't deny the surge of satisfaction he felt after having her. This was what he'd wanted, wasn't it? Yes. It was just a bit of a shock to wake up paralyzed. That was steadily changing as the seconds ticked by. If she didn't bite him again in the next few minutes, he was confident he could regain control of the situation. The way she was cuddling into him he wouldn't be surprised if she settled down for a little nap. He couldn't help rejoicing inside, relieved that she was alive and kicking after such a grievous wound. Her vampiric side was obviously quite a possessive beast, but it seemed she could be satisfied into recession. He was sure that once she was back in control of herself, Lillian would be more reasonable about joining his brood rather than whatever kidnapping scheme she'd hatched while he was out cold. If she wasn't? After how she just used him, he could think of several choice punishments to inflict on her. Perhaps punishment wasn't the right word. His finger twitched, nerves testing their connections to muscles. Not long now. He smiled and sniffed her hair, appreciating her honeyed scent unabashedly for the first time. His cock was still hard as a brick inside her. He sighed. Of course her venom held him at an almost painful state of readiness. Magic, reliable in its absurdity. He gave it an experimental flex, making her lush body jump slightly. She grunted cutely into his neck, trying to burrow further into him. What a strange transformation, from hissing beast to mewling, affectionate lover. It didn't matter, she was about to get it. Her admission of being a prostitute when she was a human still shocked him. He didn't doubt it for a second after the ride she'd just given him. She never really talked about her past. He couldn't comprehend living for half a century like she had. All those memories, how did she keep track of it? She must think him a child. He supposed he still was, compared to her. His powerful thigh muscles bunched in momentary spasm, his nerve connections resetting. He was going to fucking pound her. She jacked his cock up on whatever was in her venom, he was going to give it right back. He wanted to hear her scream in pleasure. Beg him for more, beg him to stop, he didn't care. He wanted her to be sore and tender in the morning, walking around gingerly so everyone would know that he'd ruined her. She'd said he could have her however he wanted. He was going to put it to the test. His cock throbbed angrily in anticipation, worked up by his little fantasies. Now or never. He stealthily reached for the feeling of the ether, stealing himself for his pounce. He knew exactly how fast she could be. Surprise was going to be key. He took a slow, deep breath, gently tensing each of his major muscle groups to see if they responded. He smiled wickedly. Turning to plant a little kiss against the damp skin of her temple, Lillian felt his lips, such a tender gesture. In all her fantasies she never really considered getting all lovey-dovey with him, but it would be so easy. Then, without warning, her world turned upside down. She yelped in shock, clinging around his neck as they fell into nothing, twisting. A momentary gray glimpse of ether light was her only clue what he was doing. She was too startled from her dozy sex haze to resist as he merged back, standing next to the tub with her impaled on his huge cock. A bestial snarl met her as she looked up at him. Purple rippled across his skin. Taloned fingers quickly captured great fistfuls of her ass, holding her suspended on him none too gently. The dragon. Her heart pounded in both fright and exhilaration. She tried to reach inside and bring her own nature forward again in reply. The stupid creature was still gnawing at the magic he'd deposited in her core, barely even raising its head to her call for help. Then she was distracted as she felt his cock shape inside her, lengthening ever so slightly, his glands thickening and becoming more pointed, ready to pierce her. Oh God! Chris' legs had almost given way as he merged back into the norm but triggering his transformation seemed to help cleanse the last of her paralytic from his system. Power welled up from deep inside as he and his dragon embraced into their magnificent hybrid form. She looked so startled, it was almost cute but he wasn't fooled. He knew exactly what lurked inside her Now he took a lunging step forward with his considerable strength, then another, tackling her into the bathroom wall. A dull thump resounded as the drywall caved in around her ass and lower back, little crumbs of the brittle white material falling onto the tiled floor. The air in her lungs evacuated in a hoarse moan, leaving her winded. The dragon's cock smashed painfully into her already tender cervix, his momentum coming to an abrupt halt, her body taking the brunt. he didn't give her any time to recover, crowding her lush frame into the ruined wall, crushing her tits against his chest. Thank fuck he hadn't hit a stud. Pinned and breathless, Lillian only gave paltry resistance as he released his grip on her big rump and hooked her legs over his bulging arms. He spread her wide, elbows under her knees, as she gulped down air like a beach goldfish. Chris, wait! Was all the objection she managed. He shouldn't have been able to move at all for hours yet, she'd pumped that much of her paralytic venom into his bloodstream while he was out. His piece to resistance came in the form of his great purple wings reaching forward around his body. The strong ridge of muscle and bone at the leading edge of the great leathery membranes quickly hooked under her widespread knees and tracked upwards on the wall. Fuck! No, you're too big! She screeched breathlessly in protest, beginning to thrash about in distress as he used both sets of limbs to raise her legs until they couldn't go any further. Her knees were up by her ears, and her ass had come off the wall when he finally let up. It felt like she was doing the splits and being folded in half at the same time, her huge breasts the filling of a vampire sandwich. Her thighs trembled, and her snug channel tightened down on his rampant direction as he tested her flexibility to the limit. She bared her fangs in challenge at his rough treatment. Her arms, still wrapped around his neck, tightened with unholy strength, reeling him back into reach. If she could just bite him, he reared his hips back, his monolithic cock pulling against her clinging insides roughly. She cried wordlessly in a mixture of pleasure and pain. It felt like he was going to turn her inside out. If her pussy could have sulked, she would have. Her grip on his neck slackened in surrender. For all she'd ridden his cock with abandon, she wasn't quite ready to be fucked by it, and he knew it. The threat was clear. Behave, or things would get rougher. When the ridge of his throbbing glands had just popped out of her hot sheath, he had the nerve to tease her, rocking back and forth barely an inch or more. He was fucking her with just his fat cockhead. Her inflamed labia were hard-pressed to handle such treatment. Spread wide by his prodigious girth, they were pulled outwards and pushed inside her repeatedly with his shallow strokes. It was torture, but the way her throbbing clitoris was being bumped had merits of its own not to mention how the sensitive tissues on the roof of her vagina were being meticulously stimulated by his pronounced coronal ridge. She whimpered, mounting pleasure draining her will to struggle. Her body squirmed weakly, pinned between his massive hybrid form and the wall. Distracted by the first stirrings of a climax, she was lulled into the rhythm of his shallow thrusts. His teasing was starting to feel really good. Without warning he plunged all the way back inside her, butting the end of her passage as his heavy balls thudded into her springy buttocks. A great dam of pleasure burst in her ravaged core, flooding her entire being. Her body began convulsing and finally, she did squeal. For the right man, she squealed like the slutty little sow she knew she was. This was the right man and her body was letting him know all about it. Chris felt something hot splatter against his balls and thighs, even dripping down onto his feet. He chuckled against the side of her flabbergasted, flushed face, kissing her rosy cheek. He'd never had a woman squirt on him before. Maybe she just lost control of her bladder in the moment, but he didn't care. He was occupied enjoying the frantic fluttering of her molten pussy. Jesus, she had some strong muscles in there. You cocky little fucking stud! She cried, her brown eyes wide with shock and pleasure. Fuck me, Chris. Right now! Fuck me as hard as you goddamn can! He growled at her challenge and pushed his clawed wingtips through the wall, locking them in place. He didn't care about the damage, the wall was fucked anyway, he wanted his hands free. As her legs were already spread as high and wide as possible, his wings pressing up against the back of her knees was all he needed to hold her. Suspended and trapped out he reared his hand back and delivered a punishing spank to her wide rump. What are you? How? Oh fuck! She moaned as she realized her predicament. Short of using her incredible strength in a pitch to struggle free, he had her pinned, their previous positions reversed. With his rigid cock bringing her off so masterfully, she wasn't sure if she even wanted to break free. I'm doing the fucking now, vampire. He hissed dangerously between his sharp teeth. And I'll decide exactly when, how, and where I fuck you. That was the deal, wasn't it? If you want my blood? She squirmed haughtily, full to the brim of dragon cock, considering her options. The beginnings of a snarl curled the corner of her plump lips. She didn't like her own words being used against her dot he slapped her other buttock for good measure, and squeezed the juicy flesh, hard. Yes. She croaked as her ass smarted painfully. Her pussy creamed and a great shudder ran through her body. His rough treatment was like dropping napalm bombs on an already burning forest. Complete overkill. Fine, yes, that was the deal. Good. He dodged his head forward and stole a peck against her lips. I'm going to fuck you slow, Lillian. What happens after that will depend on your good behavior. Shut up and do it. Her body shivered at the thought. Where was this coming from? How could the kid push her button so well, whack? She whimpered as he struck her again. She gushed a little of her clear fluid as her womanhood spasmed in approval that he withdrew from her clutching depths slowly and pushed back and all the way to his root. I am going to fuck you like I'm paying for it, Lillian. I'm going to get my money's worth. I bet you were worth every cent anyone ever paid for you. He thrust slow but hard, watching her incredible breasts quake, grinding his crown against her cervix each time. I was. I'll be worth every drop of blood you feed me, too. I'm going to be your personal whore, Chris. His cock was doing terribly wonderful things to her. He smiled at her promise, and placed a hand on her soft tummy. Contorted as she was, her belly had several little rolls of fatty padding which he found incredibly endearing. He pushed her firmly back towards the wall. Space opened between their bodies. This put even more strain on her quivering thighs. She shut her eyes and bumped her head back into the wall, hissing as she tried to accept his punishment. Breathing through it. He didn't even allow her that, reaching up to grab a fistful of her dark, sweaty hair close to the roots. His grip was used to direct her gaze down at their coupling. Look at us, Lillian. Watch me fuck you. He whispered darkly into her ear even as he tightened his hold, tugging wonderfully at her roots across most of her scalp. She loved it when a man knew how to treat her hair properly, and wasn't afraid to do so. It was hard. Her tits rose and fell with each of his slow, powerful thrusts. Between her cleavage, she caught glimpses of his immense penis sluicing in and out of her. He was glistening with clear juices and white flecks of the cum he'd already pumped her full of. Her pink labia were struggling valiantly, and he looked fucking absurd when he pulled most of the way out. He held their heads together. Kissing below her ear and scenting her sweaty skin, Chris was incensed by the view. Her voluptuous thighs, wide hips, and relatively slim waist screamed at the dragon that she was perfect breeding stock. That wasn't even mentioning the most spectacular pair of breasts in existence. She was absolutely built for it, a perfect, full-bodied goddess. He wanted to watch her tummy swell with his growing child. You're so fucking beautiful, Lillian. He murmured reverently, watching his cock pistoning into her clinging furnace. He was really beginning to puff now, using his dragon strength to make her big body hitch up the wall with each mighty thrust. Next cycle, he paused at full depth, mashing their slick pubic bones together with a tight circle of his hips. FFF. Fucking fuck. She cried as he resumed his measured rutting.it was all too much. His hot breath, the sensation of their bodies pressed together, her welling emotions, his rich blood, her quivering womanhood, his perfect cock. A quiet little orgasm rocked her to the core. It was incredibly gentle physically, but sent her emotions thrashing about like the ocean under a tropical cyclone. I hope you made your choice to save me wisely. Her choked whisper brought him up short her happy little clam sucking and pulling at his big pecker. Her sudden change of tone had him concerned. Perhaps it was all just a ploy to regain dominance in their little sexual feud, but he cared for her too much to risk being callous. What's wrong, Lillian? Of course I did. Don't you remember what I said when we were dancing? I want you, Lillian. He released his grip on her hair and tucked it tenderly behind her ear to look into her beautiful eyes. There was red fluid brimming at the corners. Oh God, you're so young, Chris. You're binding me with every climax, but how can this ever work? He snorted, then chuckled. Watching confusion and a little indignation play across her beautifully sex flushed features. That's easy, Lillian. We both have feelings for each other. Those are genuine, at least on my part. He teased. We're going to keep having nasty, debaucherous sex and my magic is going to take care of the rest. If we trust each other and talk through our issues, we'll still be going strong a couple thousand years from now. Promise me. She glared, feeling incredibly vulnerable. I'll fucking hunt you down if you leave me. I promise. But Lillian, we need trust and honesty. I'm never going to leave my brood but I would love you to join us. The pause grew long as she considered. Their tingling sexes were eager for the resumption of glorious friction. Yes. She finally nodded acceptance, her bearing slumping. It's going to be a bit of a strange transition, but I want to, Chris. I just get so possessive sometimes. Your blood does some serious shit to my vampire. Good. He kissed her nose affectionately. I'll keep you plump and happy, you'll never go hungry. They stared at each other for a moment before kissing tenderly. She squirmed a little, still spread eagled on his rampant cock, her arms entwined around his neck. It was several minutes before they came up for air and their kissing wasn't nearly as tender. She shoved his head down into the vast expanse of her perfect tits, guiding him to her large nipples with tugs on his ears and coos of delight when he laved and nibbled her tender buds. Her skin was still covered with traces of his drying seed but he couldn't care less that he brought his hands into play, hefting and kneading reverently. Her pale, vein-latticed boobs looked so sinfully perfect spilling out of his big, purple hands. He soon learned that she liked it a lot when he traced his talons delicately over her flesh or burrowed his face under her big jugs and sucked at the soft skin there. With his cock skewering her to the wall they explored exactly how sensitive her magnificent breasts could become. It wasn't long before she couldn't take it anymore. Let me down, Chris, I need to make love to you. Her soft tone whispered of untold delights. Not a fucking chance. He rumbled into the soft skin of her neck, easing his cock tenderly in and out of her. You've been so well-behaved, but I know what you really want, Lillian. Is that so? She cocked an eyebrow at him. You've got a lot to learn, young one. He surged forward, his thrust suddenly kicked up into twelfth gear. Her eyes bugged out and she let out an inhuman shriek as he began jackhammering her into the wall. Her vagina fluttered in protest for the short span of five thrusts from his giant dragon cock before seizing like an overheated engine. Her lush frame shook violently as her shriek died into a gurgling hiss of pleasure. Clear fluid splattered and dripped over his balls and thighs again, leaking from her overstuffed cunt to splash the wall within an obscene wet streak point ten minutes later, as his cock still slammed into her with all the might his powerful body could muster, she had to admit he'd been right. He knew exactly what she needed. Even though she told him she could handle absolutely everything he could give her, he'd had to be coaxed and reassured that he wasn't going to hurt her. He'd finally ramped up to the pelvis-shattering strokes he was currently giving her, bringing her off twice already in the process. She'd screamed his praises for the whole city to hear each time, raking her claws across his tough, tiny scales. In retaliation, he'd roughly mauled every feminine curve her lush body had to offer. It only drove her to loftier heights of pleasure. The boy dragon could fuck like a god, it was perfect. Her vampire had finally awoken when he really began throwing down the righteous dicking. He'd offered her his shoulder, and she dined on his delectable blood once again, that had triggered her latest climax. There was no way she was going to paralyze him in the midst of such glorious, sweaty fucking so she simply enjoyed the loving ruin of her body, sex, and mind. They were both huffing and puffing now. Their inflamed sexes squelched lewdly, their bodies clapping together, and the unmistakable rhythm of sex. It was incredible to be so full yet fucked so powerfully. Lillian would never admit it but she hoped he would come soon. Full of blood, drowned in pleasure, she felt like she could curl up on top of him and sleep for weeks after they were done. Chris was close, it was such a turn-on to have her incredible body at his mercy, submitting to his youthful whims and ministrations. He couldn't believe how she took all he had and only cried out for more. After his final transformation in gross spurt, he resigned himself to forever holding back in the bedroom. Not with Lillian. His cock was throbbing, spitting runny pre to mix with her copious juices and leak down over them. She was hot and tight, and oh so wet. His dick was in heaven, shuttling back and forth inside her, covered in a slick froth of their fluids. His feet were getting slippery on the tiled floor they made such a mess, he was losing the precious traction he needed for his long dick thrusts into her salacious, clinging cunt dot he wanted to be on top of her dot he paused mid-stroke in her greasy sheath, panting for breath. Sweat was pouring off him, his muscles quivering as they tried to recover from the grueling performance he demanded of them. No! Don't stop now, Chris, no more teasing. I need you. Her finger traced lovingly through his sweat-damp purple hair, her building pleasure put on pause. She clenched down with her tired pussy, milking his beautiful cock, desperate to receive his seed once again. I'm going to slip over in your puddle if I don't move, Lillian. Jesus, you're the messier than Susan. Such a piglet. He kissed across the flawless, rosy skin of her clavicle, trailing up towards her ear. His tongue tasted her skin, sampling her scent and salty sweat. It's a defense mechanism, you bastard. She sassed breathlessly. You're tearing me up with that thing, Chris. My poor cunt is just trying to keep everything nice and moist for you. Bullshit, you love every second. He nipped her earlobe cheekily. You know I do, young one. She smiled indulgently. Now, for the love of God, shut up and get back to work. This pussy isn't going to fuck itself. Yes, madam. He smirked. Hold on. He supported her weight by cupping the gloriously glowing cheeks of her full-bodied rump and pulled his wings gingerly from under her knees. Both winced as muscles relaxed for the first time over half an hour. He lowered them towards the floor, never withdrawing from her warmth. She gasped as he laid her down on the cold tiles but he silenced her protest with a passionate kiss, their tongues careful in the dangerous environment of their sharp mouths. Lillian wrapped her legs up around his waist, spurring him back into action with little giddy-up kicks to his butt. She stroked down his spine with gentle fingers, exploring the larger scales there and sending delightful shivers up his neck. Hurry up, Chris. The beautiful brunette complained, breaking their kiss. All right, cowgirl. He hilted himself back inside her tailor-made passage with a lecherous grin. A tingle of magic stirred at the base of his cock as he began fucking her again. Oh. I love that cock. You're making this old horse so happy. You're my whore, Lillian. It came out as a possessive growl. He thrust again, his cock wrapped up tight in her hot, oily tissues. Um. Yes. Da. Da. Your hor, your hor, your hor. She chanted as his hips worked back into a quick rhythm. That he began plunging inside her, hunching his entire body into her plush femininity, making her curvy figure jiggle enticingly. His hips were powering into her upturned thighs with loud slaps. His cock filled her completely, heavy testes bouncing on her ass with every thrust. At the crest of each stroke, he made a tiny grind of his hips, stirring her juicy inside. His fat cock had kissed perfectly against her cervix each and every time. He had to close his eyes and grit his teeth against the mounting sensation of energy gathering in his groin and lower abdomen. This was going to be a huge one, and his dragon knew just where to put it. It was just a shame she couldn't bear his child. I told you not to hold back, Chris. Use me. Fuck me like you wish you could fuck Annabelle. Oh, shit. Fuck, I'm going to come again. His abdomen began to tense violently as his dragon pulled more and more magic from their deep reserve. He could barely hold it in as his cock swelled and hardened in final blissful anticipation. That pre-orgasmic ecstasy welled up strong in the base of his cock. He was having trouble maintaining his thrust that felt so good. It didn't matter now though, his climax was unstoppable. Yes. bois moi you're getting bigger. You know where I want a dragon. She cried out beneath him, his swelling cock bringing her closer and closer to her own orgasm. Fuck. Yes. His fangs tingled, bitter fluid dripping in his mouth. Instinct told him to bite her with his itch, seal their bond and plant his seed in her fertile womb. Only she wasn't fertile. Fuck it, what harm could it do? He hunched forward one last time as a great shudder rocked his body. His big, hard working testy shuddered, drawing upward as his whole groin trembled in blissful release. Thick, potent dragon cum raced up his huge shaft as he sunk his fangs into her flushed, perfect skin. He growled in absolute satisfaction as he fulfilled his biological imperative. Ayy. She squealed for the third time that night. His magic infused seed erupted against her cervix even as his fangs pierced the soft flesh just above her tit. She was dimly aware of the hot, alien sensation of his itch racing towards her womb, but it was hard to concentrate as his spunk continued to hose violently against her pink, tender insides. Even as she fell into the throes of an incredible climax, her body flushed hotter as his powerful venom took hold in her womb and tried to work its magic. Her cunt was attempting to eject his great spitting spear it was squeezing so hard. There was so much magic, so much sticky cum. She thought his previous offering had been excessive, this was downright insane. He was going to overload her. Fuck. Stop. Stop. Pull out you're going to. Ah. His hips plunged a last little bit forward, his pointed tip finding her cervical opening with unnerving accuracy and barging in. She shrieked, thrashing wildly as his sticky semen began flooding up into her defunct uterus. It felt boiling hot inside her, almost scalding. Then it finally mixed with the magic of his itch, and her consciousness shattered. She wasn't fully aware of what was going on after that first salvo of his thick cream blasted directly into her womb. Her mind drifted gently in a sea of placid bliss. It was surreal. She observed their mating bodies as if from on high. Her inner beast was demure and quiet, almost reverent as the dragon tried his very best to spark the miracle of life inside her barren abdomen. For the first time, Lillian felt sadness that she couldn't bear children. He was trying so hard. She would love to do that for him. Chris teetered on the brink of delirium too. His cock squirted pulse after pulse of potent come up into her womb. He fought to keep her prized open with his spitting glands as she squealed incoherently and bucked beneath him. Her body wasn't accustomed to being loaded up with energy like this but he would soon change that. He hadn't really meant to push into her cervix. It was sort of just a natural reaction these days. Fuck it felt good though, his seed and magic draining through his throbbing cock in huge gratifying geysers his whole body shuddering in sympathy. He hadn't come like this since that first time with Petra several months ago. He must have put close to a leader in her by now, it was insane. There was just something incredible about trying his hardest to impregnate his partner. But she couldn't. Jesus, was it going to be like this intense with Lillian every time? He smiled stupidly against her skin, he almost hoped it would be that he released his bite almost sheepishly to look up at her sweaty face. Her head was lolling from side to side, her vagina still milking him. He could feel her legs trembling around his hips and grinned, she was just fine. His climax was finally winding down a few last ropes of sperm-laden jism pulsing up his tingling, oversensitive cock. It didn't find anywhere to go, her womb was already swollen beyond capacity, inundated with billions of his determined little swimmers and enough magic to destroy a small town. His unneeded cum seeped out around their coupling. Thick and white, it dribbled over her puckered anus to slop onto the tiles in great globs. Complete satisfaction, he sighed in blissful, post-cotal relief. Lillian was alive. She was his and they just had incredible sex thought he was wiped out. That was a lot of energy even for him. He just wanted to curl up on a soft bed with her and cuddle his way into a deep sleep. Reluctantly, he gently began pulling his cock from her inflamed pussy. He was finally beginning to soften. No, please. She murmured, eyes fluttering open. Hi. He smiled, pausing with half his length still inside her. Welcome back. Don't be a shit. Was her tired response. Roll us over, please, Chris. Good lord, now I know what Susan is always complaining about. Okay, hold on. Chris was halfway through executing said postcode roll when she cried out in wordless alarm. Lillian, what's wrong? He gripped her tighter, something stirred inside her. Her hazel eyes bulged huge, pupils dilated, unbelieving. The cry had died in her throat, leaving her mouth open in silent astonishment. Her fangs looked sort of cute like that. He decided something writhed, something heaved. the air left her lungs in a deep grunt. It felt like something punched her in the gut. There was a battle raging in her. Oh God, he couldn't. Her eyes darted, searched his worried countenance, desperate for something, anything, any sign that he knew what he'd done to her something pulsed warm delicate and very much alive deep inside her his indomitable magic sank into one of her ancient dead ova the parasitic vampire germ inside was helpless to resist magic infused the large cell enriching and swelling it with a flood of life energy even as the strongest of his frantic sperm finally broke through that final barrier to discharge its triumphant genetic payload it was chris turned to shout his confused shock an all too familiar wave of energy blasted into his awareness it was so powerful stripping him of his senses to lay sprawled on the floor with her in disbelief The impossibility shook his magical being to the very foundation like some huge earthquake. At the center, her tummy. His dragon wanted to both cower and crow, knowing that what they had just wrought should not possible but wanting to roar his triumph to anyone who would listen nonetheless. What have you done? She whispered accusingly, a hand instinctively moving over her belly button. The impossible, apparently. He murmured back, still not believing what he'd felt. Utterly exhausted, either of them felt inclined to move. That was how they were found five minutes later when Rayla barged in to investigate a dragon and a vampire entwined in a sticky mess of limbs, wings, and drywall rubble. The elf wasn't happy. Three soft raps sounded against the door. Chris had been dozing lazily but felt Lillian stiffen on top of him before the tentative knock began. Her senses were very keen despite her relaxed state. Chris watched her head rise from his shoulder momentarily to listen. Satisfied that there wasn't a threat, she wriggled contentedly, enjoying the feeling of their still filthy bodies sandwiched together. Come in, Chris said. Light streamed into Lillian's dark room from the living area and Annabelle's slim outline slipped inside, shutting the door behind herself and plunging them back into complete dark. Annabelle couldn't see a thing in the pitch black of the vampire's shuttered bedroom. She'd caught a glimpse of their bodies under a sheet on Lillian's bed and took a tentative step forward, feeling her way in the darkness. Guys? She asked when her knees touched the edge of the bed. Lillian instinctively let out a quiet hiss of warning at the proximity of the girl, a potential rival. Here, D. Chris reached over to take her hand. He guided her to lie next to them on top of the covers. She was tense so he stroked her forearm reassuringly. What did Rayla say? Chris asked, caressing abstract patterns on the vampire's lower back with his other hand, appreciating the feel of the adorable little dimples he'd discovered there. He ignored her possessive behavior. This was nothing. she practically attacked Rayla when the elf barged in on them in the bathroom. It hadn't been the best of timing to confront the confused, vulnerable vampire with antagonism. He'd had to forcibly restrain her. Rayla had been lucky to escape with nothing but a bruised ego, managing to just raise a barrier charm before Lillian had crashed into her. The force had still knocked the elf on her slim ass rather painfully before Chris had restrained the spitting mad vampire. Then he'd put her over his shoulder and dragged her off to her room past the startled members of his brood. Well, I think she's mostly surprised. We all are, Chris. We discussed Susan pretending to be pregnant instead of Lillian but that wouldn't buy us much more than a month at most. People would see through it too easily with magic and Lillian would have to disappear. I said she wasn't going to want to leave you. She yawned. It was going to be dawn in just over an hour and she hadn't slept at all tonight. That wouldn't go down well would it, my cantankerous vampire? He joked. No. Lillian kissed the well-defined pectoral muscle she was resting on. That leaves us with two options. Go to ground or own it. Annabelle continued. Michelle's gone to bed, she's got stuff to do tomorrow. Before she packed it in, she said we can't disappear after the attack at the club. People saw you so she gave your name to the police and media. I watched the reports showing on the East Coast Early News, the details are pretty light but you're coming across as some sort of hero. Jesus. Chris muttered grumpily raising his hand to squeeze the bridge of his nose in frustration. That's just what I need. So, we have to come out about my pregnancy? Lillian asked. Yes, I think so. Are you okay, Lillian? Annabelle asked. Never better. The vampire was honestly content. I'm free of Rayla, gorged on blood, and sex to the limit. As for everything else, there doesn't seem to be much we can do right now. What about, you know, the baby? His first asked tentatively. Rayla said something about a prophecy and ran off to her library to do some research. Ah, yes. Everyone assumed it was the bogus ramblings of a blood-starved ancient vampire. I did too, right up until I felt Chris force life into existence in my belly. I don't even know what the old fool said, but everyone will be trying to find the meaning there now. She paused, raising her head from his chest to look down at the young man in the dark. Her vampire's vision let her read his concern clearly. Whatever happens, whatever you are, I will treasure carrying your child, Chris. You've awakened something I didn't know I was missing. Chris stiffened perceptively, his heart beginning to thump louder as adrenaline crept into his bloodstream. His hand stilled its caress on her lower back. What do you mean whatever he is, Lillian? Annabelle queried. It seemed like an odd thing to say and the silence following the vampire's statement made her uneasy. He isn't just a dragon. Lillian stated matter-of-factly. Well, yeah, he's part human too. That's not what I mean. The vampire explained. There's something else in there. It's ancient. I can taste it in his blood. It all makes sense. His magic, how he knocked up Petra and Claire back-to-back, how he knocked me up. You don't understand, Annabelle. It should be impossible. Chris? Annabelle meeped, reaching out to touch the membrane of one of his folded wings where it lay on the bed next to her. Chris was far from normal. She knew that from the beginning. There had to be a reason. Well, I don't fucking know. He finally sighed defensively. There's only one thing I can think of that might have anything to do with this. Annabelle, with her infinite wisdom of his feelings and moods simply kept trailing her soft touch over the little bones in his wing fingers. She waited patiently for him to continue. When he spoke, both women listened intently as he retold his bizarre encounter with the mysterious, alien visitor on the day of his first full transformation. He told them of the strange images it showed him. Its ability to simply look inside him and understand everything. Its frustration with his lack of understanding. That it had done something to him at his conception. He explained how he had been trying desperately to study both magic and science in an attempt to comprehend its convoluted message. They were silent when he was finished. See, it doesn't explain anything, just opens up a boatload more questions. He was frustrated with his lack of progress. This is important, young one. You were right to keep this to yourself. Lillian finally said. It will be better if everyone thinks you're simply a powerful dragon. It isn't a lie, just not the whole truth. We're going to be under the microscope from now on. All your other magical quirks and achievements can be explained away but impregnating me will draw serious attention. Rayla may only be able to help us, if she would decide to help you. I don't know if you should tell her or not. She has a right to know, Annabelle said. Despite being a bit bitchy, she's done a lot for us. Who knows, if we tell her she might be able to figure it out. I'm sorry I didn't take this more seriously the first time you told me, Chris. It's okay. He reassured her. Don't mistake Rayla's help for being a selfless act, Annabelle. Lillian warned from her warm perch on top of the dragon. She is always calculating, playing an angle. She would take Chris from you if she thought she could. I think we should tell her, I need help on this. Chris blurted. We should tell Rayla and the other women, but keep it at that for now. Okay. What about Haley? And Michelle? Annabelle asked. Michelle, yes. Haley, wait. Lillian weighed in. Why Michelle? Annabelle said. She's keeping the humans on our side. The vampire explained. The more I've been talking to her these last months, the more I've come to respect her. She's as a strategic thinker with a huge influence on human policy to do with the revelation. It goes against my instinct to allow Chris to gain public image, but she's right about the amount of social and political influence it will reel in. She needs to know the full picture so she can guide us in the right direction with the humans. That makes sense, I guess. Annabelle agreed a little reluctantly, yawned, and continued. We'll wait with Haley until you two make it official. Thank you both. Chris kissed into Lillian's hair then pulled Annabelle closer to repeat the loving gesture. I can't tell you how good it feels to finally have someone understand how strange that encounter with the Presence was. It's been looming over me for months. It's okay, babe, we'll figure this out. Annabelle snuggled closer to his warmth, inadvertently bumping Lillian in the darkness. Sorry. It's fine. The vampire only felt the tiniest flicker of possessiveness as the girl curled up against the dragon's side. Strange. Anyone else, and she'd be fighting not to attack his magic, she realized. Here she was, impregnated and reduced to a willing little leg spreader just like the rest of his flock. Why did it feel so perfect then? Um, Lillian? Annabelle whispered. With her enhanced vision, Lillian could see the hopeful, almost desperate look on the young woman's face as she prepared to ask something. Yes? Do you think I could? Can I sleep in here tonight? Just sleep. I don't want to, yes. Lillian saved her from babbling. Just don't complain if the bed starts rocking in the night. Oh, um, thanks. I'll only be a few hours. I've got to go to a practical class and I have to get to it at 10am. Good night, you too. I love you. The dragon was incredibly content with his two beauties cozying up to him for the night. Annabelle was in some comfy house clothes and obviously very tired with all the yawning he'd seen. He simply wrapped an arm and a wing around her and lay back on the plush pillows. Lillian's relaxed, naked warmth on top of him was comforting after their ordeal. Fatigue both physical and magical were pulling him down into a deep ocean of sleep like some great weight wrapped around his ankles. Still, it was a pleasant feeling. He was soon purring lightly through his purple snout, dead to the world. Annabelle was out for the count too, but Lillian lay awake, mulling over his words. He had meant his love for Annabelle. Hadn't he? A delightfully hopeful little shiver ran down her spine at the thought he might have meant her too. She snorted softly. Jesus, she was turning into a demure little broodmare, wasn't she? Chris watched from behind the one-way glass as Michelle dissected the man's story piece by piece. Leaning back in the chair, he remembered being in that exact position, cuffed and helpless. Thankfully, the leader of last night's unsuccessful kidnapping wasn't wearing an explosive collar like he had been. The man was human, there was no need. Besides, his arm was in a cast. Hot, slow breath goosed the hairs of his neck. Lillian pricked him gently with her fangs so that only a tiny droplet of blood wept out to be collected by her greedy pink tongue. Cut it out, Lillian! He complained weakly as she nibbled the skin at the base of his neck, hovering behind him inside her transparency spell. Her response was a barely audible titter of mirth and an invisible hand snaking around his front to caress and squeeze his hardening cock through the material of his jeans. Tim Garrel turned his head to frown at the vampire's antics. Lillian relented under the old elemental's disapproval, sort of. She released his pulsing member, and instead draped herself across his shoulders, her soft breasts molding obscenely around his neck as she began lovingly running her hands through his hair. Her hot tongue traced the shell of his ear, sparking a shiver down his spine, forcing him to sit up straight as an arrow. Thankfully, the three non-magical humans in the observation room were oblivious to the young dragon's torture, staring at monitors filled with all sorts of biometric displays, personal history, and every scrap of information the U.S. government could scrape together on a person. It was quite impressive, Chris thought. A bit disturbing, too. I'm not sure who's squirming more. You. Or him? Lillian whispered. Tim just shook his head in mock disgust. Never in all his years of knowing her had Lillian behaved so, to call it unprofessional would be diplomatic. Then again, never had a vampire been pregnant. I'll show you squirming. The dragon growled in frustration, making several of the technicians look up from their work. He waved his hand in apology before looking over at Tim, almost pleadingly. It was like the vampire had had herself surgically attached to him since last night, refusing to be separated and constantly seeking affection. It might have been endearing if she wasn't teasing and somehow obstinate at the same time. Yes, yes. Her invisible lips brushed his ear, her words thick with longing. Make me squirm for you, please. This was just the problem, he could never get the upper hand. Respond to her teasing, she would call his bluff by raising the ante. Be firm and she would respond in kind with undead strength and the promise of fangs and claws. Do nothing? That was like an open invitation for her to do what she wanted. He sighed in defeat. Deciding to ignore her even though he knew it wouldn't work. I in front of him through the glass, Michelle asked the suspect another question. The man's name was Noel Redding and he was a pragmatist. He appeared to be cooperating fully. He was an ex-marine who had worked all over the shady end of private security after leaving the service. Michelle had laid it down in simple facts for the man. He had no rights. A judge would never see his case. She had the might of NSA to back her up as well as a vengeful dragon and an irate dark elf. She already knew he and his team were guns for hire, they had well-known history in that game. What she wanted was every detail to do with his employer, and how he came to know about beings. The picture that was being painted under Michelle's skilled questioning was not a good one. Their anonymous employer had initiated them into the world of magic, albeit rather poorly. This was the third such mission his team had been hired to conduct. The first two had been successful. They'd captured a human wizard and a young war cat with the same routine they tried on Chris, delivering them to a transport team for a hefty sum of unmarked cash. They'd been contracted for three quarters of a million if they could bag Chris. He didn't know who was hiring them. It was all done anonymously, but he was willing to provide all communication records and dates to do with their activities in exchange for he and his surviving partner, Chuck Abbott, being shown leniency. Michelle put a non-network laptop in front of him and told him to start typing. As he did, she added that he'd better be honest. She was going to check his story by administering truth syrup in just a few hours once a fresh batch had been brewed. If there were any inconsistencies, she was going to let the vampire that his sniper had shot take over the questioning. The desired effect was momentarily ruined when Michelle had to explain what truth syrup was, but Chris watched the man's face rapidly pale as he realized he was truly in over his head. Chris shuffled from the kitchen back to the dining room table, plate in hand. With a tired sigh, he took a seat opposite Michelle. She was intently bent over her laptop screen, exactly how he'd left her ten minutes before. Would you like half a sandwich? He offered. What? Michelle looked up as if startled to see him. Oh. No, thanks. You must be hungry after the day you've had. You're also suffering the effects of blood loss eat up. The dragon only paused momentarily with the huge sandwich in limbo between his mouth and the plate. The beautiful, feisty vampire, currently exiled to a comfy recliner in the living room, was worth any mild discomfort. He would simply adapt and grow stronger. It had been a long afternoon downtown at the new BIA building. Of course. No one knew who had really purchased the entire red brick mid-rise but neighboring shopkeepers and tenants noted the uncharacteristically quick and efficient construction going on inside behind closed doors. After watching Michelle deal with Noel Redding, he'd experienced his own haranguing by a couple of detectives from the Denver PD about the previous evening's activities. They knew his story of events wasn't adding up. He knew he couldn't tell them anything about magic or how he'd managed to really kill three armed attackers and disarm the rest. Adding to their frustration were several eyewitness accounts of his heroics that were frustratingly lacking in any real detail. Michelle seemed to know one of them somehow, a Detective Field. He was reasonable. The other was like a vicious feist, latching onto him and not willing to let go. For some reason the guy hated that the media had taken to Chris as some sort of hero. Detective Field even bore a few of the terrier-like man's more cutting remarks for his apparent role in Chris' newfound spotlight. Chris supposed the detective's tenacity probably made him good at his job, except that this time he was barking up the wrong tree. He wasn't the bad guy and he didn't appreciate being painted that way by someone ignorant. Michelle, seeing Chris' growing frustration as the detective tried to corner him in a lie, left the room and put in a call to her new head of department. Ten minutes later, a call from the chief of police sent the two men packing, if grumbling. Back in the police administration building, the chief was left reeling at what had just been exposed to him. That morning, his biggest worry had been for one of his undercover officers who was stuck in a dangerous situation whilst trying to infiltrate a methamphetamine ring. Now he was discovering he lived in a world of dragons and vampires. Any luck? Chris gestured as her clacking fingers brought his attention towards her laptop. No. I don't like this at all, Michelle said, not pausing her typing. I'm not sure we're going to catch them. In fact, I'm almost sure we won't unless whoever is behind this gets sloppy. In front of her, page after page of routing information scrolled across her screen, tracking programs trying to chase down the elusive messages sent to Noel Redding's email address. Why? I thought you guys trawl through emails all the time? Chris spoke around his first big mouthful of smoked chicken, lettuce, tomato, and cream cheese sandwich. I'm afraid it's not as easy when the email gets routed through several countries we don't have any worthwhile electronic surveillance operations in. Our trail ends abruptly when it gets passed through Pakistan into Iran. Whoever's behind this knows what they're doing. More worrying is where they are getting their information. I suspect we have a leak on the human side of things. Someone is trying to cash in early on the revelation. The greedy bastards are going to ruin everything. The disgust in her tone was palpable. So where does that leave us? Chris frowned. The thought that someone out there was kidnapping beings did not sit well at all, and not just because they tried to come at him. Despite that Michelle though otherwise, he was paranoid that Radek was somehow involved. His mind was over-imaginative about what the man would undoubtedly do to his captives. Nowhere. The agent looked up noticing his displeasure. A tiny smile brightened her serious expression, pleased that he was getting invested in the case. At this stage, about the only thing we are confident of is that whoever we're after is probably human. Everything I've seen so far points that way. A being wouldn't bother kidnapping relative unknowns like Noel admitted to in his previous jobs. Also, they would never send only a few ill-equipped humans after someone like you, or any class one for that matter. Then there's the untraceable emails, not exactly being SOP. We still have one avenue open to us but it's time-sensitive. Lillian finally spoke up from the couch seat where Chris had banished her. Her constant hovering, petting, and so-called love bites, whilst initially endearing were not conducive to a hungry man eating a well-deserved lunch. All he wanted was to eat in peace for fifteen minutes. That she had to be wrestled into the recliner, kissed into submission, and bribed with more of his blood was beside the point. What? He asked hastily around half a mouthful, turning to Lillian. I want to catch these bastards. A baited hook, the vampire replied. But that would make... Chris. No, I don't think so. Michelle scowled. The bait. He swallowed and grinned, looking right into his familiar's worried eyes. Do it. This is exactly what I signed up for. That's not how it works, Chris. This could be very dangerous and I'm responsible for you if I put you in the field. She argued. Come on, Michelle. He pestered. If you aren't going to use me for something like this, what was the point in getting me signed on with the government? Did you waste the last two months' worth of my evenings on training modules for the fun of it? Okay. Okay, let me think. She raised her hands in surrender. He was right, and she was warming to the idea. The task was daunting, though. This is going to take a lot of planning. God damn it, Lillian, I hardly got any sleep last night, and you spring this on me. It's never easy around here. Do you want to catch them or not? The vampire quipped. Of course I do. Michelle shot back, her brows knitting together like tiny thunderheads at her frustration. You're not the one who has to organize this nightmare on short notice, though. Just put your feet up and let me work. I'm sure it's arduous work being pregnant over there. Lillian hissed playfully. Chris couldn't help chuckling at the banter between the two. Can I help? He offered Michelle. No, not really. Just keep Lillian out of my hair. Sorry, Chris. Monday is supposed to be your first day on the job, but I'm afraid we'll be throwing you straight in the deep end. The team I was putting together around you for our Denver office were supposed to be arriving throughout the week, but we could really use them for this. I'll have to have them fly in tomorrow, and they won't be happy. Chris watched as Michelle pulled a headset out of her bag and began typing away furiously. She began muttering cutely under her breath. Sexy things like requisition order, jet on standby satellite coverage, and armored extraction vehicle. When she started making calls and talking, her fingers continued their dance like a troupe of ballerina across the keys. When he got up and cleared his plate, she didn't even look up. He shrugged to Lillian. Want to go see Rayla? He asked. Sure, I never got to gloat last night. Lillian smirked. Please behave. Chris knew it was a hopeless endeavor, but he had to try. As it turned out, their visit to Rayla's study was relatively peaceful. There wasn't a single spell cast, book thrown, or talon drawn. Plenty of raised voices, angry glares, flared nostrils, and poorly veiled insults though. Thankfully Arva was there, researching the very thing they came to discuss. Chris went over to say hello as Rayla and Lillian circled each other like angry she-cats. Hissing and Rayla's main jab seemed to be that Lillian's true colors were finally showing that she was an ungrateful, treacherous slut. Meanwhile, Lillian maintained that Rayla was simply a sadistic old nag who wouldn't know what to do with a cock if it slapped her in the face but would hold it against anyone else who did. The core of the issue was, of course, the unresolved resentment from both sides over Lillian's years of indentured service and now her sudden freedom. The delicate balance of power had been shattered and both powerful women were unsure how to behave and wary of each other. Chris was just happy they weren't letting each other's blood yet. Now that their blood pact was broken, Rayla had no physical hold over the vampire other than her position as Lady of the Territory. In short, the elf found herself once again angry, jealous, and impotent as the dragon brought more strife to her little kingdom. If it wasn't clear that he was favored by whatever force was weaving their fates, she might have been tempted to banish him to another territory simply to avoid the hassle. It was a frivolous thought of course, she would never let one such as him escape her influence. Truth be told, she liked the young dragon. He made her realize that her life had become stale. She was entrenched in her position and he was a sweet-smelling breeze that blew through and around her, promising excitement and adventure once again to her ancient soul. Besides, he was already doing wonders for her local economy and people. Rayla was also intelligent enough to know that she couldn't afford to lose Lillian in a time like this. She was holding the vampire community in the Midwest together. That didn't even begin to consider the vampire's impossible pregnancy. The Synod hadn't believed her when she reported the event early that morning. Several members had outright laughed at her. She could hardly blame them but it galled her nonetheless. Lillian on the other hand realized that she had to keep things mostly civil between the two of them. She was tied to Chris now, which meant staying in Denver for the time being. Despite her resentment for years of vassalage to the elf, she had to live in her city. It was a cutting off her nose despite her face situation. She had connections here and she felt like she was doing an excellent job helping other vampires and beings prepare for the revelation. If Relia treated her with a bit more respect than a servant, she already had what she'd wanted this whole time her freedom. Read this. Arvo passed Chris a medium sized tome bound with black leather while the two women settled into a tentative truce. It's the best account of the vampire prophecy I can find in my cousin's collection. Despite not being very large, the book was very dense, heavy. Chris slouched into an empty armchair next to the half-breed elf and laid it on his thigh. As soon as he opened the cover, he noted the extremely thin, gold-gilded pages. The paper was so thin you could almost read the letters on the next page if the text hadn't been so tiny and handwritten. Arva leaned closer across the gap separating their chairs so he could read as well, conjuring another light globe above the dragon's head so they could see the script clearly. Chris gently began turning the delicate pages aimlessly, in awe of the craftsmanship and work that went into creating such a subtle artwork of bookmaking. It begins on page 937. The elf prompted, eager to see the young man's reaction. In the two months he'd been training the dragon, he'd come to appreciate the level-headed, relaxed attitude Chris exuded. Arville would like to think they were becoming friends. On top of that, there was always something exciting and mysterious going on around the enigmatic being. This most recent upset only proved that. Here? Chris asked, pointing to a small paragraph as Rayla and Lillian negotiated the new terms of their tense working relationship in the background. That's the one. Arvo confirmed. Extract from the interrogation of Father Lucas de Vega. Accused of heresy, witchcraft, vampirism, and blasphemy. Twelfth day, fourth month in the year of our father, fifteen twelve. After three hours chained to the holy silver cross of our lord, Calificator Mendoza lashed the beast to score with the cat. Having no doubt that the imposter was indeed a devil in the skin of an old priest, Mendoza did not hesitate to draw the foul creature's blood. The demon begged for mercy, offering promises and lies in exchange for freedom as such monstrosities are wont to do. I confess weakness, for I looked away from the terrible sight when the beast's hide began to wither and crack unnaturally under the lash the blessed silver poisoned the hideous beast, burning its skin black. Just as Mendoza had prayed, our lord drained its Satan spawned strength and false immortality. I saw then the creature's terrible fangs as it let out a piteous death shriek. The calificator wrenched back the old man's pallid hair and demanded the location of the nest that spawned him, for it is known that such demons seek shelter from the sun together in heinous covens. There was no reply, for the man had expired. Mendoza was most dissatisfied, ordering me to cut it down and burn the corpse. I was afraid, fearing trickery and put my boot in the creature's gut to assure myself of its demise. The head snapped upward unnaturally, looking at me with eyes of pure black. I admit my bladder failed me then, but brave Mendoza pulled me out of harm's way as the beast himself spoke through his dead servant. My very bones quaked to hear that terrible voice of darkness spoken from the depths of hell. Though I will surely try, I may never forget that horrible prophecy for the rest of my days. The barren daughter of Lilith bears fruit with the serpent. Lo, the children of that blessed union are the sacrament of a new age. Their blood, the communion. My kind will walk in the sun again. The old priest's body went mercifully limp again, and I gave thanks to the Lord for my salvation in the presence of such pure evil. I could smell the very fumes of brimstone thick in the air as Satan took his leave. It was only when I sat to catch my breath and thank God once again for my deliverance that I realized the terrible sulfurous odor had its origin in my own pantaloons. Alcadi Pedro de Chris looked up at the end of the passage. You cannot be serious. Chris arched an incredulous eyebrow. Why not? We know that Lucas de Vega was a vampire, that he was captured and tortured to death in the first half of 1512. There was also a corresponding peak of magic recorded at or near his assumed time of death. The imperial psychers investigated his death when it was found to relate to the spike. They came across this account of his death and added it to the Encyclopedia of Prophecy before erasing the memories of his torturers. Arville explained. Wait, who the hell is keeping record of all these magical goings-on? The elves. We have always coveted knowledge and the imperial court has ever been interested in any powerful surge of magic. House Lefade in particular takes interest in such things. They are ever greedy for knowledge. Your recent activities will not have escaped their attention, of course. Of course. Chris rolled his eyes. Come on, Arville, the man in the story shat himself. Next, you're going to tell me I should take the Bible literally, word for word. Ha! Huh. Yes, well, I'm surprised at the poor lad's honesty, but it shouldn't subtract from meat of the account. You're right, of course. Skepticism is always healthy, but let me play devil's advocate for a moment. How many pregnant vampires do you know of? Arville grinned, knowing he had the argument cinched. One, the dragon admitted. Precisely, and a dragon might also be referred to as a All right, you've made your point A serpent Jeez, why can't a guy just bury his head in the sand and have his problems go away for once? Chris complained Where's the fun in that? Arville took back the old book and glanced at the passage for what must be the seventh or eighth time that day We haven't even gotten to the good part yet The real kicker is Lo, the children of that blessed union are the sacrament of a new age Their blood, the communion My kind will walk in the sun again What do you make of that? I have no fucking idea Chris grumbled that's not entirely true. Lillian chimed in. Weren't you planning to tell Rayla about what we discussed last night? Shouldn't Arvel know as well? Know what? Both elves parroted. Rayla scowled. That he's got something other than dragon lurking in his blood. As he and Lillian made their way back to the apartment, Chris couldn't help but despair at how busy his week was shaping up to be. Now add to that list a visit by members of the Vampire Council to assess Lillian. He looped his arm through hers and let her guide him through the compound's maze of corridors as he fired up his maginet connected phone. There were a swarm of alerts he'd been collecting all day, studiously ignoring he had emails, voice messages, texts, just about any way you could think of getting hold of him people were trying They were all to do with last night's shooting. Strangers, old friends, people he hadn't even talked to in years all wanted to know his story. He honestly wouldn't be that surprised if a train pigeon flew by and dropped a note on his head that he swiped them all away bar one. It was a text message from Jeffrey asking if he was okay and were the girls shaken up. He smiled, feeling guilty about leaving the old work at all alone on the little ranch. There was no reason for it. He could visit at the drop of a hat if he put in the effort to teleport out there and back. He'd just been so damn busy. With a little jolt of horror, it dawned upon him that the reality of this notoriety was only ever going to get worse. Shaking his head in disgust, he resolved that Jeffrey would have to be paid a visit sometime this week. Instead of calling, he typed out a little text assuring the work hat that he was fine and that he'd even managed to bag the hot vampire in the process. He showed Lillian before sending it off. She laughed and pointed out how jealous the horny old coot was going to be when Chris regaled him with stories about the wonders of her curves. Annabelle was just finishing her ingredient preparation in the kitchen when they got back. It looked like they were going to be having homemade pizza as his wonderful fiancée needed a big ball of dough into submission. From behind, he slipped his hands inside her apron, tickling her belly and proceeded to kiss and snuffle sloppily across her neck and ears. She squealed in protest, jumping up and down but was helpless to do anything with her sticky, flour-covered hands. His torture was progressing well until she realized the power of her dowie hands as a deterrent. Then it was his turn to yelp in shock as she smeared one across his face and chased him out of the kitchen with harsh wood-like cracks of a dish towel. Michelle tried to get his attention as he passed but he asked her to give him a few minutes to go say hello to everyone and clean up before they got down to work again. A few minutes in the bathroom, a quick peck and a hug for Susan as she sat reading in an armchair, then he was off to the brave the dangers of the second apartment. Michelle sighed, knowing that once the dragonesses got their claws on him, she wouldn't see him for at least half an hour. Lillian closed the blinds against the evening sun, decloaked, and got a bottle of chilled Sauvignon Blanc out of the fridge. She collected a few glasses and went to keep Michelle company as she fired off email after email on her tablet. It turned out that the wine was very tasty indeed, imported from New Zealand of all places. As they talked shop, they consumed nearly three-quarters of the bottle before Chris got back. His hair was decidedly rumpled. Combined with his stupid I-just-had-awesome-sex grin and the heavy musk of coitus which clung to the air around him, there was no doubt what he'd been doing. The only real question was who was the lucky lady or did he have a quickie with each of the striking dragonesses. Michelle, Annabelle, and Lillian all looked at each other then back at Chris as he strutted back over to the kitchen like some sort of conquering peacock. Shower. They all cried in unison.it was comical to watch his swagger fade to bashfulness before he beat a hasty retreat to his bedroom to clean up before dinner. They shared a laugh at his self-conscious departure.it didn't take a detective to notice Lillian squirming in her seat and glancing over towards his bedroom. Michelle let her stew for about 30 seconds before taking mercy. You know, Lillian, if you've got someone. Oops, I mean, something you'd rather be doing. The vampire didn't even bother waiting to hear the end of her joke. Michelle laughed again as Lillian chased after him. It's a wonder anything gets done around here. Well, Lillian's about to get done so that's something. Annabelle chimed from the kitchen. The NSA agent had to admit that it probably was, though the thought was troubling. What on earth could impregnate a vampire? The news of Chris' uncertain heritage had been weighing heavily on her all day. She'd been relying on Rayla to pick up the ball on that one, and it was disturbing to hear from Lillian that the ancient elf had drawn a blank. Chris' cock was still throbbing and sensitive when he stepped into the warm water of the big shower. It felt almost unbearably hot on his crown, which had just seen some vigorous action inside both Claire and Petra. He began cleaning himself up, taking extra care to lather his cock and rinse under his foreskin. The bathroom was still a mess, a big, ash-shaped hole sunken into the wall and pieces of the white, crumbly material strewn across the tiled floor. Who exactly was going to fix that was a mystery. As he grabbed the soap and began lathering up, he supposed he should make a call to the front desk and fess up to the situation. That would be the responsible thing. Distracted with running through scenarios of how that call might play out, he didn't notice he had company until the glass door of the shower stall pushed open letting in a rush of cooler air, he spun to behold Lillian's naked perfection as she glided in with him. Holy shit. He whispered eyes drawn like magnets to the shape of her huge, upturned breasts. Her stiff, light brown nipples and pebbled areola bobbed hypnotically as she closed the distance between them. The wicked grin on her sensual lips removed doubt about her purpose. For an unending moment, his mind was struck dumb with her voluptuous beauty. Her bust and hips were lush beyond belief, but her waist was perfectly tapered. Her skin was so pale you could easily witness the red flush of heat and the blue lattice of veins underneath. It wasn't just her physical beauty that captivated him, though. She was so confident in her desirability, her sexuality. It made him shiver in anticipation as she sashayed closer, her eyes like those of a lustful jungle predator. Her seductive smile said she knew exactly what she was doing. How was such a carnal creature even possible? M-M-H-H, yes. I'll take your lack of eloquence as a compliment. She stopped just short of touching him. He could swear her nipple was about a centimeter away from his skin as the water began pelting down over her flawless, pale body. He was jolted out of his tit trance as both of her hands collected his swelling, sudsy cock without preamble. I've been squirming all day just thinking about last night. Jesus, I can't believe I'm pregnant. None of this seems real, but it's winding me up so tight inside. I need a fuck. You'd better have something left in here for me, stud. She squeezed his big, heavy testes for emphasis before beginning an expert, twisting, double-handed jerk on his throbbing shaft. Oh, fuck. His hands automatically came to rest on the taper of her waist. His knees almost buckled under the deluge of pleasure her hands unleashed. Her excited nipples brushed back and forth teasingly against his skin. It was overwhelming. He collapsed into her, letting her take his weight, their bodies hot and slippery under the pattering shower. She smiled her predatory grin. His head rested on her shoulder as his big body began shuddering, completely in her control. Mm-hmm. She crooned, working his cock up to full mast with no trouble at all. Who did you just fuck, Chris? Petra? Claire? Ahaha. He moaned incoherently as his sex-sore cock twitched and jumped. Runny precomes splattering into her wet tummy before being carried away in the torrent of warm water. Both? She demanded with a harsh squeeze to his fearsome weapon. Damn, there was no way she could get her hand around his thickness, especially not his huge knob. I'm jealous even thinking about it. This is my cock. Mine! I got so wet knowing you were next door fucking them, it was torture. I'm sure there's a puddle in my chair, Chris. A dirty, slimy, puddle for anyone to sit in. Lillian, please! He panted, held completely at her mercy as her words and hands sent him barreling toward a premature explosion. I need you to fuck me, Chris. Fuck some sense into me before my vampire gets the upper hand. Her breath in his ear was hot and husky with need as her hands kept working, with the water washing away the soap. She was now pulling his delicate cockskin back and forth over the granite hard pillar of manhood underneath. It was almost uncomfortable but incredibly good at the same time. I hope you know I'm going to need this monster in me each and every day. They say pregnant women get extra randy. Well, now you've got a pregnant vampire to deal with. I'm going to need a really good seeing to, starting right goddamn now. He groaned as her hands fell away without warning. Leaving him throbbing and teased. His head rose as she turned in his arms and chose a place against the shower wall. Her back arched beautifully, but instead of pushing against the wall with her arms as Annabelle often did, she lay her whole front into the tiles. Her head was turned sideways, wet brown locks snaking down to her shoulder blades as she looked back at him. Get over here! She demanded. As he shuffled up behind her, it was refreshing to note that her height was going to make this a lot easier than his usual partners. Jesus, Lillian, your ass is something else. He grunted appreciatively as his angry red glands butted into the deep cleft between the huge globes of soft, feminine perfection. It's not too big, too fat? The vampire smirked teasingly. Fuck no! He would never dream of disparaging the ample perfection of her sizable derriere. Good, it's all yours now if you want it. Her hands reached back and each took a grip on a full buttock. With teasing slowness, she watched him over her shoulder and pulled them apart. She knew her tight. Winking rosebud and glistening pussy were gloriously framed in center stage. Her grin widened and her fangs extended in anticipation as his eyes were glued to the uncouth display. His enthusiastic cock even had the audacity to eject a little ribbon of excitement out onto her little butthole, starting a maddening tingling warmth. She stretched up onto her tiptoes, calves straining, and pushed herself into the wall expectantly. Well? Take your pick. My, my pick? He stammered. Surely she didn't mean, that? That's right, Chris, you can fuck me however you want. That's the deal, remember? She couldn't help herself. Despite being an accomplished, incredibly gifted lover, the young man was obviously still a little inexperienced. How wonderful that she would be the one to introduce him to such hedonistic delights. I don't think. I-S-S-H-H-H. It's okay, young one. Later then. She encouraged, watching his big body relax as she let him off the hook. His innocence screamed at her to pounce on him and fuck him silly, but what she really wanted was for him to take charge. Don't keep me waiting. Chris took a grip on his throbbing member and levered it down to her puffy slit. Her lips resisted his initial prodding but were soon spread wide as his fat tips slipped into her almost scalding heat. Together they groaned in satisfaction as they were once again mated. For a few breaths, Lillian savored the hot, stretching feeling of her engorged labia struggling with his knob. Without warning, she thrust her hips back savagely, spearing herself on his manhood with a joyous cry. He was hot and hard and perfect, spreading her pink tissues open in an incredibly satisfying lunch. This was the very same specimen that had somehow planted life in her previously desolate womb. A mother— She was being forced into impossible motherhood by this perfect, kind-hearted, innocent, delicious, godly powerful dragon boy. Her entire body shuddered at the incredible thought, her legs going weak as an orgasm rose up out of nowhere and overwhelmed her. Ah! Fuck! Just like that! She squeezed her eyes shut in pleasured astonishment as he roughly grabbed her hips and began hunching into her tight, quivering womanhood. It was like he knew exactly what she needed. At the same time, her pussy felt like it was being crucified by his beefy prick. Slow down! No, don't you dare stop! Jesus. Just slow, slow and steady. Sorry. He panted against her shoulder. Chris tried to slow, he honestly did, but she was meeting his every move with a buck of her wide hips. Her molten, overripe quim was just too good to restrain himself, and he sank delightfully deeper with every thrust. Her hands still held her cheeks apart, and he could watch every inch of progress he made into her pink depths. It was an incredibly arousing image to see her labia straining out over his retreating cock like a fleshy tube, leaving behind a glistening, slick mark to show exactly how much of his dick he'd had inside her. She had plenty of oil in her engine, their sex making nasty, juicy sounds as lubricated friction brought pleasure to them both. The heat of the forgotten shower fell uselessly to the floor behind them as they set about the rigorous process of rutting to their heart's content. His hips met her ample rump with a wet slap, causing a visually stunning tsunami of ripples to propagate up her full-figured body. She moaned, probably loud enough to be heard on the floor below. He hunched forward further, smushing her big ass with his hips to get the last few inches into her clutching heat. Finally, he grunted in animal satisfaction as she took every last inch of his rock-hard shaft. She let go of her butt and grabbed his hips, holding him deep inside for a moment as they both panted for air. His tip was just nudging her cervix. She was exquisitely full, her cunny squeezing the big invader for all it was worth. Until now, she hadn't realized how tense her entire body was, almost fighting his rough penetration. She consciously relaxed, sending a shiver running up her spine. This was glorious. With a patented wide grin over her shoulder, she began flexing and relaxing her internal muscles. Hold still, she murmured. You're going to love this trick. Working a little rotation into her hips made him groan into her neck, all the while milking him with her experienced vagina. Finally, she began the practiced circular rhythm that had earned her the regard of many a fine young nobleman centuries ago. She squeezed him hard, pulling away and twisting her hips to the right and down so about half of him slipped reluctantly from her clinging sheath. Already moaning wordlessly, she relaxed and began completing the loop to have him back inside. Her hips cocked to the left and up, pushing back against him now with a shove from her powerful legs. Finally, her back arched, she had all of him once again, stretching her to the limit. Eyelids fluttering. Toned calves trembling, she did it again. Again. Again, and faster again. It was a mimic of how she'd ridden him with abandon last night, her whole body working to get him off without a single thrust on his part. She grunted sexily, huffing as she stirred herself into a pleasured frenzy. This was supposed to get him off nice and quick, show off her sexual prowess. As full as she was of his hardness, she knew it was going to be a battle to see who succumbed to pleasure first. She loved a large cock, and he was easily the biggest she'd ever tackled. Oh, that's fucking perfect he groaned. It felt like she was repeatedly corkscrewing her incredible pussy down on him. Her hips were a wonder of bumping, clockwise rotation, her vagina a never-ending maelstrom of tugs, glides, and squeezes. She was so damn soft and warm, tight and inviting. His erection was being absolutely spoiled by her talented womanhood. It was so sexy to see her moaning and glaring lusty daggers over her pale shoulder at him even as her fangs worried her plush lower lip. The telltale gathering of tension in his groin signaled his final headlong charge for release as she continued to work him over. So much pleasure in his bulbous, sensitive tip as it rubbed against her spongy tissues without even a single movement on his part. It was maddening as his abdomen began to shiver, his cock thickened. He had to contribute. With an animalistic rumble, Chris snaked a hand up and around her body, prizing her off the cool tiles to firmly cup a large breast. Her bountiful tit completely defied his attempt at containment, the pale, soft flesh bulging around his fingers as he squeezed greedily. Grip secured, his hips reared back eliciting a breathy gasp from the sexy vampire as his great cock retreated a few inches, rubbing her sensitive, greasy folds as it went. The sharp pleasure built rapidly in the base of his cock as he began pounding home with short, hard lunges. She shrieked in delight, still gyrating, her strained labia nipping at his thick root as he once again took control of her pleasure. His free hand slipped low onto her smooth mons, spreading around their coupling to gather some of the copious fluids they were leaking. Slickened, he focused on the firm little nubbin exposed at the top of her slit. Lillian moaned in abject bliss, her body stiffening, thighs shuddering, back arching. Yes. Oh, Chris. Yes, 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 yes. She trailed off into an ear-piercing squeal, finally succumbing. Chris crushed his body into her plush frame with a responding growl of triumph. Feeling her come apart, he finally released the last shred of control he'd been clinging to. Hunching little thrusts drove him over the precipice, the wonderful tension of climax shattering into a thousand shivers of pure satisfaction. His enormous cock bucked violently, a viscous rope of semen racing up the bulging length of his throbbing shaft to spray forth deep into her clinging, convulsing cunt. Another profuse jet followed to help paint her sensitive pink tissues white with sperm-laden dragon cum. He crowded her into the wall, as flexing with every spout of his seed. Legs weakening, his instinct urged him to get as deep as possible as he positively hosed her scalding depths with an inhuman load of magic-infused batter. ah eh She cried out as he erupted endlessly. Each potent volley acknowledged with a cute little grunt from the blissful vampire as she felt it splash hot against her cervix. Her climax boiled up to an intolerable frenzy, forcing her eyes closed and an endearing scowl onto her brow as he strummed her clitoris without mercy. Her flushed cheek and the side of her face were still pressed against the cool tile, her inner beast sated, already gnawing at the pool of magic he was dumping in her loins. Eventually, she had to roughly pull his hand from her beleaguered little bean when it all became too sensitive. Instead, she guided him to cradle the spark of life already growing in her womb. There was something instinctually satisfying to the dragon in knowing that he had already helped create new life within his beloved mentor and friend. The cocky lizard couldn't help his ego swelling. Who else could boast such a feat of virility? Lillian herself was surprised to feel that her usually selfish and uncaring vampiric side was coming around to the idea of pregnancy, possessing fierce maternal instincts never before awoken in one of her kind. Soon enough, her orgasm mellowed to a gentle simmer, as he emptied the last of an unbelievable quantity of sperm in her heated depths. Her body struggled to contain the vast energy he pumped into her. Like his other partners before her, she could only try to relax and be the perfect receptacle for his gift. He sighed in incredible relief, panting and nibbling her neck ever so affectionately. She shuddered against him too, breath ragged. He gave an experimental cheeky squeeze of the big nipple trapped between his fingers, stirring a little tut from her lips. Unable to resist, his hand left her tummy to cup and fondle its perfect twin, marveling at the soft, heavy perfection in his clutches. That was delicious. The vampire cooed her satisfaction, indulging his boyish pawing of her breasts. I feel so much better. You fucked the jealousy right out of me. It was fucking incredible is what it was. He paused, still catching his breath after such a powerful climax. Where the hell did you learn to do that, your hips, that thing you did? Oh, you like that, huh? She teased even as his gluey semen reluctantly leaking down her thick, quivering thighs. Of course I liked it. I don't even. He paused, leaning forward to kiss her instead of babbling on. At the same time, he continued to massage her magnificent breasts with all the enthusiasm appropriate for a horny young man his age. She smiled into his kiss, enjoying his youthful if inexperienced ministrations. He wasn't even going soft inside her. Their tongues met hotly for a few moments but the angle wasn't right. She began wriggling her rump back and forth, eliciting a strangled groan from her young lover. Her hips rocked from side to side in ever-increasing arcs, putting some delicious strain on his stiff, blood-filled cock as well as the tender folds of her leaking pussy. Eventually, she went so far that he popped out with a lewd little squelch. She turned and giggled at his adorable look of worship, leaning up to kiss him for real, arms snaking around his neck. I learned most of my little tricks long, long ago. You mean back when you were a whore? Yes, Chris, you can say it, you know. It's only a word, I'm a big girl. She couldn't help squishing her breasts into his masculine chest to tease him. Okay, it just feels weird. I don't want to be disrespectful. His powerful arms wrapped around her in turn, caressing her flanks and back with roaming fingers. You aren't. It's all about context. I knew what I was doing back then and I loved it. I tried to be the best I could be, and I was. I learned to enjoy both giving and receiving pleasure in almost every form. I was so exceptional, I caught the eye of a visiting cardinal. He turned out to be a vampire. The rest, as they say, is history. Now after 500 years, you get to enjoy it all for yourself the 28-year-old body of Moscow's most sought-after mistress, frozen in time just for you, Chris. Wow, no pressure, huh? He was only half-joking. That was some seriously intimidating experience. Believe me, Chris, you've got nothing to worry about. You were right, there is something between us, not just your delicious blood. You ring the ever-loving shit out of my bell and you've somehow managed to put a pee in my pod. Whatever that means, I'm with you. Wonderful sex is only making it better and better. Thanks, Lillian. His cocky little smile returned as they stepped back into the warm spray and began washing themselves clean of sweat and sex. She couldn't let that go unanswered. The boy's head would surely explode if he wasn't kept in check. And Chris? Yeah, I'm serious about my offer. Whenever you want, we can try it in my ass. Okay? That seemed to put him right back in his place, wide-eyed and speechless. What? You're scared of my little chocolate spider? Lillian smirked impishly at the stunned young man before leaning in to place a series of feather-light kisses along his jaw up towards his ear. Chocolate spi. Oh God, Lillian. I suppose it does sort of look like that. He guffawed at her description. Really? We could try. I mean I've never. I know. That much is obvious. She laughed kindly, her eyes twinkling mischievously. But that's for later. Now you've had your fun with me. It's time to collect. She whispered as she leaned in to nibble his neck. Her fangs extended, arms tightening around him as she prepared to feed. His body was quivering as the sharp tips of her canines scratched dangerously down the tender flesh of his throat to hover right over the thrumming flow of his jugular vein. She could feel his rich blood as her pink tongue bathed the area with mild aesthetic, drawing out their mutual anticipation. His scent was warm and powerful only hinting at a trace of fear as he willingly gave her access to such a vulnerable area. The feeling of power was intoxicating for the vampire. His grip around her only tightened in acceptance and welcome, his breath hitching as she pierced him. Then she was lapping greedily, addictive blood welling up rapidly from the two little puncture wounds that he relaxed as a tiny bit of her venom began circulating through his capillaries. Lillian couldn't help squeezing him to her with undead strength, latching onto him like a hungry leech as her instincts took over. He splashed hot across her tongue, just as delicious as she remembered. A moan of complete satisfaction welled up inside her. The parasite in her reanimated cells writhed in ecstasy, consumed by his divine sustenance. She supped greedily at his besieged vein, swallowing repeatedly as his warmth and power spread through her already magic-loaded body. Lillian. Came his quiet croak of protest. A dull ache began throbbing in the back of his head as she applied suction to increase the flow. His brain was protesting the loss of blood pressure, his cock was softening at an unusually fast rate. He couldn't help wondering if she was going to let him go, or just slurp him dry like one of her blood boxes. He shuddered at the very real possibility. Thankfully, she heard him and let up on the suction. Instead, she began lapping repeatedly across the little sores. The flow slowed to a trickle, then stopped entirely as his own restorative powers and the enzymes in her saliva worked together to close the wounds entirely. Out in the world, it was important that vampires left no trace. With a parting kiss to his tender flesh and a lick of her plump lips, the vampire leaned back to study this being that held such a grip on her existence simply by the potency of his lifeblood. The dragon smiled down at her, a little lightheaded and goofy looking. Adorable. When she leaned in and their lips touched, it was with a passion and hot intensity that bordered on worship. Her inner beast cooed and simpered, completely devoted to the creature that gifted her such friendship, rich sustenance, delightful sex, and even the impossibility of motherhood. God damn you, Chris Barris! She rested her forehead against his as their lips finally parted. You're making me fall in love. Chris hugged her tighter. His bleary mind was trying to come up with some sort of eloquent reply but a quiet pop and a high-pitched shriek of outrage interrupted their tender embrace. I knew it. You're wasting it. You're wasting it. Immy reached up and hammered on their thighs with small fists as water drizzled down on them all. You're a greedy, nasty, selfish pointy-mouth. I knew it. Chris rolled his eyes apologetically to Lillian, who was so stunned at the sudden emergence of the sprite that she hadn't had time to even consider becoming cross at the rude intrusion on such a private moment. I'm sorry, Lillian, I'm afraid I've been spoiling our little princess, and she's become rather entitled. He leaned over and unceremoniously manhandled the tiny squirming woman into the crook of his arm, lifting her up to a more manageable height and focusing his attention on her. By now... He could almost ignore the charms of her constant nakedness. Immy, this is exactly what we've talked about. This is bad behavior. Lillian watched on in fascination as the now glistening blue sprite scowled in frustration. But master, she's wasting it. Immy complained. It's just dripping out of her big slutty hole and washing down the drain. All that wonderful seed wasted. It's not fair. Lillian snorted, finally realizing what the little strumpet was making such a fuss about. Her hand snaked down to her big slutty hole. She had to admit the sprite had a way with words. With a probing finger, she found herself swampy and decidedly cream-filled. Chris' sticky comb was washing off her thighs but had by no means drained out of her yet. She was going to need the help of the detachable showerhead for that. Apologize. Chris spoke sternly. What Lillian and I do together is our business. If you're going to insult her and barge in on us like a little brat there will be punishment. No more of your favorite for two weeks. How does that sound? No. Please. Master, Lillian, I'm sorry, okay? Amy's hands came together in supplication. I was just keeping watch in the ether after everything that happened yesterday, and I felt the energy when you, when you came, master. I couldn't help running to see what was happening. I thought you and Annabelle might be, you know, and maybe I could join in. Then I saw all that tasty energy being wasted, washing down into the sewers. I just got so mad. The sewers? Is this what all the fuss is about? Lillian brought her hand into view, revealing two fingers glistening with his thick, pearlescent seed, scooped directly from the puffy folds of her sex. Imi whimpered, starting forward at the indecent side of the tasty morsel, but Chris held her back. Do you have to tease her, Lillian? Chris sighed. It's okay, Imi. You really need to work on your self-control and boundaries. People don't like to be interrupted in the middle of intimate moments. Who says I'm teasing? The vampire smiled. Don't you want this, you pint-sized little pest? Please. Amy squirmed in his arms as Lillian stepped to the side of the shower stream and made a show of sniffing the clingy sex residue on her fingers. Well then, here you go. Lillian held her fingers just out of the sprite's reach, forcing her to lean forward, almost toppling out of Chris' grasp. At the very last second, with Emmy's eyes hopeful and arms outstretched, Lillian whipped her hand away and quickly slipped the fingers into her own mouth. Immy wailed, hissing and spitting like an angry wildcat. Chris suddenly had a handful of vengeful sprite to contain as Lillian's melodic laughter bounced harshly around the shower cubicle. Calm down, Immy. Chris ordered as her not-so-small-anymore bat-like wings battered his face. In the end he had to give her little rump a harsh spank to gain her attention. Ouch. Master, you saw it. You saw what she did. She's a meanie, a big, fat, pointy-mouthed meanie. Immy protested, reaching back to rub her smarting backside. Yes, I have to agree with you on that. Chris laughed in turn at the sprite's comical reaction. Unfortunately, there's not much we can do about that. Couldn't you hold her down for me, so I can get at her? Like you sometimes do with Mistress? Immy asked hopefully. Lillian's eyebrow arched, and she gave one final slurp of her cum-covered fingers before releasing them. Her smile was cheshire as Chris blushed under her scrutiny. Immy, that's private. Chris' embarrassment was obvious. No, we can't do that. Lillian is much too strong. I don't know. The voluptuous vampire teased her magnificent breasts jiggling with barely controlled laughter. This is starting to sound interesting. What else does he do to Annabelle for you, little one? Chris groaned in exasperation as he flushed beet red, wishing that he had the confidence to not be embarrassed by her teasing. It was no use. Humph, I'm not telling you. Imi crossed her arms and turned her head away. How about a deal then? Lillian returned her fingers to her inflamed labia and quickly scooped another healthy dollop of dragon cum out of her greasy snatch. One little scoop of this tasty treat for all the details of the nasty things he's been doing to you and Annabelle while I've been away these last few weeks. He must have been doing something because you've grown a hell of a lot. Five scoops. Immy's attention was instantly back on the vampire. Don't do it, Immy," Chris cautioned. Three. Came Lillian's counteroffer. Five. The mischievous sprite shot a half-apologetic look over her shoulder at Chris as if to say, What can you do? A real hard ass, huh? Okay then. Lillian giggled. But you're going to tell me what you and Annabelle have been doing to each other too. Sometimes I get back to the apartment, and you two reek of each other. Deal. But I get my treat first. I don't trust you, Fonface. Immy eyed the vampire's spunk-soaked digits, hungry but wary of more treachery. Chris shook his head as Lillian shrugged and held out her fingers again. This time the sprite, left nothing to chance, pouncing forward like a jack-in-the-box. So, Chris, anything you want to fess up to before I find out all your little bedroom secrets? Lillian's eyes twinkled as Emmy quickly began polishing away any trace of his essence with obvious glee. I wonder what Michelle is going to think about what you've been getting up to. Then again, Oslo will get a kick out of just about anything. Ah, fuck this. Chris despaired. I'm disappointed, Imi. Sorry, Master, MMRFFF, yummy! The sprite was clearly not in the least bit concerned now that she had such a tasty prize in her grasp. I'm not sticking around to be teased anymore. With that, he unceremoniously dumped the sprite onto Lillian's ample bosom, eliciting a startled squeak. Appended, Imi had to scramble and clutch at anything she could get her hands on to avoid falling to the floor. She ended up gripping long strands of the vampire's tawny wet hair like a rope, trapped in the deep crevasse between two lofty mountains of tit flesh like some climber holding on for dear life. Imi's feet dangled down near Lillian's mons, unable to find purchase on her wet skin. She was at the much larger woman's mercy. The sight almost gave him pause to stay as Lillian took pity and propped her arm under the blue sprite's shapely little bottom for a perch. They did make quite a striking pair. He got out of the shower before his resolve could falter, grabbing a fresh towel and dripping his way back into the big master bedroom he called his own. Behind him, over the sounds of splashing water he could hear Lillian prodding to give up the details while Imian's high-pitched voice protested that she was to be paid in full before a single secret passed her lips. His ears were already burning at the thought of what Lillian might do with that sordid information. The dragon rumbled solidarity inside his chest. Understanding the human's embarrassment but thinking it was silly nonetheless, Chris dried off hastily and got dressed in some loose blue track pants and a comfortable old t-shirt. The delicious odor of fresh-baked pizza crust and basil were starting to waft in under the bedroom door. His stomach growled approval and he chuckled to himself, shaking his head at how his life was evolving. If six months ago, he'd been able to glance into the future to this moment, he would have thought he'd lost the plot. His cock was throbbing angrily, still not completely flaccid. after the workout it had just received from three of the most sensuous women he could imagine. Yet, despite his raging hunger and sexual exhaustion, his body felt full of vigor, magic coursed through his veins. Admittedly, he was still a little lightheaded when he stood up after putting his pants on. Lillian's toll was heavy, but he knew it wasn't anything he couldn't fix with a good hearty meal and a little rest. He rubbed his heeled neck absent-mindedly as he followed his nose back out into the communal area. He was greeted with knowing looks from his assembled brood. Even Michelle couldn't keep a little smirk off her face, her lips quivering for a moment before slightly turning up at the corners. Annabelle was just pulling the first of the pizzas out of the oven. There were several more lined up on the bench ready for their turn to bake. It smelled amazing. he went to pester Annabelle for an early taste but she shooed him off, telling him that if she let him tackle the molten cheese right now he would be whining tomorrow about his burnt palate. She put the pizza in the safety of the warming drawer. Chris, admitting she was probably right, finally went over to get the update from Michelle that he'd been waylaid from receiving. She was hunched over her tablet, reading text that was far too small to be healthy. It looked like some sort of official document. The wine bottle on the table beside her computer was very nearly empty, so was her glass. He thought she looked quite haggard and stressed, and it struck him how hard she had been working for months now. Michelle, give it a rest. He spoke softly, coming to a stop behind her seat at the dining room table and placing his hands on her stiff shoulders. She startled, skittish and unsure about being touched. However, an involuntary groan soon left her throat as his big hands began a gentle massage of her tense muscles. Oh God, that's incredible, Chris. A shudder of pleasure ran up her spine, making her sit up straight as he worked through a knot of stress just below the base of her neck. It was divine to feel his strong, warm grip and skillful fingers washing away the strain of her tired body. It had been so long since someone touched her intimately. You've been working too hard. When was the last time you had a few days off? He inched his thumbs down either side of her spine, pressing firmly through the thin cotton of her blouse. I can't. She gasped, neck relaxing and rolling back as she leaned forward to give him better access. Right there, yes. Oh my god, don't stop. Across the table, Claire smiled happily at Michelle's obvious pleasure and turned to her mother. Remember the time I walked in on Chris giving you a nice back rub? She asked Petra. Yes, dear. It was just lovely. Petra remembered it clearly. A few weeks ago, they'd been caught by her sleepy daughter early one morning as she and Chris tried to sneak in a quickie before Claire woke up. It was no surprise that they'd been caught, give the amount of noise she'd been making. Only I bet it wasn't just the massage that was lovely. I seem to remember he was rubbing a very tender spot a bit further down and much deeper at the same time. She cackled at her mother's look of disapproval. Don't pay any attention to those two, Michelle. Chris soothed. They're just as bad as Lillian these days. Tell me what you've been working on this afternoon. Claire and Petra looked at each other, smiling at the obvious affection their mate had for his familiar. They were both wondering what was keeping those two apart. Such distance seemed silly to their dragon minds. Michelle's tired eyes closed, allowing her to fully enjoy his fingers as they rose to press and knead her neck. She took Chris' advice and ignored the two dirty dragonesses as his skillfully applied pressure seemed to drain her troubles away. Well, for starters, I had to bully the police department into putting out a false statement that Noel Redding and his accomplice escaped police custody this afternoon while in transit to a high-security prison. I bet they didn't like that. Chris chuckled. No, but I came down on them pretty hard about the need to catch who was responsible for hiring them. It helps that the chief of police knows about all of this now. She gestured expansively into the air as the massage continued. I waited a few hours and then used Noel's email account to send his employer an angry message demanding payment for being misled about you and getting three of his team killed. Do people really fall for that sort of trick? he asked. Surprisingly, yes. Meanwhile, I've been trying to gather the team I was putting together to work with you at the Denver office. I want to get them here ASAP, but I've only had mild success. Two were already busy trying to pack up their lives and move here later in the week, they have commitments over the next few days that can't be missed. The other two were already here in Denver but not scheduled to officially start until next week. They were happy enough to help, I think they're excited to unveil the mystery around their new jobs. We're still going to need Lillian's help if we have to move on this quickly though. I don't think you have to worry. It would be hard to stop Lillian from getting further involved at this stage. You've mentioned this team a few times now, but you haven't told me much. I'd like to know who I'll be working with. Who are they? What sort of backgrounds are they from? He was a little apprehensive about officially starting his role with Michelle at the BIE tomorrow. It might seem crazy coming from an ether Dragon, but he didn't want to make a fool of himself in front of the seasoned professionals. He wanted to win Michelle's regard, to make her proud. Michelle stiffened. She'd been vague on purpose. Partly because she didn't know which of the people she'd been approaching over the last two months would accept the unusual request to come work on a top-secret project at the federal level. Partly because she wasn't sure how Chris would react. Well, do you remember back when you got in trouble for flying above Alaska? Sure, he replied, smiling ruefully at the memory of the incident. Part of your deal to work for the government was that you would have a high standard of personal protection and training while you were working with us. I've put together a team of four who will act as an investigative unit working closely with you at the BIA. As well, they'll oversee your safety in public situations. Okay. I mean that doesn't sound too bad. I'm not sure how much babysitting I really need though. I know that Chris, it's apparent that you're capable of defending yourself. It's always good to have extra eyes watching out though. Lillian can't be with you 24-7. Michelle's eyes peeked open to see how he responded, even as he kept pampering her with big, dexterous fingers. I understand, Michelle, but who are they? Well, they all come from a military or law enforcement background. Several have spent time in both. Michelle sighed she was going to have to fess up sooner or later. They're all women. His hand stopped. It wasn't actually my idea, Chris, she said hastily. The PSYOPs experts who have been studying what we know about being suggested it after looking over your case. They thought it would eliminate male ego from the equation entirely. That's some bullshit. I get on just fine with guys. I think. Chris' brow creased in a deep frown. He wasn't sure why it upset him, perhaps because it suggested he wasn't mature enough to interact professionally towards both sexes. If they were worried about that, they should keep human woman as far from him as possible. What about Steven or Oslo? Even Arville? No problems there. I'd like to say we're friends. I know that, Chris, I even told the higher-ups so. They weren't worried about you so much as other men working with you. Something about how it would be hard for non-being men to understand your relationship dynamic and the effect you can have on women. It would be hard to avoid jealousy, even if it was subconscious. Eventually that would undermine the team dynamic. Chris looked down at her upturned face, trying to gauge if she was pulling one over on him. She looked sincere, if upside down, as she looked up at him with an apologetic shrug of her shoulders. Okay then, let's table that for the moment. I'll admit I'm by no means an expert in such things. It's a little insulting, though. He resumed her massage, running his fingers absent-mindedly up into her hair, stimulating her scalp. Did you get a reply from the email you sent? I did. Michelle purred, delighted that he'd resumed with a decadent head rub. She especially liked it when he took big handfuls of her black hair near the roots and applied gentle, consistent pressure for a few seconds. It was like the kneading paws of a cat. Melting down into the chair seemed like a real possibility in that moment. And? He asked. It basically said, no goods, no payment. I had to be cautious about spooking them. So, I told them to fuck off and go to hell. About five minutes later, I sent another saying I had cooled down and was willing to attempt another grab at you with the caveat that if I was successful the payment would be double. I'm waiting for a reply but I'm hopeful they will take the bait. If they do, we will hand you over and track you down to wherever they're hiding. Sounds simple enough. Simple? Michelle complained. I've been doing paperwork and tracking down the resources we'll need all afternoon. Enough. Annabelle announced, coming to wrap her arms around Chris' big chest from behind. If you're going to get my fiancé kidnapped on purpose, he needs to be well fed. Dinner's ready. Okay, we can pick this up later. Michelle relented. Thanks for the back rub, Chris, I needed that. Anytime. Soon everyone was gathered around the table and Annabelle produced pizza after pizza as they came out of the oven. Chris was especially impressed by an experimental pear, walnut, and goat's cheese topping. It was finished with fresh bitter greens and a balsamic dressing after it came out of the oven. Annabelle said she'd had the idea for it from a salad recipe she'd seen in a magazine. Immy and Lillian arrived a little later, to catcalls from Claire, Petra, and Annabelle. The sprite sheepishly asked to sit in his lap and apologized over and over for being tempted into divulging their bedroom secrets, for a few measly morsels. She said she couldn't help it. As ever, Chris couldn't seem to hold it against her and was quickly feeding her little bites of pizza as she perched provocatively naked, straddling one of his powerful thighs. Soon after dinner, Chris was snuggled up with Susan and Annabelle on the couch as they watched a little television. He was yawning regularly now and Annabelle suggested he find Lillian and go to bed. Initially confused, she explained to him that she and Lillian had arranged for him to spend the first week of their new relationship together, exclusively. It was a privilege she hadn't even extended to Claire or Petra. He gave his two beautiful snuggle buddies goodnight kisses and quickly did his toiletries before traipsing off to Lillian's room for some well-deserved sleep. He knocked softly but the door was already cracked ajar. Inside, a bedside lamp was set dim, providing soft light to see the beautiful vampire waiting for him under the covers. She smiled at him, pulling aside the soft cotton top sheet to reveal her naked glory. Chris couldn't help the answering grin on his face as he bounded over like a playful whelp and slid in next to her. Wearing only a pair of silk boxers, he felt her mold around him. Every soft curve of femininity pressed firmly into him. One of her smooth, powerful thighs was soon draped over his. Her arms encircled him as he embraced her in turn, her hand running up into his hair as their lips met. When they parted, she crawled up the bed a little way until his head was resting in her magnificent, warm bosom dot he thought she wanted him to start something so he kissed and lip-nibbled those perfect, sweet-scented breasts to his heart's content as his hand stroked up and down her flank. She simply crooned affectionate nothings and held him close until he eventually yawned right into her one of her big tits. She had to giggle at that. Go to sleep, young one. She whispered. This story is continued in the next part. This podcast is part of the Erotica Podcast Network. We offer a free Erotica podcast and a premium patron taboo podcast which contains more intense sexual themes. You can subscribe to the premium podcast for $2 per month or support the Erotica Podcast on Patreon to support us and allow members to request future stories and themes. Links are in the description. Thank you for listening.